Welcome to episode number 43 of Circles Off. I'm Rob Pizzola, joined by Johnny from Betstamp. Rob, we made it one year since our first episode of Circles Off. The pod is still going. I guess somehow we're only on episode 43. So we skipped a bunch of weeks in there. But we've been consistent as of late. We've shifted over to video. We're one a week now. And uh, happy to be here. We made it a year. Congrats. Do you remember the original podcast name? Yes. You do? Yeah. Okay, because I, I, I went through our history and I looked at the first episode and the episode description has our original podcast name. And the logo is still too, because you can't change it once you Correct. It. Once it's uploaded, it's there. It was at odds, but there's about like a million podcasts called at odds, which we figured out later. We thought we were this very clever. It's a better one. At odds with Rob and Johnny. We thought it was such a great idea and then there was like a million of them existed, but... Uh, yeah, it's been a year. For those who want general Super Bowl prop betting strategy advice, that first episode that we ever recorded does hold up. So if you're looking for some pure, like not picks strategy on how to bet props for the Super Bowl, go check out the first episode of Circles Off. It's under the Circles Off banner, even though it was called at odds at the time. I know it's very confusing, but you can check that out and it does still hold up. This week is going to be a props episode. For the Super Bowl, where we are going to be giving out the big bomb bangers. Big bomb bangers. We are going to have a flood of guests on today's show. I'm not going to give an amount because who knows, there might be people who stiff us. It's a very busy week. There's a, some people are actually going to be on media row of the Super Bowl. We're going to drop in and give us a pick. But whoever stops by, stops by. We got the, we got the list out here and we'll see what's going to happen is everyone is going to be giving out their best Super Bowl pick. Now, as you guys know, this is not a picks con, uh, podcast. We don't give out picks every single week and you know tell you who to bet on in the NFL on this particular podcast. What we want to really key in on here is the Super Bowl is an unbelievable opportunity where so many new markets get posted every year and so much stuff gets posted. And it's almost better to give out your rationale for the pick than your actual pick because you can learn a ton from you know what these people are saying and why they might think a certain pick is better now. So essentially... Every NFL game, you might see around 150 total props posted. For the Super Bowl, you're going to see upwards of 1,000 props posted. So that is really, you know, where we're going to kind of draw and have some fun here. And, uh, you know, are you excited, Rob? Are you excited for this episode? Are you excited for the Super Bowl? I'm excited for the episode, particularly because we have such a variety of people. So we're going to have some pro sports bettors. We're going to have some semi-pro sports bettors. We're going to have some media personalities. We're going to have some bet stamp employees in studio as well. We're going to have people who were in sports and are no longer in sports, are in the NFT space, previous guests. So we got a wide variety, and I'm very much like looking forward to hearing people's different opinions on them. In terms of the Super Bowl, I'll be honest, it's not the matchup I was looking forward to. I'll watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to bet a lot of props. I'm going to have a portfolio of stuff that I'm cheering for. I'm just hoping that we don't go to overtime in the Super Bowl and have to have this damn discussion one more time of These the overtime rules. rules, which honestly, I don't even have a problem with the overtime rules. I, I literally have zero issues. I think it became a big thing because everybody wanted to see the Bills beat the Chiefs. And because they didn't get the ball, everyone's like, oh, no, this needs to change, right? The last time we actually saw this happen was years ago in the playoffs as well, was Chiefs against the Patriots, where the Patriots got the ball first in overtime. They went down in the field and scored. Everyone's like, these rules need to change because nobody wanted the Patriots to win that game. But now that we saw, you know, Bengals, Bengals, yeah, and everyone's like, okay, it's fine. Everything's okay. But I don't want to have that conversation again. I mean, there are ways to improve it, right? Yeah. The reality is, I mean, like, I think I can improve this real quick is... 
there's no problem with the actual OT format. You know, it's predetermined. It's there. Both teams know what it is going into it. I think the real issue that stems and where a lot of fans kind of, you know, become a little perturbed is when you're looking at the fact that a coin flip yeah. gives such a significant advantage going into overtime. So I think the, the easiest way I personally would improve it is to just make it um, an identified edge already going into the game that one of the teams is going to start with ball. Something that I would propose real quick is, you know, the higher seed uh, starts with ball. Mm -hmm. Or maybe in the regular season, it's the home team starts with ball. Therefore, it's just known going into the game that the coin flip is not actually coming into play. There's no coin flip. If you are the home team, you get the ball. Therefore, you're going to have a certain amount of games at home, certain amount on the road. They're going to be the exact same. You have an equal chance throughout the season to be to be given that advantage. And then in the playoffs, where the home team is, and maybe we just call it higher seed because the home team is always the higher seed in right. the playoffs, where you'll just say higher seed gets the ball. And now that's an advantage that is known. And yes, you do have an advantage, but it's earned throughout the season by winning more games than the team you're playing. So I think that right there is the one easiest way you can solve it is to just make it known going in that one team is going to have the ball and maybe it's the home team, maybe it's the higher seed, whatever it might be. Once you do that, you eliminate the coin toss and now the rules are the rules. You can play for that. If you know you're the, the, exactly. the underdog, you, you may play a different style leading up to OT. You may go for it on fourth down and sitting kicking a field goal given you know, you, you know you don't have ball in OT. That's what I particularly like about that is it changes the end game strategy for the teams as well down the stretch. Because if you're now in the fourth quarter and you're the team that's trailing and you know you're not going to get the ball in overtime if you kick that field goal, well, maybe you're much more likely to go for a touchdown in that situation. So I think it changes the end game strategy. That's why I like it. I do like the idea, but honestly, I don't mind that. I don't mind if one team gets the ball, goes down the field and scores and the game's over. That never bothered me because at the end of the day, if you can't get a stop, it's hard to drive for a touchdown. It's, it's a difficult thing to do. So if you're the defense and you can't stop the team from getting a touchdown... You lose. You deserve to lose. I mean, I, I can understand why people get frustrated by that. I really can. Like, there's not going to be one solution that works for everyone in this type of instance, but get a stop. Defense is part of the game. 100% agree with you there. It's like, they just, people are now assuming, oh, they got the ball from this. And it is an advantage. We know it's an advantage, right. but it's like, you got, they got the ball from this coin flip, so they won the game because they won the coin flip. That is really not what happened. What happened is they won the coin flip, and that gave them a percentage advantage. However, it's, it really is a true 50-50 on who's going to win that coin toss. So it is what it is. I think there's definitely ways to solve it. But for the most part, anything, anyone that's complaining that, you know, the team that wins the coin toss wins the game, it's garbage. It's, it's all just, you know, you're a fan. You probably had a bet on the other team. We've all been there. there. There's always ulterior motives for these types of things. And I, I always notice how the overtime conversation comes up when it's a, a team that the majority of people were cheering for that ends up losing. Like I said, I, I pointed out the past two instances where it comes to mind right away. Also happened in the Super Bowl, New, New England-Atlanta, the 28-3, to where New England got the ball in overtime, went the length of the field, and they scored. Little bit of an uproar after that as well because people didn't like the Patriots. The vast majority of people outside of Massachusetts were not Patriots fans, and we're not rooting for the Patriots. But uh, hopefully it's a good game. That's what I'm rooting for um, overall, although I will have some props that lend itself to being a blowout in favor of the Rams as well. So maybe I'm not purely rooting for a good game, but if I don't get a Rams blowout, I'd rather just come down to the wire. That's so I, I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll give it our picks, obviously, as well. We'll do it at the end. But what I do, what I'm going to do, is a cool thing for this podcast, is, uh, you know, we preach line shopping. It's the most important thing, right? If you give out a bet on this show and it's available at better odds, we're going to try to catch you. So we're not telling this right now to the people we have on, but 
whoever we have on when they give out their pick. And obviously Rob and I don't know what they're giving on right now, but I'm going to search through the regulated sports books in the U S uh, and try to shop odds for their bet. And um, we'll, we'll see if we can catch anyone that gives out a price. That's not the best price in the market at any of the regulated books. And we'll see if we can, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put them to shame. There will be some, I'm looking at the list now that have ties to specific sports books that will probably give out from the sports book that they have ties to. But you're right. If it's someone like Rufus is going to come on today. If Rufus, who has an odd shopping portal, like comparison tool on unabated as well, comes on and doesn't give the best price in market, we're going to have a bone to pick. With we're going to have a bone to pick. With him. So let's see if we can catch anyone. Uh, if you do, obviously, you're on video and you see me search through my computer, I'm going to be grinding hard and making sure that we're, we got to catch at least one person today who gave out a pick at odds that weren't the best in the market. Uh, so we'll see and you know, hopefully no free passes. All right. So we're going to get into it and we're going to welcome in our first guest here. All right. We're now joined by a great friend of mine, the host of You Better You Bet, the self-anointed, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, the self-anointed prop king. Which I that was definitely self-anointed, 100%. <laughs> which 100% I, I used to make, make fun of a good friend of mine for, for giving him a self-anointed uh, nickname as well, which I, I actually find it hysterical. But uh, Nick, great to talk to you. Obviously, a uh, huge football fan. We go back, uh, ways back. But before we get into your best prop, I want to. I listen to you better. You bet religiously. I'm not just saying that because uh, Nick's a friend of mine. But you know, I, I commute to the Bet Stamp office. I'm always listening to the podcast from the night before. Couldn't help but notice for the three playoff games so far, you've bet against the Cincinnati Bengals in all three of those games. So, any regrets? And is that changing for the Super Bowl this week? Like, are you just basically like the the Bengals are frauds? I'm going to bet against them no matter what at this point, or are you kind of learning a lesson from previous games? Well, I just wanted to go back to the first off. Great to be on with you guys. Love your guys' show as well. I think you guys do an awesome job and love Betstamp also. Um, you know, I'm a huge pro wrestling guy. It's all, the whole, everything is pro wrestling. Like Prop King is just like a stick, like something yeah. that people get. I am the self-anointed Prop King. There are definitely people I think that are better at betting props than me, but it's a great stick and we have a great imaging for it on the show, which makes me laugh every time I hear it. Um, yeah, I did bet against the Bengals all three times. Um, I guess if I had to pick one game that I regret, it would be probably the AFC championship game. I, I bet Kansas city at the opener at six and a half, just cause I felt like the number was never coming back. Like I didn't like, I wasn't like in love or obsessed with the bet. Like I liked it. So maybe like a slight regret there. I think the Raiders bet I made in the wild card round plus six and a half is like the best bet I made of the entire postseason, And it lost. Like yeah. I would make that bet a hundred out of a hundred times. And the Tennessee game was really annoying. I bet two and a half at the open. It closed four. I'll do that a hundred more times. They sacked them nine times in a game and lost. Like, what are you going to do, man? So like, I mean, I lost, but I, I would make those decisions again. Like, I guess Kansas city would be the one that I, if I had to pick one, but I honestly don't really regret any of them. And maybe that's stupid on my part to not regret it since I lost, but so I feel you, like the decisions going into it were good. Are you keeping the trend going? Are you on the Rams? Uh, I'm not going to bet the Rams full game. I also don't think I'm going to bet the bangle. I don't think I'm going to bet pre-flop this game on Got the it. side of the game fair enough um, and you don't I, need to that's the beauty of the super bowl so many options so i and i said this on you better you bet yesterday on monday um i was like yesterday meaning monday right monday february 7th not super into the game and i i'm a huge football fan as rob mentions like as the week goes on i'm gonna get into the pageantry and the history of it but not even really from a betting perspective just because it's not like the game that i look at and i'm like okay like this makes sense to me immediately and I think Ken said the same thing on the show yesterday, my co-host Ken Barkley, Lockie Lockerson. And then I spent a lot of time last night and this morning, like thinking more about the game. 
And now I actually think I'm like super into it. So like, I can't wait to do the show coming up later today. Um, you better, you bet three to 7 PM Eastern weekdays. I, I think I'm going to end up and I haven't done it yet. I think I might bet Rams first half and then bet Bengals live as the game is going on once Cincinnati gets behind here. So I'm looking at Cincinnati second half points allowed this year against good offenses that they played against postseason and otherwise, right? So played the chiefs twice in the last like six weeks, allowed a grand total of six points in the second half against Kansas city in both those games, by the way, shout out to defensive coordinator, Lou Anaromo from Staten Island, where I live right now. It might be a landfill and a dump. It produces <laughs> some pretty good people like me and Lou Tennessee, 10 points allowed in the second half Vegas six, Played San Francisco, hosted San Francisco in that game, lost in overtime, but allowed nine points in the second half, six of those coming on the game-winning overtime touchdown by the Niners. 17 second-half points allowed to the Chargers, but we remember that game. It was like an avalanche of turnovers at the end for the Chargers leading to those points. Nine points against the Packers in the game, Rob, I know a game near and dear to your heart where McPherson and Crosby couldn't make a kick at the end, <laughs> allowed nine points to the Packers in the second half of that game, three in overtime. And the one game they played against the Ravens with Lamar Jackson only allowed seven. And the Rams um, this year, uh, in the postseason at least, and then going back to week 18 against San Francisco, much better in the first half than the second half. I think this could be a game where we see the Rams start off really strong and then Sean McVay, the, the cheeks clench a little bit and gets a little tight, gets a little conservative, and then Joe Burrow does his thing. So... I, I don't think I'm going to bet the side of the game before the game starts. I think maybe Rams first half and then a Cincinnati live betting angle is how I'm looking. Yeah, and very likely to, I think personally, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think you're very likely to get at some point in the game, at least a better price on the Bengals live than you would get pregame. Obviously, that's just lends itself to we, you know me thinking that the Rams are quicker starters and so on and so forth. But I like that breakdown. Um, Nick, we want to get into your best prop. For the Super Bowl, I know you have a lot to pick from. I can see you looking down at your sheet there. You're probably you, now you have you have the prop self-anointed prop king. So he's got all this added pressure on himself to pick the winning one on his sheet right now. But if he, he's, he's debating right now, he's like, if uh, which one am I going to give? He's got five on his sheet. He's like, I just know I'm oh, going to go five, one and four three. with the oh five's more than five. <laughs> I've more than five. God, you know how much content I have to fill on my show? We got we got a All lot right, of don't problems. don't give us a loser. We got to talk about. We know you're going to make money in the total bundle. Don't give us a loser. You got to pick one. It's so much pressure. Well, I appreciate the uh, the blind optimism you have in me <laughs> that I'm going to make money on the total bundle. Hopefully, that's going to be the case here. So I I got a couple that I like. I just want to throw this out there that I haven't done this yet. I'm considering betting both Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase to have the longest rush of the game at eight and 10 to one, respectively. I think both guys are going to get carries in this game. Now, neither has broken a long one in the postseason, but I think they're going to get opportunities here. So I haven't done that yet, but I think that those are pretty interesting. I, I think some of these penalty markets are interesting with Torbert uh, calling a lot of holding penalties. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. I'll go to the, in lieu of giving out like a yardage over under prop, I'll give you something a little more exotic than that, even though. I do like, I like both Bengals receivers. Call me Captain Square, whatever. I like both receivers in this game. I really like Chase. How about over three and a half field goals in the game? And uh, at You Better You Bet show sponsor, Bet Rivers. So you may be able to get a better price than this on the market. I personally would recommend that you place all your bets at Bet Rivers, uh, your hometown sports book, and pro football betting powerhouse all season long. BetRivers.com <laughs> and the Bet Rivers app. Plus 132 at Bet Rivers for over three and a half field goals. I think we've got two ultra conservative head coaches, two head coaches, like the types of dudes that really like get off and fantasize like sexually about kicking, (laughs) hunting, 
They just love it. They're not going to go for it in the big spot. I mean, Zach Taylor knows that he's got Money Mac on the sideline. Like, they get even within sniffing distance, and, like, they're going super conservative. I think that's going to be his MO, at least early in the game for the Bengals, maybe even stretching into the second half. And the same thing for McVay and the Rams. And I know, like, people are maybe a little concerned about Matt Gay and the injuries, but, I mean, they attempted three field goals in the NFC Championship game two weeks off here. And, you know, McVay has been ultra conservative in big spots throughout his entire coaching career. I see no reason. the favorite in this game. I think he's going to be tight in this game. If I asked you guys to guess the number of combined attempted field goals from these two kickers in the six games they played in, do you know off the top of your head? Would in, you be in the playoffs? Yes. Uh, you know, it's definitely it's definitely a lot. Uh, attempted field goals. We had Gay had a couple misses. I'll McPherson, say tw- I'll McPherson say twenty one. Twenty one attempted is, in, in six games. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it was that's right. Exactly. It's twenty one. <laughs> McPherson <laughs> as, as attempted Bobby Pizza. <laughs> McPherson, 12 field goal. That's a spicy pizza, too. McPherson, 12 field goal attempts, gay with nine. So, I mean, look, it's plus money for a reason. Yeah. I think it could easily lose. But I like the plus money aspect of this. So, how about is the official pick that I'll give out here? Now it's destined to lose for the Prop King. Um, I think the uh, the residents of the Prop Kingdom looking to commit regicide after the game ends. But over three and a half field goals plus 132 can be my official prop given out. We'll take it. That's a, that, I, I think that's very solid. Um I don't know how Matt Gay missed that 47-yarder short. I did, that one was, was mind Pre-game warm-up, he tweaked something or something like that. I was very shocked by that. Regardless of whether it wins or loses, Nick, the rationale is there. That's what we're looking for. You thought it through. I'm going to add one thing to it because I actually do like this prop as well. The Bengals are sneaky bad in the red zone as well. <laughs> if you look at the red zone numbers this year, for the majority of the season, they have good offensive weapons. But they're in the bottom half of the league in terms of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. I agree with the two conservative coaches. I like that play. That's Nick Costas, host of You Better You Bet, the prop king, self-anointed. Regicide again. Hopefully we can avoid that here coming up on Sunday. Appreciate you guys having me. And if you'll allow me to get off my, speaking of pro wrestling, my catchphrase here. I'm wishing you guys, all your great listeners, and all the great guests that you're having on this prop bet special for Super Bowl 56, minimal sweats, winning bets, and the absolute very best of luck. The best tagline. Like a pro. Just, we say it in the office all the time. We actually do say it in the office all the time. That's not a joke. And I told Johnny about a couple weeks ago, I'm like, if Nick actually knew that we said this in the office, he would be like, he would, he would be, he would just love it so much. And we actually yeah. do. It's the best tagline, but the pause after very is what makes it. It's, it's the pregnant pause, man. Absolutely. The absolute very. And people are like, when they hear it for the first time, like absolute makes them. That's why the people like as a broadcaster, this is like neither here nor there, but silence is the most like effective tool that a broadcaster has in his or her arsenal. That like small bit of silence there forces people to like what's coming next. And the absolute very best of luck. People are like, oh, like what's coming next here? Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all thought out in advance. I appreciate you guys liking it. Thank you. Thanks, Nick. For everyone out there, they get a prop and they also get some advice if they're ever going to get into sports media or any sort of media on the pausing for dramatic effect, which is great. There you go. Thanks, Nick. We appreciate you coming on and uh, best of luck with your, your bet and also your, your total portfolio and, and the live bet potentially that uh, has not been placed yet on the Bengals. Thank you guys very much. Same to you. We're now joined by Rufus Peabody, professional sports better, co-founder of Unabated, which you can check, check out at unabated.com and co-host of the Bet the Process podcast, which I would highly recommend as well. Rufus, looking pretty dapper. Uh, I guess you're in Vegas right now, so it's morning, early morning for you? It is, and I am in Vegas. I live here. All right. 
you live there now. I always forget. I mean, I don't know. We, we, we chat every now and then, but I, I don't know for sure. It looks pretty, pretty nice out there. I'd much rather be there than the cold of Toronto right now. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, I, I, got, to, I got to golf yesterday. I actually played Cascada, and it was fantastic. How, how are you playing so far this year? I, I had my best round of the year so far. I shot an 81 and from the Blues. So that was, uh, it was just, you know, I hit 10 greens in regulation. I just, uh, well, I this is your uh, strokes gained approach. Um, I don't know, but I've, I've recently decided that, <laughs> that just kidding. hitting these punch shots, if you can run it up, like the margin for error is so much greater. Yeah. It's like with a half, with a half a swing. Wait, wait a second. You I think, think it, like good things happen. Oh, so yeah. So like when, when I, I hit those shots quite a bit, like those run it up to the, when I have a lot of green to work with, because I'm, I don't have a lot of touch. I can, you know, just run it up to the green, end up with a putt. That, that's kind of like my go-to basically, but I'm not, I'm in like an intermediate golfer. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, you see people use it and British open courses and stuff like that. I mean, I think it's, it's a certain, I don't know. I mean, you always the, hitting the high shot sexy, but it isn't always the best move. I don't think. I hear you. I agree with the margin for error thing. Uh, we want to get into obviously your best prop bet. That's what we're doing with everyone that we have on, but you often have a very large portfolio around Super Bowl. You're known for that. You've posted to Twitter before. I've seen some stacks of tickets that you've had before. So just for g- general advice for those listening who are going to go into the Super Bowl, they're betting a lot of props and things like that. What's one really good tip that you could give to people for betting Super Bowl props? So I would say if you want to bet on overs or bet on things to happen, that would be a player to score a touchdown, um, you know, a defensive touchdown or special teams touchdown of safety. Basically, if you want to bet on something that the uh, to happen, it's going to be a very public bet generally. And so you should bet that early. Whereas if you want to bet an under or bet against something happening, basically anything correlated with the boring game, wait as long as you can before betting that. Because the, the betting public is going to bet that those markets up and you're going to find a lot of value very, very close to, the, to game time. I think that's good advice. It's definitely, it's definitely good advice. Um, it's it's accurate for sure, and especially when you're looking at the regulated shops in Vegas and stuff like that, where they you know are moving a lot of unique line sets and moving on action. It's, def- it's definitely accurate there. So Rufus, we want to get into it. We're giving out only winners on the show, so we don't know exactly how many guests we're going to have on, but the goal is to be a perfect you know X and O. We want to make sure that everyone gives out a winner. So Nick Costos, he already gave out a winner to us. We're one and zero already. What was his winner? Nick Costos. He's got over three and a half field goals for the game, at plus I believe it's one thirty five. Plus one thirty five or in that range, which we believe should be priced at minus one thousand, based off of his rationale. Based off his rationale. So we're already one and zero, Rufus. Now what we're going to ask minus one fifty or something. But (laughs) can you? You have the no at minus fifty. I don't know something like that. All right. I don't know. I, I know I'm not betting the over, but. All right, so fair enough. So we're we're 1-0 already, basically, is what we're trying to say. And we want to move to 2-0. So we're asking you, Rufus, give us your best winner for the Super Bowl. I mean, the most likely winner, I'll give you, like, no safety in the first half. If you, right. if you, if you want to go, if you want a perfect record. No, but <laughs> in, in a, like it, no, we're just, actually, joke, we're just actually, joking around. We obviously are yeah. looking for expected value. We're looking for good props here. Rufus has done this for a long time. He is one of the best in the game, no doubt. So give us, you know, a, a good prop that you think is going to win some yeah. good value. And then let us know where we can find it as well, because both BetStamp as well as your uh, company, Unabated, do really preach the value of line shopping and making sure you're getting the best of the number. So we'd also like to know where we can find this prop, maybe where has the, where, where the best available line on it is. So let's, the floor is yours, Rufus. Let's hear it. 
so so I'm not sure what book has the best available line on it right now, but I think I mean it's it is fairly widely available. Okay. Um, and it is Joe Mixon under on receiving yards, and so I, I believe that uh, Mixon has has had certainly uh, a surge in his receiving production the last what five six weeks or so. Yep, including the playoffs. Um, a lot of that has come. Um, I mean d- during a winning streak for the Bengals. I mean last week. Um, notwithstanding, these have not really been situations with negative game scripts. We, we see right now the Bengals are a four and a half point underdog, um, which kind of correlates with them playing on average. An a-, like a four and a half point underdog on an average offensive snap should be behind by about three points. Now, first off, the average team on a snap, uh, like a team that was a pick, should also be behind because you know the other team scores. Then you you know you get the ball, you're losing. Um, it, that's just kind of how it works um it's more likely yeah yeah anyway i'm getting into we, we to, i i think i know what you're getting at <laughs> so, so what you're me. saying is you so, know, this so game, love, it's a four and a half point spread so it's not in any way like a huge runaway or a given it well no it's not my point is they're an underdog though and, and the chance that they're playing from a negative game script is a lot more is, is greater than they're playing from a positive game script and joe mixon's usage is, is very very much based off of that um this year it's very significantly um he is a big part of the receiving game when it's a neutral or positive game script and not at all a part of the passing game, um, the receiving game, I should say, when uh, when they're in a negative game script. So I think that kind of points towards potentially P. Ryan having a little bit more usage in the receiving game than Mixon. And so this does correlate to the Rams for sure. Um, but based on where the spread is, I mean, I think there's there's value relative to that. So what is, what's the number that you're betting roughly? So I bet anywhere from under 28 and a half to under 26 and a half. Okay, so if I'm looking at the regulated market right now, and uh, you know this is not including every single book everywhere uh, in the regulated space, but of all of the main sports books, we've got if you've got access to Circa, then that's going to be the best price in the market in the regulated space, twenty six and a half minus one ten. I assume Rufus may have already bet that down from twenty eight and a half earlier in the week, um, but that's the best line in market. Just giving that out, we'll hand it back to Rufus. So you would play this up to what price? Um, so my number on it. So where I'll play it is, is kind, of, kind of different than what my number is, I guess. Right. It all depends on um, – I, I don't have a great answer for that. I, I can give you what I price it, but – So give us, give us what you price it, and then I, obviously with Rufus, you're betting a big portfolio, right? So you're not going to play something that might be a small edge that you would normally play in any given week because you've got so much option, obviously, you know, limited amount to get down on a certain amount of things, et cetera. I, we get that. But what would you price it at? And then from there, maybe we can give out – uh, a pick that people would be comfortable with. I'll say this. I would, I would play it. I would, if I didn't already have action on it, I would probably play it down to 24 and a half. Perfect. All right. So there you go. So if you're playing, if he's playing it down to 24 and a half, then at that point, you know, you've got access available across the board, right? So you'll be able to play that according to that at, you know, the likes of DraftKings, points bet, MGM, you know, uh, bet rivers. We've got FanDuel, we've got William Hill across the board. So Rufus is right. It is widely available at that price. So what we'll go with, I guess, is the best in the market for this pick. We'll give them under 26 and a half minus 10, um, courtesy of Circa Sportsbooks, Circa Sportsbook currently only available in Nevada and Iowa and Colorado. But if you are in one of those states, obviously go nuts. It's a, it's a good bet. And according to Rufus, sounds like we're two and oh so far, I think, I think we're two and oh as well. And personally, uh, you know, I, I do do uh, a bunch of prop stuff myself and, uh, I as well am on uh, Joe Mixon under on receiving. Good luck. Glad Rufus. to hear that. So we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're lining up there. We'll win together. I, I hope so. Listen, the, the reality is 
the Super Bowl is one game. Obviously, anything can happen. And yes. almost all of the outcomes that you're going to bet are going to be tied to one model, which is correlated. So we understand where Rufus is coming from when he's saying you have to be you know, careful on the prices. Because if you play down the reserve price on everything, then you're essentially going to have an amazing, amazing game where you're going to get absolutely crushed. Yeah, that, that's a very, very good point. So Rufus, we appreciate that. Um, we, you're obviously co-founder um, and an executive at Unabated. Anything going on there that you wanted to share or anything else that you wanted to promote? Yes. Yeah, so Peter Jennings actually just announced he's joining our team oh, nice. uh, this morning. So, so that's, that's really exciting news. We're, we're, I'm, I'm thrilled. Like Peter's a close friend and uh, getting to work with him is, is going to be fantastic. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I've never met Peter, but I uh, definitely think he's a smart guy in the space. So does that mean you're converting the whole business model to something that's NFT based? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm just, I'm just looking for NFT advice from him. He certainly made it big with that. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. Obviously, Peter, hopefully, you know, if, for those who don't know, was one of the co-founders of, I believe is fantasy labs is, uh, the correct title for the company, which was then sold to uh, the action network. So good for you guys. And hopefully we see unabated grow, uh, even further in the next couple of months. Thanks Rufus. Thanks. And, and obviously you guys are what you guys are doing at BetStamp is fantastic. And I, you know, I'm obviously happy seeing you guys uh, have success and seeing the site take off. Hopefully uh, see you in Vegas for BetBash at some point. Um, and hopefully we can catch around uh, this summer or something. I need to maybe get some, learn some lessons off of you. I've heard good things. And now talking about shooting 81, like it's really depressing for me. I'm going to have to work twice as hard. And I, I have half the amount of time that I used to as well. I, I hear you on that. And any day on the golf course is a good day. All yeah. right. Let's cash this Joe Mixon so I can pay for some golf lessons as well. <laughs> Thanks, Rufus. Thank you. Right, we'll see it. We now welcome in Jeff Feinberg. Anyone who follows his content might know him for golf as well as football. They might also know him as an insane person if they watch him on the Mayo Media Network or see his stuff with Odds Checker. Jeff, good to have you. Always happy to chat with you, Rob. I get very jealous with the amount of hair that you have. We know we talked about this off air, but myself and Johnny, who are, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm losing, mine is receding way more than yours, I know, but, but Jeff's is just, oh, I'm toast as well. It's so luscious. It really makes me upset whenever he comes on. I, I, he's a friend, but I really don't like him because of the amount of quality hair that he has. But for those um, listening, uh, Jeff is currently decked out in one of the best vintage Chargers jackets I've ever seen. And who's who's in that? Uh, who signed that helmet in the top corner there? That's a Herbert signed helmet, uh, personalized with his rookie of the year and rookie passing records. Uh, and this jacket, as you know, we, the present is the Herbert helmet. This is a vintage starter Super Bowl twenty nine jacket, the Chargers' lone appearance. When you're a franchise that's only been to one Super Bowl, you cherish like the Super Bowl and the logo and anything attached to it we can't like poo-poo them along as a lost super bowl so uh yeah this is vintage back in the days with super bowl logos mattered and there was some flair to it you know with the city and so yeah this is this is classic stuff here i'm not sure how much of our studio you can see but we do have the ladanian tomlinson signed jersey up here as well which i pushed for when we were putting together this studio because i knew one day we would have you on I'm not even joking. I'm like, if we don't have any Chargers gear in this studio, I don't think we could ever get Jeff on. You know, he's a first ballot fantasy Hall of Famer. 
What's what's that? Just just fantasy? Like did no, well, did, did LT do something like, to upset you personally as a Chargers fan? Pardon? Did, has he done something since he's retired? That's no, upset I didn't you, mean or? it like that. I just meant like people in and of our age. I at least talking to you, and it feels like a lot of the people I interact with were sort of in and of the same age. He was just yes, he's a first ballot NFL Hall of Famer, but. You know, him and, like, Priest Holmes are yep. probably, like, the first first ballot, like, fantasy football era Hall of You're Famers. right. That's all. There were, certain, that's all wrong there were certain guys where if you drafted them, you basically won your pool in those years. And, and LT was definitely one of them. Uh, Priest Holmes comes to mind. Sean Alexander would come to mind as well for a, a couple years, especially where it was just ridiculous the amount of touchdowns he scored. But, uh, Jeff, I wanted to get your thoughts on... You're obviously a huge Chargers fan. You've talked about all the gear you're decked out with uh, for the people that are listening and can't see. But Joe Burrow's in the Super Bowl. I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. These two are going to be tied together for a lifetime because they were drafted in the same draft, along with Tua, who right now, let's let's be honest, looks like he's going to be a major bust, bust. Is there a part of you as a Chargers fan that is rooting for Joe Burrow to fail? Okay, well, I guess should preface that by saying I do like the Rams this week. I have picked the Rams to win this game. Like a lot of people, I've never seen a team make the Super Bowl getting the sort of luck in some respects that the Bengals have had. Still one game, yada, yada, yada. That being said, I love Joe Burrow. National champion, Heisman winner. You know me, Rob, and you've seen like, like this isn't Eli Manning. You know, the Chargers didn't own this pick, and he wasn't like, I won't go there. Right. And now there's this forever hate for Eli, despite me believing to my death that Rivers is a more talented player. Eli won the Super Bowls. I can never take that away. What I would give for one Super Bowl, let alone two. Um, but there was never this position for the Chargers to get Burrow. And I never, I mean, two anon and two of crazies, they turned on me because I got a little excited last year as Herbert was doing what he was doing. And, and that two anon thing is real. Like they came for me. They came for my head anecdotally to me. It's as real as anything. Herbert. I'm a chargers fan or sorry, Burrow. Like I love the Bengals in the sense that we're like-minded chargers, lions, Bengals. We're losers. We're also <laughs> Rams. So I can't have any, like ill will towards Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I hope when it's the Chargers turn, all the loser team fans will like unite around us in some, in some respects. You're a Cowboy fan, Rob. When the Cowboys are bad, it's as big a news as when the Cowboys are amazing. Like them being bad is huge news. When the Chargers are bad, when the Lions are bad, when the Bengals are bad, we literally don't even exist. Like we do not exist outside of the draft pick that we own and the coaching change we need to make, we do not exist in the hemisphere ecosystem of football. So I always can get behind any of these teams when they have their moment. It's great to see new blood. I was cheering for, for them because I, I have Chiefs fatigue, let alone the Chiefs being a division rival and all their fans been telling us they're going to have triplets and they're still wondering why only one baby was birthed. Uh, you know, the, the, where are the triplets? We're supposed to have triplets by now. So their confusion I'm able to enjoy. And I was aggressively cheering for the Bengals in the AFC championship game. So 
in a long-winded way, no. But I know at some point, long-term, if the Chargers can't answer the bell, this is like a race I'm used to. I watched Phillip watch Ben and Eli win two, and I got nothing. So it's literally like, yes, in that respects, it feels like, here we go again, and I'm not involved. For those who might have wondered why I called Jeff an insane person when I first started and why he's been known in the community as an insane person, it would be rants like that where he gets extremely fired up, but not even really fired up. It's very, it's very hard. You're one of a kind, Jeff, in the way that you break these things down. Uh, and we do love you for it, but I'll transition. I don't want to get you fired up anymore and get your blood pressure higher or whatever. Like, I don't think that's healthy. I want to get to prop bets because that's what this is about. Uh, and I know you're a better. We go back a decade, more than a decade now. When we first met, we were both probably betting way more than we should have for the ages that we were at and really stressing a lot of these games. But we've learned a lot of valuable lessons over time, and now we actually win some money betting on sports. So your best bet for a Super Bowl prop, what is it this year? So the favorite bet that I have, it feels like it's quite widely available still, and it's probably the most consistent Super Bowl bet over the last five, six, seven years that gets the least amount of attention or hype. Longest touchdown under 42 and a half yards. This is a bet that has hit in six of the last seven Super Bowls despite a kick return. It's one I consistently um, like to go to, but under longest touchdown, maybe that's an indictment on Brady. You know, I was as I was preparing for this, like, why is this happening? You know, we're not seeing the over the top that maybe we, we should be used to or feel like we get. Maybe that, like, Brady has a large part in that because, you know, that he was able to dissect you down the field, all these Super Bowls. But nonetheless, I'm afraid of Jamar Chase. And, and the Cooper Cup stuff seems more like blown coverages. Uh, hopefully that's inside 40 yards. But for me, under... 42 and a half yards longest touchdown is the bet that I have again six of the last Super Bowls this bet has cashed on the under longest touchdown and it doesn't get nearly the attention that some of the other consistent bets uh, get around Super Bowl season if I was trying to draw a narrative as well which I think might not actually be a narrative and there could actually be something to it it's a big stage it's a big game for a lot of these defenders they're on, you know, this broadcast of the millions, the biggest game these guys are ever going to play. I think there's something to not getting beat deep either as well. And just giving up the stuff that's in front of you to not be that guy that's getting, you know, in a sense in the end, like posterized, so to speak, where it's like, okay, we always remember who was the defender when like a, a huge play happened in a, in a big game and the bomb was caught. And I think there's something to that as well. Personally, I'll be cheering for PI or something. If like, it looks <laughs> yeah. like a guy has got a leg of steam uh, down the field, but yeah. Uh, well said Rob. So I've, I'm, this is a hard one to line shop in such a short amount of time. So we'll have to put in after what the best odds available are in the market. We'll just overlay it on the video. Uh, as I'm going to have to go through all these sites individually. But for now, I like that bet. We're going to go, um, obviously, the under longest touchdown in the game. You said, sorry, what was the number you quoted, Jeff? Uh, 42 and a half. I, I had that at, at 120. 
Okay, uh, forty-two and like a half it. minus twenty. We'll we'll shop it, around. We'll see if it's available better for the listeners at any of the regulated sports books across the United States. Uh, and uh, if so, we'll add it in the description. If not, we're gonna just go with forty-two and a half minus twenty. And good good rationale. I mean, I think Super Bowl. Both these coaches are not as you know they're they're very conservative. So who knows how many deep shots we see? And even if we do, you know, high chance at a you know holding or a, a, an offensive uh, or a defensive pi call as well. And obviously, you know, with any bet, like you get you get paranoid about certain things on the other side. I think McVay and his ability to uh, use play action, like I'll have my heart and my chest maybe on a couple of those Stafford dropbacks. I I just have like a lot of football nerds. McVay is so cool in how he can scheme things and how he'll probably have that Bengals defense needing to adjust on the fly that I am paranoid. He could catch him in a in a situation that's perfectly ripe for a play action deep call, but uh, I'm still going for it. It's been a money maker for me uh, in many of these last Super Bowls. Appreciate your time, Jeff. So we're playing the longest touchdown under 42 and a half minus 120, unless we can find a better price. I have a gut call here. I feel like Stafford is going to take one shot play action deep downfield, big bomb to Van Jefferson. Now, whether he catches it or not, who knows? But I, I just have a, there's no data on behind that. I just I could see one big bomb to to Van Jefferson. Big. Bomb. Now that you mentioned the name, I'm just going to throw it out there for for a lot of the things Odell people are expecting Odell to do. Van is my guy. Rob, you know we danced up a side. I love to hug people. I hope me and my buddies are hugging when we hit that Van Jefferson first TD. So if it <laughs> happens on a bomb and it's first TV TD, I'll be more than whole on it. But Van is a guy that I am really looking at um, in the game on Sunday. You can follow him on Twitter at gfeinberg17. Check his check out his stuff on uh, the Mayo Media Network. He's a part of a great, hilarious show with Pat Mayo and Tim Anderson, also known as Andrew Cust. You can check out his stuff with Oz Checker as well. Jeff, enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for thanks all the, coming on, Jeff. All the best, guys. We're now joined by one of the most respected NFL professional betters out there. You can find his stuff with Bet Prep US, also with pregame.com. Hitman, how's it going? It's going good, guys. I'm happy to finally be on here. Yeah, no problem. We want to do a longer form episode with you at some point, and I'm sure we will, probably leading up to football season next year. But for now, we'll get you in here for five minutes to share your thoughts on the Super Bowl. I think you bring a unique perspective. Um, I follow you on Twitter. I saw the stack of tickets you've got from Atlantic City so far this year for Super Bowl, which I think is actually even smaller than the ones I've seen in previous years where you get some like really, really large ones. Uh, but... There's a lot of people who are not betting online yet or are you know, still betting over the counter. Um, and I think you can offer some advice or at least give people some direction on how to bet over the counter if they're going for Super Bowl props, some sort of stuff that they can do to potentially get down uh, more money or uh, let, let's say convince the sports book that they're more of a square better than they actually are. Yeah, so you definitely want to do your best to stay under the radar, especially if you believe that you have an edge when you're betting props. And probably the number one piece of advice I can give is that you want to use the kiosk when you can. Now, if you're looking to maybe get three, four, five thousand dollars on a prop, then you know sometimes the kiosks are going to limit you and it's going to make it a little bit difficult. But just know where you're betting because there's also times that a kiosk, you know, it could give you three hundred, four hundred, five hundred a pop with a rebet. So if you're able to do that and you can kind of stay under the radar by not giving your players card giving a $4,000, $5,000 bet at once, 
that's probably the wiser way to do it because even though books are a little bit more tolerant for Super Bowl prop bettors in comparison to regular season prop bettors, it's still always wise that when you can, you want to stay unknown um, as instead of um, making yourself public to the bookmaker. Absolutely. They can't profile uh, a guy with them with a ski mask at a kiosk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also another thing that I kind of ran into uh, before is that I really don't middle or scalp many props during the regular season. Cause it's just too much of a pain in the ass, to be honest with the limits being lower and books not being as tolerant. But if you're going to do that for the Super Bowl, which I will do, make sure that if you're going to say, Hey, I'm going to go to one shop and then I'm going to bet 3000 on one side plus 110. I'm going to go down the street and bet the other side plus 110 and get a a scalp. Make sure that just be cognizant of the fact that that scalp could be gone by the time you get there. I mean, I played a lot uh, under 110 and a half rush yards and I played enough to where I was like, you know what, I'm probably going to, or, excuse me, 210 and a half rush yards for the game. And I played enough where I was like, you know what, I'm probably going to scalp some of this with some over 190 and a half down at the book down the street. By the time I get there, it's already up to like 198 and a half. So just be a little bit cognizant of that, that these lines are moving faster and faster than they ever have before, because there's just more attention to props than I think there's ever been in the history of sports betting. Oh, for sure. For sure. So with that being said, we want to get your best prop um for the super bowl and i'll say what i said you know in the past we're 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 three and oh right now so we've had three guests on and they've all actually given out a winner so hitman we're counting on you we want to go to four and oh here um give us your best pick all right well a lot of pressure on me but hopefully i could come through with this one Uh, i've been betting cam Akers overs since the openers i played over 58 and a half and the widely available line now is about 62 and a half which i think is still definitely worth a play you know i think that there's a little bit of bias against him and some recency bias against him based off how inefficient that he's been but what people aren't talking about is that he had to face the bucks and the 49ers run defense for 37 of his 54 carries this postseason. The Bengals, what do we know about them? Is they can be run on. They were 24th in the NFL in yards per carry allowed this regular season. The postseason, they haven't really fared well against the run against the Raiders and the Chiefs. So, you know, in a game where the Rams are two to one favorites to win, the game script really shouldn't get away from us. And McVay has shown throughout his tenure that he's been a not only a one-back coach, but that he's also been a guy that hasn't really used a fourth receiver much hasn't used the backup tight end much he's really used that three receiver one tight end one running back personnel and stuck with one guy so I thought that Akers he dominated snaps in the Tampa game he would have probably dominated snaps in the NFC championship if he didn't have an in-game shoulder injury so I think that this number is just too low for the type of usage that I'm expecting Cam Akers to get Fair enough. You know, if we're looking across the border now at the regulated uh, sports books across the U.S., we have so a bunch of 63 and a half I'm seeing is the best number. Would you still play 63 and a half over? Yes. All right. Yes, so, still good. so 63 and a half, we'll put it up. You know, that's available right now. We see MGM, DraftKings, uh, a couple other shops as well, you know, uh, the uh, Caesars. And if you are at in Vegas, uh, you will see at Circa Sports 62 and a half. So that's your best price in market. We'll give you that for the record, but you know, for the majority of the United States, probably six, 63 and a half is where we're going. And as you heard from Hitman, 
That's still a good price there. I agree with the usage. Want to ask one follow-up question. What are your thoughts on Akers getting a touchdown? What are you seeing on the market on that right now? For the you know, for the odds of him getting a touchdown? Yeah. Uh, so best price on Akers anytime touchdown is going to be uh, plus 120 at Bet Rivers. I'll be honest. I don't handicap touchdown markets a ton, but my one concern that I would have is that Michelle, even though he hasn't been getting many touches in this postseason, they have used him a little bit more when they have used him. It has been in short yardage and in the goal line situation. So to be honest, I'd probably steer away from the anytime touchdown market. I would just mainly focus on the yards market. So there you heard it. Uh, Yards, no touchdown, just yards. Um, and maybe that's some foreshadowing to, uh, to my pick, which I'll give out uh, later in the episode. All right, Hitman, thanks very much for your time. You can check out his stuff with BetPrepUS, pregame.com as well. And down the road, we will have a full episode. I can guarantee that for all the listeners out there where we do interview Hitman because I think he is absolutely one of the best when it comes to the NFL. Appreciate it. Good luck with that massive portfolio and that massive stack of prop bets for the Super Bowl. Hopefully you have a winning one. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good Super Bowl as well. We'll see you. Thank you. All right. We're now joined by Joey Kanish. I pronounced it correctly. Some people say Nish. It's completely wrong. Kanish. Very important. Sports better. We've had him on Circles Off before. Episode number 15. One of our most downloaded episodes ever. I don't know why. Can't explain it. (laughs) But we have Joey Kanish on here. What's going on, man? I mean, just uh, no place I'd rather be than talking up the Super Bowl to some Super Bowl props with you two mugs. Studio looks great. Uh, we got our Super Bowl champ swag on, ready to go. I know <laughs> I uh, figure I'd send you guys a little bit up there. So uh, for, for the yeah, audio. For the audio hey. listeners, he's wearing a Nike Detroit Lions tee. So when he said his Super Bowl merch, that's what he was referring to. I will say, though, so I want to talk about this because one thing I do like about Kanish, he's not one of those guys who just says random stupid things. Like, well, he does, but he puts his money where his mouth is, which yeah, is the most that's important. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm betting the actual dollars on the stuff that's coming out. So you have bet the Detroit Lions to win the 2022 Super Bowl, which I guess will be played in 2023, but I think the ticket says 2022, whatever. The Super Bowl for next year. Do you actually believe that this is a good bet or is this just like, you know what, I'm a Lions homer, I'm going to do it because I'd never live with myself or is it just to to cause some sort of stir? I I will say, now, I would much prefer, we're not there yet, much prefer some of the divisional bets. But if you look into next year, (laughs) there's a couple things that can fall into place that for the Lions, A, they got to find a quarterback. B, Aaron Rodgers has to retire or go start doing, you know, Rogan podcasts or one of that. And C, you look like the Packers are in cap hell. The Vikings are in cap hell. The Bears aren't really a, any type of – like the division is wide open, wide open if Rodgers retires. So you say if you can just – if you can get a little bit of a value, you know, ticket in there, I'm, I have some Lions division – Listen, the Super Bowl, do I actually think they're going to win? No. But at 200 to 1, I, I think, I mean, even you look at Sharp Shops, Circa, which is a lot lower hold, was at 100 to 1. I, I would say, you know, maybe you're talking a half percent of the value there at 200 to 1. Um, I think there's things that can fall into place in the offseason, coupled with the division, could be very, very bad, where you get into the playoffs and you saw with Cincinnati this year, you get into a one game format. Anything can happen for a couple of games there uh, where, you know, you could get a little bit of value out of that 201. I will have much bigger plays, though, on Lions 
regular season wins over and division bets uh, for for real real money. There, the Super Bowl kind of a fun one to. Uh, I'm just, the Lions go Super Bowl. I'm not going to not have money out of you. Think I'm not? You think I, the Lions go Super Bowl? I'll, I'll be living. I'll never be able to forgive myself. But I'm a ticket. So fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we'll obviously wish the best of luck on that bet. <laughs> Seems like you need. Like it's almost that thing's like you know it's like a it's like a six, 16 team parlay basically is what's happening but it's There's a lot of things that gotta go right a lot of things gotta go right and who For knows an organization if, that hasn't had a lot go right in seventy years that means that they're due it's a due I, factor I, I, right that, that's that, that is uh, yeah that's uh, some guy's sports book right now in Detroit telling himself like this this, this has got to be it or do. So maybe what what they could do is they could also just call call up the Rams and then say can we trade back. Get Matt Stafford yeah. back, and then maybe then, and then the division's you guys wide open. You got your title. We need him back. Give yeah. Him the, I, yeah I, apparently, the problem was not Matt Stafford. It looks like it might have been the Lions organization, not yeah. Matt Stafford, as the biggest issue for why we didn't make it to the bowl. Okay, Kanish, you're obviously a Lions homer. This game is uh, Stafford, who is your, uh, your, your boy, I guess, your former boy. We want you to give out a prop bet. Anything, it could be anything related to the, the game. Um, you know, there's tons of prop bets, and we know you do a lot of this stuff. So give us your best bet. Um, we're 4-0 and right now. We're trying to go 5-0. and Let's hear it. Oh, baby. Um, now, well, uh, and to set the stages, I, I, I'm, I'll just say I think this is a Rams burial. Like, I, I think the Rams are – I've taken some Rams alt lines. Uh, I, I've got the Rams in a number of different ways. I've got a, bet, a large bet on minus 3.5, so – uh, I, I am big on the Rams here. And one that I really like at current, Rams to have the most first downs, minus 145. That's at DraftKings right now. As we speak, log on right now, and it's there, minus 145. If you go over to some of the sharper shops uh, that maybe, uh, you know, rhyme with, uh, you know, Cookie Maker or something, or sort of that, they're – their price is more around uh, 190, 185, minus 185, minus 190, um, which I think is, is significantly more fair. So, uh, I mean, just if you just look on the surface, the Sharp Book's dealing minus 190, and there's minus 145. That's enough reason about it right there. But Joey K's telling you, I like the Rams. I think they uh, win it uh, kind of in a route there. So my, most first downs, minus 145, very, very good. All right, we appreciate that, and we appreciate Uncle K here giving out the best line in the market. That's what we are all, all about here, right? So DraftKings right now, we support all the sports books on the show. We don't support just one. DraftKings at the best price. That's where you got to be betting. Bet at DraftKings. You know, other props on this site, other props, sorry, that we've given out in the show have been best at other books. Go bet them there. But for this one, right now, minus 145, Rams, most first downs, lock of the year. Uncle K said it. We're 5-0 and on this show. Let's go. Uncle K also rhymed bookmaker with maker as no, well. Like cookie you, maker. Yeah, cookie, cookie maker I, with I, bookmaker. I, I was going to say crook maker, but that, that, that doesn't work because they're actually legit. They're, but they're technically, legit. He, he was actually referring to the, the bookie maker PPH skin if he said cookie maker. Because <laughs> but, but, but why would you use, why would you rhyme something that ends with maker with something that ends with salt maker. shaker, shaker, baker, you know, at least it went with a laker. There's so many things that other than maker that would have worked in that situation. That's okay. We want, we're, we got you here one more minute. You got anything else you're betting on, on for the game here? Anything else off the top of your head that you like? Maybe a touchdown score or first touchdown score. Give us another one. Unofficial. Uh, I mean, unofficial. Uh, the, yeah. I like sacks is the big, like I'm in on a lot of like, Flat three, I took a lot of Rams over sacks. I mean, if you look at the game scenario, I think the Rams will be in the lead. 
Bengals will be trailing. They've given up 8 billion sacks in the postseason, yet have still, you know, somehow made the Super Bowl. And you've got Donald, Von Miller, all these guys with an extra week off to kind of get fresh. I think they're going to absolutely destroy this Bengals O-line. Three is a good one. There's some three and a half at plus money. I like them all. I took game sacks over total, took ram sacks over. uh, So any of those prices right now, shot for the best one. But I like sacks over big for the Rams. Perfect. Appreciate it. How many different beverages are you drinking right now? Because I think I'm I've... double fisting <laughs> regular cold brew and a vanilla ice latte. So I got a little bit of the espresso going on a latte, a little bit of the black cold brew, double them up. I'm feeling, I'm feeling great right now. I'm you, feeling real You're feeling like Dan Campbell. <laughs> it's, it was meant to be put me on the staff, Dan. You know, like an off, I'll be like a coffee guy or something. Are they, you know, like, give me an offensive analyst job here and I'll just on the table in the you know the river room say go lion so i'm all in i'm all in with the organization you might be able to to do a decaf every now and then just you, just you, saying yeah, yeah, you might be well, able to do not the week for decaf my friend maybe <laughs> after the new poll's over but this week there is no decaf i'll tell you that all right that's it joey kanish uncle k with the Lions super bowl bet for next year also likes rams more first downs in the game, minus 145 at DraftKings. Actually love the logic of that because honestly, you can know nothing about football and just understand that that's an off-market price and it's a great bet. And I think it's as simple as that sometimes. So really appreciate you coming on. I know you'll have a lot of bets for the Super Bowl. Best of luck, buddy. Thanks, fellas. Take care. Good luck. See ya. We're now joined by Ariel Epstein, sports betting host and analyst for Yahoo Sportsbook. Also betting analyst for MLB Network and NBA TV as well. We had the prop king, Nick Costos, on earlier. We now have the prop queen. Ariel, how's it going? It's great. I can't believe I have to follow up Nick. We're in a group chat together, so it gets a little heated sometimes. I'm just kidding. Nick is a good <laughs> friend of mine. Um, he's, he brings a lot of energy. We had a good time with him early on because uh, he actually came with like a list of a dozen props and tried to figure out which one he was going to pick on air, which is just, I guess, classic Costos in my opinion. That's exactly where I'm at. Each show I go on, I try to switch it up. I don't really have a best bet, one that can't lose because I just think that's unrealistic. I just have a list and I go through them for each show because if I give out one pick for every show that I'm so confident in, 85% of the time it'll lose. I just have to vary it up. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. So uh, yeah, I guess with that being said, what do you have for us here today? Um, We're excited to hear it. My favorite bet, or one of them, is the over one and a half field goals for the Cincinnati Bengals kicker, Evan McPherson. This has been the most reliable the most reliable player on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, granted, everyone will talk about Joe Burrow, and yes, he's been incredible. The problem is, everything Joe Burrow does is going to be reliant on his offensive line. McPherson doesn't need anybody except his snap and the punter who's holding the kick down to make sure that everything goes smoothly. And he's been phenomenal. He's gone over this prop in the, in the playoffs multiple times. And when it comes to kicking over one and a half field goals, whenever you're inside, inside is the best spot to go kick field goals because the Bengals have been playing pretty conservatively. They also rank 20th in scoring rate when they're inside the red zone, which is just, it just tells you that the Bengals aren't going to probably go for it on fourth down. It's a big Super Bowl game that the Rams are favored in, which means that the Bengals could be playing from behind. I could see the Bengals getting into field goal range, which is pretty wide for McPherson. 
It's just, can they convert? Probably not. That's why I see McPherson coming on the field to keep the Bengals in the game, taking those three points each time. Yeah, we, li- we like it. So, uh, yeah, it's similar to the pick that Nick actually gave out as well. He's on the total field goals for the game over three and a half. In order for him to hit that, I think we're likely going to need to see at least two from uh, Evan McPherson. So, you know, good bet there. And like you mentioned, he has been lights out this postseason, and the range at which he's kicking is insane. Like, if it ends up being like a before the half situation, like I, I could definitely see them trotting him out there for like a sixty-yard attempt, or, or potentially even a little bit, a little bit further indoors. That's why when you look at the prop for longest field goal in the Super Bowl, it's at forty-seven and a half. I was looking at the Rams kicker Matt Gay to see if we had a good shot at either of these kickers kicking over that number. Matt Gay doesn't really kick that many field goals from deep. They go for it. The Bengals, on the other hand, it's all going to come down to if McPherson ends up kicking that long kick. He's the one that you have to bet on to see if he's going to kick a field goal for over 47 and a half yards. With this game being a four-point spread, it scares me a bit because the Bengals have a shot at needing to go for it on fourth down. I just like McPherson, though, because at least in that first half, like we were saying, they're going to do whatever they can to get points and make sure that they stay on the board. We're going to... We're seeing here, uh, what what price are you betting that at? So we have Evan McPherson over one and a half total field goals made for the game. And where are you seeing that right now? On BetMGM, I'm seeing it at minus 145, which is just hitting my threshold as to where I'm willing to bet props in any, at any given time. I usually don't like to bet anything that's more than minus 150 in the props market. Minus 145 for a kicker that's been super reliable. And also the fact that the Rams secondary is so bad with such a great and lethal Cincinnati offense that can slash you in a million ways offensively. That's why I see the Bengals getting downfield. It's just going to be tougher once that field shortens up for that Rams front seven. We're going to go ahead and lock that one in. McPherson at BetMGM, minus 145 over one and a half field goals. Just on a personal level, Ariel, obviously it's Super Bowl week. Uh, I know you're a big football fan, but I also know that you like to bet other sports, NBA, MLB as well. How do you, you know, what's your mindset, I guess, as Super Bowl week approaches? Because for me, it's kind of depressing that NFL is going to be over. And I'm just curious, as someone who bets other sports, are you excited for the Super Bowl? Are you kind of sad that football season is ending? How does that, you know, how, how does that hit you on a personal level? I'm sad football's ending. I'm not so sad about not having to cap this for a while. (laughs) Once I get through the playoffs, I'm beat. The playoffs are so tough to get a handle on, whether it's sides, totals, props. The thing I miss the most is just my Sundays. I just, this is past Sunday for the bye week. I went to get my nails done. I went for a walk. I I didn't know what to do. I felt like I was aimlessly walking around. I had no idea what to do with myself on a Sunday that I had nothing to watch. Football Sunday is what I miss most. Just all day on the couch, 1 p.m. Eastern time until midnight. That's the part that makes me sad. Not so much about not having to handicap these really, really sharp lines for the sharpest sport in all of sports. I take it you weren't interested in the uh, two-hand touch Pro Bowl? No. People were (laughs) asking me about this. They said, are you betting on the Pro Bowl? I go, are you nuts? First of all, in New York, you're not even allowed to bet it. You can't bet the MVP in New York. You can't bet the Pro Bowl. Clearly, you can't bet any all-star games in New York. There's so much variance. The only thing I would have bet in the Pro Bowl, if I was allowed to here in New York State, would have been a longest completion or a longest kick because Justin Tucker was there, and that's my guy. It's Ariel Epstein, the prop queen. 
Thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for joining us. I should say you can check her out on Twitter at Ariel Epstein, sports betting host and analyst for Yahoo Sportsbook, also a betting analyst for the MLB Network and NBA TV. Best of luck on the Super Bowl, and, and thanks for stopping by, Ariel. Thank you. Good luck this weekend. You too. Thanks for joining. We're now joined by legendary sports better, Alan Dinkinson. He's shaking his head, but he is a legendary better, and everyone knows it. Known by Dink or Dinky in the space. Played by Bruce Willis in Lay the Favorite, which is uh, probably his claim to fame. But uh, we have him here on Circles Off to talk Super Bowl. Dinky, how's it going? Finally, the Dink has been invited to the Circles Off podcast. We will, we will get a full episode at some point. Part of the reason, I'm going to be honest and transparent with, with things. We don't like to repeat guests that have been on something else recently, or we just kind of like space it out a little bit. So that's the reason, Dink, the honest truth. Um, if you, you know, you can, you can buy that as an answer or not, but. <laughs> I just wanted to use the rock sketch phrase. I, I wasn't that serious. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into it. Um, you've been around the block. You've been better. You've been a better for a long time uh, in this industry. Very curious because you have a lot more experience than a lot of the people that we're going to have on. More experience than anyone we're going to have on 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 today's show. Dinosaur. That's, that's me. I didn't say it. You said it, not me. I did not call him a dinosaur. Let the record you state. Be the first one to say. <laughs> I'm very curious in the differences between. Um, like basically how your Super Bowl betting has evolved over the years. What are the big differences between when you would bet a Super Bowl, let's say even 30 years ago, 20 years ago, versus how you're betting the Super Bowl today? Well, I was thinking when I was 30, I, was, I know this question was coming because you gave me, uh, you told me a little bit about it. And I was booking the Super Bowl when I was 30. And I was booking five times a game and there was two options to the side and the total. Um that was it. Nobody even thought about it. It was the beginning of maybe of halftime that's sneaking in, but I wasn't booking halftimes then. So it's been, you know, I, I've grown from the beginning of one prop to two props to a bunch of props to a million props. Um, that's very different. I, I really, like this morning, I checked eight books for props and I didn't check to see if the line moved or the total moved on the game because. I don't have any interest unless I can get a rope 50. I go under 50, but um, I was just doing props. And I, I know you once said that something that I, that stuck with me is you need to have a narrative of the, for the game if you want to bet. And that's how I chose the prop that I was going to talk about. Okay, so let's hear it then, Dinky. What's your, uh, what's your best prop? I'll preface it by okay. saying we've gotten a lot of things. Some are correlated, some are not, but uh, we're excited to hear yours. It's, I bet two props that are correlated, but I really like the second one better. The team that make the most third down conversions. Um, and the narrative I'm using is that Burrow, when he gets sacked, he just stands back there. And he's faced with a lot of third and 15s and third and 20s. Uh, and he usually throws underneath. So there's not even the intent to, con- to convert the third down on a lot of his third downs because he's, just contented to get a better position for a field goal or uh, closer to, so the punt will be from maybe 10 yards closer. Um, the Rams are two, two and a half on third down conversions 
uh, third down conversions for the total game. So I'm getting, uh, anyway, the Rams are favored for, for first down conversions by two, two and a half, I believe, for the whole game. So I'm getting a little bit more specific on third down conversions where I think mine will be shorter in general. So uh, what's the pro- so you got Rams most third downs in the game uh, converted most, most successful third down conversions. conversions in the game. Got it. And it what's is. the price on that? And where are you yeah, finding it? I twenty and this morning it was thirty and it's at William Hill. Okay, there you go. So Will Hill Vegas minus twenty and what's the threshold you'd play that up to? I guess minus thirty. I would still play minus thirty for sure. I might even play minus thirty five. It's one of those unique props. It's not thought out and used everywhere. So that gives you a little bit more of a threshold, I think, to play. I like the narrative. We've seen it too many times. Joe Burrow, uh, he's taking like real big sacks, right? So, um, you know, obviously much harder to convert third. It's hard enough to convert a third and 10 or a third and seven, let alone, you know, third and 15, third and I, I think his intent isn't even to convert. It's just to pick up some yardage. There you go. So earlier in the show, uh, we did have Rams more first downs, and now we've got Rams more third down conversions. So, Let's see. It's. I think it might be. Th- those could both win. I don't know. Are those two correlated? You think? I think those might be inversely correlated. Yeah. I mean, th- this one's interesting to me because it's it's counterintuitive to what a lot of people would think about this prop. So a lot of people would bet the Bengals more third down conversions because they would expect the Bengals to be trailing for more of the game and expect them to have to convert more third downs late in the game. I do like the logic, though, because you have to account for the distance of those third downs. If the Rams are consistently putting themselves in a position where they're facing shorter yardage, they're much more likely to convert. Uh, whereas the Bengals, I think it's been consistently shown, not even over the course of just the playoffs, even the regular season as well with the state of that O-line, uh, that Burrow does take a lot of sacks. So I do like this one quite a bit. It wasn't on my radar. Not just saying that because you're here, Dink, but I think you've maybe talked me into a bet for the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, these oh. are definitely these are definitely correlated 100%. So I misspoke just now. Um, converting, obviously, the third down would give you an additional first down. So super correlated there. I think just so many ways to do it, right? Like Rams will probably be less likely to go for it on fourth down, given that they're the favorite in the game. You have things like that. So... I think all in, Dinky. It's a solid bet. I like the narrative and the rationale with Burrow being sacked there and then not even intending to pick up a long completion instead just settling for something over the middle, maybe to put McPherson in field goal range or maybe to uh, to set up a better field position punt. I also played over sacks at a good number that South Point opened today, but uh, that number's gone. So That's all gone. Okay, over sacks. We've had a few people mention that as well as their secondary, more unofficial prop is the over sacks. I think you and Joey Kanish are actually in lockstep right here with the props. So we'll, um, we'll see. Hopefully you guys can maybe, catch maybe that. Maybe I should rethink them. <laughs> oh, no. I was starting to think you two were working together or something like that because Kanish was the one that gave us the most first downs uh, for the Rams as well, which is, like Johnny said, correlated with the third down. So, um, yeah, I, do li- I actually do enjoy the cheap shots at Kanish, though. I hope more come over the course of this show. But yeah, Dinky, we appreciate that. Um, anything else? How is it over in Vegas right now? Finally, we're going to hit 70 degrees today. I'm sure that you're know, very jealous of that. Oh, big time. Um, and everything is fine. I, I I think with the influx of a lot of states having uh, legal sports betting, that Vegas is not going to get what they used to get, but we'll see. 
We'll see. Yeah, and it's obviously tougher, uh, tougher the travel over the last two years, of course, for the last two Super Bowls. We'll still get the California people. We're going to have a mask mandate. I know it's going to get removed in a week or two, but I don't think it's going to get removed uh, before. So I think I think we'll be set for bet bash with no mask, but I don't think the Super Bowl will have no mask. Well, progress at least. Well, there you go. All right, Dinky, um, thank you very much for joining. You can find him at Twitter. Uh, I believe it's at Dink Inc. Dink Inc. Dink Inc. on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we'll have to have you on down the road for a, a full episode of Circles Off. Maybe we'll sh- I'll ship you a microphone over to uh, Vegas so we could get the better uh, audio quality connection that I've been laughing uh, about. I can get one if I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll ship you one. All right, Dink, thanks again for joining. Best of luck on that pick. Um, now that's too correlated on the, uh, on the conversions in favor of the Rams instead of the Bengals. So, you know, we're, we're well on our way to a perfect show here. Let's go. Come on. We're going to get it guys. Thanks Dinky. Enjoy the game. My pleasure. Thanks guys. We're now joined by Adam Chernoff. For those who listen to circles off regularly, would have heard him about a month ago on the program. Uh, one of our favorite interviews so far, he's a senior strategist for covers.com. 14 years of NFL bookmaking and betting experience. Adam, good to have you back on the program. You say everyone's interview was your favorite interview. I do. I like to butter up whoever the guest is. It is a a classic uh, media tactic, I would say. I learned many years ago. And uh, yeah, we we just, you're actually following Dink. Dinky was just on before you, um, which I called him a, a legend in the space. And, you know, I buttered him up as much as I could when he came up. He is a legend, but... You know, yes, you, you got, no you, question. You got to do what you can to make the guests feel at home, right? That's just it's part of it. Doing it well. So, Doing Adam, well. we wanted to ask you first and foremost, actually, before we get into your one pick that you're going to give out here today, is, uh, you know, are you betting a lot on, like, Super Bowl props? Are you going book to book and actually betting them? Is that something maybe of the past? You know, where do you get involved in the Super Bowl? I've piled up a decent amount so far. I've probably played about 15 to 20 in total. A lot of that was just picking off some like sharp stuff. There was like a lot around kickers this year has been really weird. And some of like the, the more obscure markets, there's just been crazy prices, but um, I'm waiting probably to add on like at least five to six unders that I've sort of been sitting on that'll come in Sunday. So it's actually, it's more than I expected to have this year, but still not nearly as much as some of the other guys in the space that'll have massive cards so uh, somewhere in between fair enough fair enough okay so i guess we'll get into it um you know give us your favorite prop for this super bowl um we'd love to hear it and anything's on the table so favorite props would be some overs relating to cam acres but i'll i'll keep it fun and i'll go acres mvp and i think the fair price there to give is 25 to 1 so what are you seeing there? I mean, we're going to have to line shop this after and put the best price, but uh, of the regulated market, you know, within, I guess you will call it Canada or United States as you're Canadian as well. Uh, what's the best available number? If you don't I, have it offhand, we'll put it back in after. I, I played it at 35 to one a couple of days ago. And just before I came on, I checked pinnacle, which was getting bet down and they're 25 to one. So there's, I, there's 30 to ones out there, but to keep it fair, we'll go 25. Okay. okay. So we'll, we'll put that in at the best available number we have, Adam. So you're saying you'd bet it at 25 to one, if you can find it at like, at, for I the, would. For the, yes. Okay, great. So this is an awesome one. Super Bowl MVP is a very contentious topic. A lot of times, you know, we have argued in this past on the podcast that 
only the quarterback can really win. But this may be a very unique year for a couple of instances, mainly on the Rams, where there could be a few people who could win it. So, Adam, we really would love to get your rationale on why Cam Akers is the guy and why 25 to 1 is good value for you. So, for me, just from a general perspective, I think Akers in general, along with this Rams run game, has been suppressed due to the opponents that they have faced. So if we go back to even before Christmas, the final two weeks of the regular season against top five run defenses, every game in the playoff against top five run defenses, and you have San Francisco in there twice. And so Akers came back final week of the regular season. And since he returned, we've seen McVay really increase the run rate that he has. He really likes leaning on one specific back and Akers has been that guy. And like, even against Tampa Bay, it was 24 runs for Akers against one of the best run defenses in the league against Arizona the week prior, it was 17 against San Francisco, even with the shoulder injury still got nearly 15 carries. So like the volume for Akers hasn't been an issue. It's just been the opponent. And now it's a big step back to face a Bengals team. that's 24th defending the run. And it's a game situation where I, I'm pretty confident the Rams are going to be leading for a decent chunk of the game. It would be the side that I would lean here. I didn't bet it, but if they're ahead, I think that's just going to encourage McVay to give the ball to Akers a little bit more. And so the the whole MVP market's a little bit weird. You mentioned QBs dominated and they're at the top, but like Von Miller is priced better than Akers. Aaron Donald is priced better than Akers. Like there's defensive guys up there. And for me, a starting running back, in a game where the team may be leading that we've seen with a willingness to have carries against really good defenses now faces a week one, you're probably going to need two touchdowns from acres for this to have a chance. But I think that's in play relative to some other guys that are priced up the board. So I'll go long shot here. So what kind of game do you think gets it done? Is it, you mentioned two touchdowns. Is it 150 and two? You think he gets it done with 102? I think it'll depend on what Stafford ultimately does. So if it's 102 for Akers as the stat line, and then Stafford's two TDs or less, and we don't see a big game from Cup that goes crazy, I think it probably ends up going to Akers. Um, and I think the only way that like Akers ultimately w- gets this is if Stafford doesn't have that. Like If he gets the touchdowns, you're probably not going to see multiple touchdown passes from Stafford just right. in this game kind of how it's trending. So I think a hundred and two would, would give acres a really good chance for those who are listening out there. This is a 25 to one. It's a long shot. That's an implied probability of 3.8%. So Adam is risking our seven and O run, which we've got from our first seven guests to go off the board here, but to get something with value and we do appreciate that. I'm always looking for value. We had this inner office debate this morning about Uh, I personally think the Rams are the side. I didn't play the Rams, but my numbers suggest that the Rams are the side, both on money line and spread as well. Um, I came in this morning saying Matt Stafford's probably, Matt Stafford MVP is probably the best bet I'm going to give personally on the show today. We're doing this at the end. I talked myself out of that. Cam Akers is one of the reasons why. Also Cooper Cup, one of the reasons why. But just going through the Rams schedule this year, Stafford's had a lot of actually very good games, but he's thrown two touchdown passes exactly two in a lot of games and about 50% of them in a lot of them they're tied specifically with one other player it's not like it was spread around altogether but in this type of instance I actually really like 
the value on a 25 to one shot for the exact reasons that you said. A lot of the defensive players for the Rams, in my opinion, are completely overvalued in this game because people are looking for long shots. They think that there's obviously a big mismatch with the, the Rams defensive line and the Bengals offensive line, but it's very difficult to win a defensive MVP without scoring a touchdown. Like a couple sacks from Aaron Donald is probably not getting it done relative to what the Rams would produce on offense. So I start looking at it, and it was more and more as I looked at it, actually Akers was the guy where I kind of settled on there being the most value here with the Rams. It just it feels long for a running back that's starting. That's, I think, what it comes down to. But it, it like it'll be interesting to see. Like If you get 102 from Akers, but Stafford goes for 275 and two of his own, might be a little bit difficult to overcome the – the, the narrative hype that we'll see around Stafford and the winning QB, like you mentioned, is always kind of in line to get it, but maybe he acres does it in a way that, that divides that. So I just, it seems like a long number. I'm so I want to give, I want to give my thoughts here uh, real quick. So first off on the pro side, supporting both of you guys here, I think uh, when the Rams get up, they have just run the ball and you saw like all the playoff games so far, like, it, it really lends itself to, like, if they get up, they're not really going to be throwing, similar to teams like Kansas City and Tampa Bay who have done that all season. So if they're going to make Akers the, the, the back, which Mich- Michelle's pretty much out of the running game at this point. He's not getting many rushes. Um, he's coming on on third down, pass protection, stuff like that. So if you consider that, Akers should be able to get a ton of usage if the Rams are up. Obviously, they need to win the game for him to win the MVP. If they're up and he's, get, he's getting a ton, gets touchdowns, there you go. I have two counterpoints, though, as to why I think Akers will not win the MVP and is not really a good candidate to win the MVP. However, with this being said, Adam Betts at 33-1. to 1. This doesn't, you know, I'm saying, yes, he's not likely to win. Obviously, he's not likely to win. As Rob mentioned, you know, you would need to win this bet. You know, it's a 3% probability. And if at that point, you're break-even. So realistically, this is by no means me saying not to bet this, but I will give a counterpoint as well, is first off, the running back position is very hard to win the MVP. Rationale behind that being you don't actually end up getting a ton of like stat padding. Like they will consider a 400 yard passing game significantly higher than they will consider like a 150 yard rushing game when you're looking at who's actually making it. We also look at the media votes versus the fan votes for this. And when we look at who's actually determining who wins the MVP, Cam Akers is a player who didn't touch the field for the Rams in the regular season. Whereas you have a guy like Matt Stafford who, whether you like it or not, has been around the league for a while. You know, he's more of a liked guy. He's known within the community, especially amongst these writers. And then you have a guy like Cooper Cup who put up such an amazing season. So coming in, those two guys have such an advantage where if there is a tiebreaker, I do think it goes to Cup or Stafford as opposed to Akers. And the last thing I'll mention is there was one game where the Patriots won the Super Bowl versus Atlanta. And Brady obviously won the MVP, and he was always going to win the MVP, no doubt about it. But if you look at the game that James White had in that Super Bowl, right. that was the most insane game a running back will ever have in a Super Bowl. He didn't even really start the game. He was a pass-catching back. He turned it up like crazy, ended up getting the winning touchdown, got the touchdown to tie it, was on the field, was making plays like crazy, and was just almost untackleable that game. And he didn't even really get a sniff for MVP. So that was obviously in a way where Brady came back and you're obviously giving it to Brady. But I just want to be like always conscious that the player name coming in has a big, a big deal and they start with a significant advantage. That's why Stafford and Joe Burrow are priced near the top. So with that being said, it all comes down to value and there could be value at 
this range. So I would say if you wanted to play it, just consider all those factors in that Akers will likely need to have a significantly better game than Stafford or Cup because those two guys likely do have the tiebreaker coming in from those like media votes. That's my only argument. What do you think, Adam? I I agree with all of that. And I would add on the fact that if in any scenario, the Bengals win, Akers probably isn't going to win it either. So that's like, oh, no, the, you're going yeah, yeah, you to you have to win it. Obviously right. you got to be on the winning yeah. team, but, but that's like. 30, 40, 35, 40% of the time you're going to get a Bengals win. So you mentioned off air. Sorry, Adam, I didn't want to cut you off. You mentioned off air that you did like also acres overs as well. And even at the beginning of the show. So we had somebody as well, Hitman, give that out. Uh, Cam Akers over on rushing yards. I know this is not your official pick, but we wanted to also get your opinion. Do you like this? It's something maybe people will be willing to double down if they hear two people like it. Yeah. And I know that he's in a similar spot where he's looking at the, the competition that acres has faced and how difficult it's been. And that's there. What I would also add in on top of that too, and why I'm kind of, I'm on the same page with acres overs the Bengals, as we saw against the chiefs, they dropped eight into coverage a ton in the second half, Yeah, but they've actually done that at the highest rate of any team over the course of the regular season. And so if that's the game plan that Amaruno leans on, a lot within this to defend the three wide receiver sets that the Rams have, then that's going to lead to just McVay taking the runs. I, Andy Reid kind of outsmarted himself and didn't. And so I think that can add on to a lot of yardage in a hurry, especially early if they go to that. And so with this total where it was in the low mid sixties, like he could get over that pretty quickly early if that's how the Bengals play like they have all season. So I would add on to that with, with that note too. Okay. And on this note with the usage and the way the defensive schemes, do you also like acres to get a touchdown? Yeah, I, for sure. Best available odds right there is plus 120. I feel like again, unofficial capacity here, but you'd be playing plus 120 for acres touchdown as well. Yep. Okay. So there we have it. Adam Chernoff. He's very high on cam acres as was uh, the hitman that you heard from earlier. So that might be something to get in on as Rufus mentioned, as I'm going to mention right now, if you are looking to bet an over right now for the Super Bowl, it's best to place it right now. So go shop around between all your sports books. Potentially, if you are looking for a, a book and you find a book that has better odds, what better time than to open it up right now? Open a new account because we're going to see essentially all these Super Bowl bonuses come in and maybe you get a bonus. It doubles your deposit and you can double down on Cam Akers just as we have on the show with Hitman and Adam Chernoff. So Adam, thank you very much. We appreciate the pick. Best of luck. You can find Adam on Twitter at Adam Chernoff. And of course, you can check out covers as well. Uh, we're, all, we're all hyped up. And, you know, we just obviously spoke to you last month, but uh, we're excited to see you in person in the next month. No, be down for the launch in April. So oh, sorry, enjoy two, the big game. Enjoy away, a yeah. few weeks of rest and we'll get at it. We'll see you soon. Perfect. Looking forward to hitting up, uh, hitting a couple balls on the range or maybe going for a round. Appreciate that, Adam. Thanks, Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam. We're now joined by Alex Moretto. He's the supervising editor for sports betting at The Score. Alex, good to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I want to talk to you just really quickly before we get into the prop bet about producing content around Super Bowl week. Because, frankly, a lot of the stuff you see out there is just very similar, right, from, from book to book. Uh, I, you know, I obviously used to work for the score. I have a special place for it in my heart. Uh, always have, always will. But one thing I particularly like about the content around betting from the score is that 
you guys tend to keep it unique and fresh. So how do you go about that? Like planning out a Super Bowl week? How do you make sure that you still have enough of what people are looking for? But also, you know, what kind of different perspectives do you take around Super Bowl week? Yeah, um, I think one of the big things that we try and do is we like we acknowledge that our the bulk of our audience is sort of inexperienced in betting, right? Um, and I think that's especially accelerated around the Super Bowl. A lot more people who don't usually bet are looking to bet around the Super Bowl. You know, we're not writing for the Johnnies and the Pizzolas of the world. Um, you know, so I think instructional stuff is very important. So we try and take that approach a little bit. Like we're, you know, keep in mind that we're not a tout service. Um, I think a lot of people in content fall into the sort of mindset that they just need to be churning out picks for people. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, that's, that is what they care about and that's what they're looking for. But I don't think, uh, I don't think that that's what the audience really needs. I think that does them a little bit of a disservice. So we want, you know, we want people to get a lot more from our content than just picks, I guess, like, Hey, here's, you know, instead of, Hey, here's what you should bet more. So like, here's how you should bet. So like, here's how to approach this market instead of just going up and giving our best bets for MVP and sort of providing a little reason why it's like, Hey, here's how you can use your game handicap and what you think is going to happen to sort of build your own portfolio and how to, you know, build your own MVP card. So we think stuff like that is kind of important. We want, um, you know, we want to try and give people the tools to go about finding value on their own and sort of building their own portfolios. Uh, I think so. We think that that sort of approach is um, important and, you know, just providing good info. And, you know, we, we do a lot of really good research um, instead of just, you know, we covering, you know, the generic props and stuff. We try and do deep dives into stuff like we did. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of blown up now with the, the kickoff, you know, no touchback on the opening kickoff right. has kind of become a big thing now, but, you know, we wrote about that last year before anyone was really on top of it. And we did a big deep dive on it earlier last week before it, Again, before it was, you know, being talked about a ton like it is this week. Um, and, you know, VEASAN saw it. They did an entire segment devoted to our article. So, like, stuff like that, sort of like the deep dives and the instructional stuff, I think it helps us kind of cover a wider range of topics, but also have people, you know, take a bit more from it than just here's what, you know, here's what you should bet. Because I don't think that's sustainable long term. At the end of the day, people are just going to lose money with stuff like that. Yeah, love to hear that. I think that's uh, very well said. And we, we definitely appreciate the fact that, you know, the rationale behind stuff and, you know, helping build your own. It, it also does, not only does it make it more like kosher, but it's also just a lot more fun when you like pick the thing yourself as opposed to just copying it from somebody else. So that mm -hmm. is also what we're trying to do on this show. We don't normally give out picks ever. We have never given out picks on this podcast. What we wanted to do today was have everyone stop by and give out one prop bet or one pick that they like. But not just give out the pick and the number, give out the rationale as to why this thing could win and, and how you kind of thought about it. So, Alex, with that being said, floor is yours. What's your, uh, your top prop bet or top bet for the Super Bowl? Yeah, so um, obviously I have a pretty big card, as I'm sure a lot of these people uh, do. But the one prop bet that I think is sort of my favorite right now, it kind of incorporates a few different angles that I like from this game, is um, Acres to lead the game in rushing uh, at plus 125 at Barstool Sportsbook. So I do have a lot of acres in this game. Like I've got some overs and some alt overs and some touchdown stuff. Um, but this is probably my favorite way to back him right now. His totals already crept up a little bit and it continues to creep up. So I think that we've lost a little bit of value there. Whereas his number and price in this market has not moved at all. Um, and, you know, so I, the other thing about this bet is not just it incorporates my like of acres in this matchup, but also my dislike of Mixon. So I like Mixon rushing unders here. Um, I do think it's worth waiting on that, you know, on playing those, because I think that we could see his number creep up as public money comes in, you know, towards the weekend. Um, but essentially like I'll get into the rest of the field here, but realistically this comes down to just acres versus Nixon. And I think, you know, you'll see acres at like minus minus one twenty in his head to head 
uh, with Mixon in, in that market. So we're getting plus 125 here. So I think there's a lot more value in, uh, you know, in this number. Um, and the reason, I mean, the reasoning behind, you know, why like acres, I'm sure, you know, enough people have touched on it by now, but obviously just, I think we have a suppressed total given his last two matchups. I think that they were, they were tough matchups here and he's coming into a much easier matchup where like the Bengals have been just gashed on the ground in this postseason by opposing running back. I think they're averaging like 5.7 yards a carry. And that includes guys like, you know, Donta Foreman and McKinnon Edwards Hilaire. I think that, you know, acres is, you could say he's, I mean, he's more talented than, than all of these guys. Um, the only guy who didn't get there was Henry and he was running into stack boxes. And I think, uh, you know, Tennessee doesn't provide that same sort of threat through the air. So they were able to kind of key in on him, whereas they're not going to be able to do that as much against acres. And, um, you know, the other aspect of this is sort of the bell cow workload. I think acres is going to get where, uh, McVay loves to, you know, use the same guys. Um, he loves to have the same personnel out on the field. And I think that's something that's, you know, always been the case with him. He likes himself a bell cow and he sort of has that tunnel vision when it comes to his weapons on offense. Um, I don't think he's going to necessarily divvy snaps up between two or three guys. He's got his personnel he wants out there. He likes to keep them out there. You know, we saw it with Akers in the playoffs last year. We've seen it this year with Michelle. We've seen it this year at times with Henderson. You know, he's going to go with his guy on a game to game basis. So, I think there's going to be, you know, a, a heavy workload for him. And also, you know, you incorporate what's likely to be a positive game script where, mm-hmm. you know, we're probably going to see them leading late or at least in a point where they're never going to have to abandon the run. So, um, you know, we know how conservative McVay can get with the lead too. So if you're looking at them in the fourth quarter with the lead, I think we're going to see a healthy dose from acres. I don't see him straying from that, especially with the Super Bowl on the line. I don't think, you know, he's suddenly going to, uh, to lose that conservative sort of approach. Um, and then, you know, conversely, you've got the Mixon side of things where I think everything that's kind of working for acres is working against Mixon here with the matchup and, you know, the positive game script and, you know, facing a Rams defense that's been really stout against the run in these playoffs. So it's just kind of a tough matchup. Um, I don't think Zach Taylor does him any favors with his play calling. They just haven't had success or sustained success, at least running the ball in these playoffs. And I think we're going to see them in a few more passing situations than we will the Rams. And then, you know, so you, you look at the external threats in this market, there really aren't any. Again, Michelle isn't explosive enough to scare you with limited touches. P. Ryan, as while he has looked good, he, they simply just refuse to give him carries. So I don't think he's a threat here at all. Outside of, you know, Jamar Chase taking an 80-yard end around um, to the house, I think that this is really Akers versus Mixon. And we're getting, you know, plus 125 on, uh, on Akers, whereas, you know, you're going to see minus 120 in that head-to-head market otherwise. So I just think it's a good price. Good matchup for him, bad matchup for Mixon. I just, I really like this one. So I, I like that as well. If you're just looking at the head-to-head matchup versus the um, the thing here, like the total bundle. So I just pulled up that mm-hmm. prop on Barstool as well. So you see Mixon at plus 25 and then Akers at plus 25 as well. I think what also goes under the radar is that Cam Akers has a much wider range of outcomes, which is good when you want to say uh, bet something to get the, the highest um, yards for the game or the most points in the game, things like that. When we're looking at that, Akers has... He's probably going. He's favored to get the most usage in the game, which obviously leads to the highest range of outcomes on the on the upside. And on top of that, with this defense that Cincinnati has right now, if um, if the Rams end up getting a lead right now, McVay will probably run Acres a lot into in the second mm-hmm. half. So I do think as a good shot of winning, personally, I would play Acres plus one twenty five in this prop versus Acres versus Mixon at minus one twenty. Agreed all day. Um, you know the things that could hurt you obviously are. Like if you're just comparing those two props, then you're going to say, oh, Acres could get hurt. Um, an Acres injury doesn't really harm you. 
in that event because you would have lost the bet versus Mixon anyways. Yep. The only real uh, things to look out for is, I guess, Mixon could go down early, and then you have P. Ryan come up, which would be an inverse there. And then you have the wide receiver end around, like you mentioned, Chase, Cooper Cup taking something. Van Jefferson has gotten a couple of rushes. So really... Good bet, good rationale for sure, and I definitely think this is one where if you like a certain prop, look for variations because in this Super Bowl, there's so many different things. Just as Alex is mentioning, like you can find value here, and if you like a certain prop, there might be another one that's basically the same as it but just gives you a better price. So great great analysis there. We really appreciate that. Yeah, no, for sure. I completely agree. It's it's so there it is yeah and then in terms of you know alex just for you you are now i guess the third or fourth i think we've so we had (laughs) we had a mix in under receiving yards which was rufus we had acres over 63 and a half rushing yards we've had acres mvp from adam chernoff 25 to 1 so yeah this is the third acres and and i think me and johnny were kind of high on acres at least i was coming in and we didn't really talk about it too much this morning but yeah so i'll i'll be honest here i'm probably going to be end up on acres unders uh just waiting for the number to get a little higher so at the opening price you know acres open in the range of 56 and a half rushing yards 58 and a half over there was money all day but uh it's probably going to close at some places around like 70 and a half and yeah. if he gets yeah. up that high yeah. it's tough for me to take uh an over at that price agreed keep in mind everything's just about probabilities so you know if you give me the six the 58 and a half i'll take the over if you're going to give me the 70 and a half then that price i'm going to take the under so realistically um, acres at that opening price is good, but Alex had even mentioned that he's saying like the the yardage totals for acres have climbed. He, Mixon has stayed flat at sixty three and a half. Mm-hmm. Acres moved from fifty six and a half all the way up to sixty three and a half, and this price here in this market hasn't moved. So yeah. really sharp sharp uh, analysis there. And I think uh, if you've got Barstool Sportsbook or any other sportsbook, you can shop around that might have this price or a better price, and you might be good to fire there. Appreciate your time, Alex. Thanks for yeah, joining. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. We're now joined by another Circles Off alum. Episode number 30 was Colin Davey. We welcome him back in. He's the founder of BetScope, which you can check out at betscope.io. Former Jeopardy champion, if everyone's anyone's trying to piece together who specifically it was. But it's great to have you back on here, Colin. First of all, I resent former Jeopardy champion. Once you're a champion, oh, you're true. a permanent champion. So that status doesn't really ever go away. That, uh, that's very a very protective of that title. That's a great point. I never thought about it like that. Jeopardy champion. That's it. You know, it's not former Jeopardy. Also going to just yeah, let, uh-huh. let you guys know that on the last episode, I don't know if this was on air or maybe right after we ended up, but uh, Colin's product was called, he's like, you can find it at betscoper.com. And I was like, why don't you just make it betscope.com? He's like, it's taken. I'm like, make it betscope.io. And then sure enough, here we are. Betscope.io is where you can find his product. I'm taking credit. I gave him the name. You're admitting that to me, Colin? Oh, 100%. Being shamed by the Betstamp guys into a proper and better sounding URL, frankly, is one of the best decisions I ever made. So 1,000% credit to you. Glad guys. to hear it. So how's it going so far? Uh, it's been good. It's been a, it, it's some interesting reactions across the board. I feel like the overwhelming reaction I've gotten once people have gotten a chance to try out the product is it is confusing at first to see because it truly is a different format and a different way of consuming odds data and doing things with those odds data like anyone else has ever seen. So I'm the first to admit that there's a learning curve to the product that I've put out, but the overwhelming reaction has been once you're over that learning curve, then it's incredibly useful. Just the idea that 
you can change one thing or one bet that you like, it'll discover all the other correlated outcomes to that bet and hammer every single market and every single sports book to figure out how to attack your beliefs at the weakest point in the market is pretty powerful once people get a hang of it. I will say that I personally, I mean, I'm a more seasoned sports better, so I understand that there are people more recreational, casual that might not understand the concepts. But I, I watched the tutorial video on the homepage, which you filmed yourself, uh, and I, I thought it was very clear, at least, what the concept was. So uh, I guess maybe nowadays the attention spans of people are not the uh, the longest, so to speak, or maybe when people visit a site, they don't immediately go to the video, try to understand the product right away, and try to jump in and learn themselves. So I can understand how that might be overwhelming to some. But uh, for those who do visit the site, I would recommend you just check out the video on the homepage, and it's very uh, self-explanatory. But uh, uh, we're happy, you know, that you're obviously live now. How has sort of the product evolved since the last time that we talked? Um, there's been a, a decent amount of user feedback. I think, like I said, the biggest thing is more educational content on how to get people over the learning curve. Yeah. Uh, there have been some additional videos. There have been some additional appearances in the media and uh, other in other podcasts and other places to kind of explain it. Um, but mostly it's just making the concepts a little bit more clearer and bringing that lowering the learning curve front and center to the product. Um, I mean, we obviously have plans to expand coverage of additional markets, of additional sports books. Uh, we'll definitely be covering baseball when it starts. And I guess I should say, if it starts at this point, I never know how the union negotiations are going these days. Um, but most of it is just kind of like around the educational component. Um, for those interested, our Discord has our users asking some great fundamental questions on what does this mean? What does that mean? And kind of reflects the fact that they are pricking, are picking up how this product is intended to be using, uh, intended to be used. So go ahead and join our Discord as well if you want some really good questions asked about the product that'll help you learn it. Good stuff there. Glad to hear uh, the launch has gone smoothly. And um, for those who are listening, you can find that at vetscope.io, which is again, a name that I, uh, a URL that I came up with and Colin purchased. Um, 100%. So, so we're going to get into it right now, Colin, uh, you know, we're short on time, but we wanted your best Super Bowl pick. You obviously, you know, you do a lot of the stuff with the props, like let's hear, we want the best value pick. Let's go. So my favorite Super Bowl prop this year is T. Higgins more receiving yards than Odell Beckham Jr. minus 125 at DraftKings. I like this in particular because it's actually related to a lot of concepts we employ at Betscope. And I've used kind of some of our proto in development NFL stuff that we're going to be launching during NFL season to evaluate this prop. So the difference between player matchups and player props is you don't get player matchups very often during the regular season. Uh, normally when you, you know, like someone's yardage or it's, it's just a simple over under prop or are they going to score more or less, like more yards or less yards than the number In player matchups. It's kind of the same thing because both players have a projected total, but when you're betting player matchups, there's an element there of correlation that adds a different level of analysis. So you can kind of scan them like all the different available prop matchups and incorporate what do I think the correlations are between these outcomes to evaluate whether or not it's a good price. And I'll give an example with our favorite topic, fantasy football, just because everyone's familiar with it. So let's say I have a lineup and I'm facing my opponent this week, you know, and I'm projected to be a favorite. Like, you know, I'm projected with ESPN's point estimates to be like 97 points they're projected to be 90 and 
their best player is Amari Cooper. And I have a sit-start decision between something like Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow. All else being equal, I will choose to roster Dak Prescott in that scenario because if I am favored over that person, the only way that they can leapfrog me in points is, you know, like one likely scenario is if Amari Cooper goes off and just outscores like everyone else right. there. In a world in which that happens, Dak Prescott will also be going over his point total. And so when you are favored to score more in fantasy football, you want correlated outcomes to your opponents because it takes away an avenue for them to surpass you. Right. And so being able to price in those correlations in whatever your format is for whether it's fantasy, whether it's betting, whether it's anything you want, pricing in those correlations can give you that next level analysis. Um, and so in the case of T Higgins versus Odell Beckham Jr., it's not just who's projected to have more or less points. It's what are their correlated outcomes? And there are different ways to analysis those correlations, but we've, you know, what we have under the hood of Betscope says that in a world in which Odell Beckham exceeds that total, T. Higgins is also likely to exceed his total as well. Right. And so depending on how tight you think those correlations are, that's just, it takes away another avenue or another out, range of outcomes where Odell Beckham is able to exceed T. Higgins. And so the tighter you believe that correlation is, the more likely it is you believe that you believe T Higgins is projected above Beckham. He's even more likely to exceed Beckham, not just exceed his number. And so I think the price of DraftKings is just a little bit too low for Higgins to exceed Beckham. And so that's why I like firing on this prop. Well, a lot of technical analysis there. That, you know, that was under the hood, one of the like... best explanations we've gotten today though, because it's a, it's a clear concept that was clearly explained I love the fact that it's touching on players we haven't touched on yet today, which is D T Higgins and Odell Beckham. But um, the more I thought about it, like in in let's leave in like in layman's terms, let's say the if Odell Beckham was to score a lot early on in the game, and this is a lot of what Colin is referring to here, it's going to lead to increased productivity for T Higgins later on because they're trailing and the point spread for the first half, the first quarter, everything lends itself to the Rams are more likely to be leading over the course of the game here. So if Odell Beckham does put up big numbers early on, that lends itself to T. Higgins putting up bigger numbers later on as well. So I love the explanation, Colin. Like, I, I really do. And I, I think it's a concept that uh, the, the way that you described it, a lot of people could learn a lot from, from the way that you described it. I mean, I don't need any introduction to how the power of correlations and how to use them in your betting process in general. And like I said before, this is why I like the Super Bowl in particular, because you never get to like execute on your knowledge of correlations outside of stuff like same game parlays, which is just so juiced to death that there's no real avenue to attack those. This is an area where you're not just betting on a player over under on a number, you're betting on a player against another player. And the more you can understand how those outcomes are correlated, the more that you're able to find better opportunities. Yep. We see that for sure. Okay. Colin, thank you very much for joining. So his official pick T Higgins, more receiving yards than Odell Beckham. Minus 125, best available price in the market, can be found at DraftKings. Thanks so much, Colin, for joining. Um, you know, Check out betscope.io if you've got a chance and if you want to. And uh, Colin, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Colin. We're now joined by another Circles Off alum, episode 12, if you want to check out the episode where we had Bet Like Harut, Harut Masoyan on. 
I hope I did not butcher, butcher the last name, Harud. I think I did okay there. Uh, professional sports better. We welcome back uh, Harut on Circles Off. How's it going, guys? Good to talk to you guys again. It's, it's okay. Johnny talks a lot of trash about you at the office. Part of the reason why is we now have, this came up on the last Circles Off episode. We now have a, a Jatoni table or a foosball table, however people want to say it in the office. And Johnny's the king. But if you do remember. We, oh, I didn't even say any. I didn't did talk play, any shit. We did play in New Jersey uh, doubles matches with Johnny partnered with Harut against myself and Julian, the other co-founder of Betstamp. Uh, and myself and Julian were consistently winning those matches. And then we moved to the table shuffleboard, shuffleboard as oh well, my God. We where myself again. and John and Julian continued to win. So Johnny's basically been going around the office saying that you dragged him down, Harut. I mean, we lost a lot of money, man. I don't <laughs> he's he's lying. I haven't talked any shit. I got your back, Harut. But we did. We do need a rematch in shuffleboard. It's been. Uh, it's it's not right. What happened? It wasn't a regulation table. We gotta we gotta come up with some narrative there. Also, if we rem- we recall. Some someone's dog was running around the hotel and he like kept humping you. Yeah, but, what about that? That was. I think that was planned. I think that was some <laughs> kind of prop set up by Rob. I believe it. Okay, so Harry, we wanted to ask you a couple questions. Number one, we know you're obviously one of the best in the game, uh, pro better here, and uh, we we hear a lot of times uh, on this program and as well as in the media, people saying that they might have certain thresholds for different props that they would be w- not willing to hit. So we know. Betting is a game of odds, probabilities, and things like that. For the Super Bowl, oftentimes you will have certain props in certain alternative markets that might be minus 2,000, minus 2,500, minus 1,000. Is that something that you still find value in? What are the drawbacks of you know hitting those prices? I mean, when we first started betting, we were probably passing up on a lot of that kind of stuff that you know tied up a lot of money just because we were more undercapitalized. But I think as we've progressed and the years have passed, I think we're just you know, it's still a game of trying to be as efficient and optimal with the money as possible. Um, Sometimes, you know, with a market as big as like the Super Bowl with a bunch of props to choose from, like it can be overwhelming at times. And like, you obviously want to make the best decisions possible, use your money on, on the best stuff. And, you know, even though there are certain things that we might pass up on, I I have no problems with, with putting money or laying something that, has high odds because you know at the end of the day edge is edge and if we if we're not going to if we're going to pass up on those spots and not use up all of our capital then i think that you know it's worse than when them playing that and and leaving money behind spoken like a true pro so to summarize you're okay playing basically anything as long as it's an edge however times like this with the super bowl you know you want to make sure you get all your capital in play and if something like that ties up a ton of capital it sometimes may not be worth it. So uh, we agree 100%. That's typically the way it's done um, in the game. So I know, Rob, uh, I guess get into it. We're going to ask, ask a good bet. Yeah, we're going to go for a suit. I know, Harut, most of the markets you bet are major markets and things of that nature. You know, we're asking you to do like a one-off prop here. Maybe not in your wheelhouse per se, but regardless, we got to put pressure on our guests to give out a, a big bang, big bomb banger winner big bomb bangers and we need one from you harut for the super bowl so what do you got uh what are you playing for the super bowl is your best bet yeah i mean for sure i mean we you know even though we don't really specialize in pops ourselves like we're still working with guys who i I believe and trust in and one of the better ones that we have on our radar at the moment is um 
the under four and a half tackles and assists for Aaron Donald. Um, we think he's a true interior D lineman and he thrives when, you know, the opposition is emphasizing on the run game. And I think, you know, despite what most people think, the Bengals are, are not really a run team. Um, you know, they've been in the bottom half this season in rush attempts, even in, you know, even in games where they've had leads. So, I mean, in a game here where like the Bengals will most likely play from behind, I think, you know, they'll, they'll be relying more on the, on the passing game for more upside. And um, a guy like Mixon shouldn't see as many rush attempts because of it. So uh, we're just kind of looking at the entire market. You know, Drew and I are primarily market guys. So when we see, you know, Mixon's, you know, total carries sitting, you know, typically less than what it usually is. I mean, that kind of information kind of helps us, you know, look at these angles and confirm our logic. Um, So, you know, I think Donald's going to have to rely on some more sacks this game to kind of give him uh, a chance to meet that number. Um, I know, you know, one of the better places that have that have the best number is bet rivers right now. They're, they're hanging even money. Um, but I'm sure you guys can find some other spots with similar prices. I think we're going to play up to minus minus one ten there. So, I mean, just shop for the best price possible and uh, get the best of the number when you can. Yeah. I like that play a lot. I think you, uh, mentioned a lot of good points there so like we we were talking earlier in the show how Cincinnati does they're not really the biggest run team right despite the fact that Mixon gets a lot of carries in general the fantasy players will know that they really don't have like a number two back Samaj Pirine he only gets receptions and he gets very few carries uh with Mixon in the game so all in Cincinnati's actually a pass first team if they're down it's tough for them to be running the ball. And uh, in all likelihood, I, I like that bet. I think, uh, you know, guys like Donald, typically, like, they do get inflated in the Super Bowl as well. Agreed. Because tackles and assists is not something that's offered universally in the in the regular season. So then you take, like, essentially the quote-unquote best defensive player in the league or, you know, at least in most people's mind and assign a number, it's likely going to be inflated as well. It's the household name, right? And we know that a, lo- a lot of public money will drive these props in Super Bowls. We've heard it. We've heard this mentioned by you know at least three people so far that we've had on, where if you like the over, bet it early. If you like the under, bet it late. And a large reason for that is naturally everyone wants to bet the overs on these things. And I think uh, I-, I like this play quite a bit. I like the under here, and I think... It's, it's just a little bit inflated because Aaron Donald is that household name where if every, anybody's going to bet this prop, they're going to find the household name, they're going to bet the over. So I think that inherently creates value in the under. Yeah, and typically part of our strategy, kind of like just what, what Rob just mentioned, you know, guys like us who are constantly betting high volume daily, like we're not really looking to get onto too many things this early. We're typically going to wait until, you know, Sunday, a few hours before kickoff and probably play a bunch of unders then because, you know, the inefficient markets open where you can hit some overs and stuff when, you know, it's early and the lines are just out. But typically we find ourselves betting a lot of under stuff uh, closer to the start of kickoff. So, Perfect. That's Harut Masoyan. How was that? Nine out of 10 pronunciation? Perfect. It was, uh, per- it was better than when we first started the call. So. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I got the instruction from Johnny before we first started the call. So, of course, he gave me the wrong pronunciation. You can follow him on Twitter at BetLikeHarut. Guys, yeah. throw me under the bus. Of course. Well, we got to go for another game of shuffleboard. <laughs> and um, I've been practicing, so it's, it's, it's done. It's over.
the champs yeah, are I'm here. I'm setting it up for Bet Pass too. I'm gonna get a table at my house or find somewhere. We gotta go make this money back, John. The champs are here. We're chasing our losses, doubling down. No, just just kidding. Um, <laughs> anyways, Haru, thanks for joining. We appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck with the Super Bowl with props as well as the straight wagers. One more thing, I have to ask: Have uh, did you get in on an early side for the game? Are you riding anything right now that's already been locked in? Oh uh, yeah, we have Rams minus three and a half. We just bet it at open now. We're just gonna hold that for now. Rams three and a half at open. That number obviously is no longer available. So uh, you know, it pays to be early in some cases, and obviously Harut always getting the best of the number. We appreciate you joining, my man. Talk soon, and uh, you know, have a good Super Bowl. All right, likewise, guys. Thanks for having me. See ya. We now welcome in Doctor Ed Fang, founder of the Power Rank. Great website. I read a great article on it this week, which I want to talk to Ed about specifically. Ed, we welcome you in here on Circles Off. How are things? Things are good. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. No problem at all. So uh, the article I'm referring to, which I thought was great and something that I'd like you to just go into a little bit more detail on, uh, had to do with the distribution of player props, where uh, I think a lot of people are going to go to the Super Bowl. They're going to look up a player prop. They're going to say, oh, so-and-so's yardage total is this. They're going to go to some sort of projection website and say, oh, this is 10 yards off or five yards off. This is a great bet on the over or the under. Can you explain to the average person why that's not necessarily the case? Yeah, so Rob, I did that exact thing, uh, actually betting a Kittle yardage over in uh, the NFC Championship game, which uh, did not win. And and I, I started to understand what was going on last week. I talked to Colin Davey. And he has this Betsco product that that he's been working on. And he was telling me about some of the NBA props and how important it is to look at the underlying distribution for something like player assists. And he was saying, you know, uh, the market value is not necessarily the same as the projection value, right? And you're essentially saying, you know, the mean and the median are different, right? So let's let's just talk. We're gonna. I, I want to put this in terms of something that we can talk about. Like, let's talk about a yardage prop for the Super Bowl. Um, if the market value is essentially like a median, right? If you think the price is about the same for over and under, basically half the outcomes are above that, half the outcomes are below that. That's the definition of a median. Right. But what you're getting with these projections is you're getting a mean projection, mm-hmm. right? And mean and median aren't necessarily the same. And in fact, they're going to be wildly, they can be wildly different in football. And this reminded me of a study that I did about 100-yard rushers a couple years ago. And I was trying to figure out why running backs get to 100 yards. And what I found out was that 40% of the yards for 100-yard rushers come from the top two carries. So it's not that 100-yard rushers are getting more carries at the end of the game and they're just piling on those yards at the end of the game. That was actually my hypothesis. 100-yard rushers get there because they break explosive plays. Right. And um, this just showed just how much, you know, those explosive plays can really uh, affect that mean. And if you go to like a projection site, you're going to see that the mean is almost always going to be bigger than what the market value is. And you really need a tool like the unabated prop calculator to say, okay, this is my projection for total yards. This is the number of carries. And then a tool like that's going to back out what the fair price is for any market value. And, And that's what I've been using this week. That's really well said, because I think that actually is a case for, I can't think of 
this is a, a very personal story, but this is pretty much exactly all my friends betting overs on a weekly basis because they go to Fantasy Pros, crowdsource projections. They see a number that is higher than what the prop total is um, when it's not necessarily the case. So I think that's a really good explanation, Ed, and I'm glad you could provide some value to those who are listening or watching out there. This is a Super Bowl prop special for the most part. We've had, I think, more than... We had like double-digit people on so far already. I've lost count at this point. Lots of different props. We're going all over the place. Wanted to hit you up and see what you're finding value on in the Super Bowl. What's your best bet in terms of Super Bowl props? I'm going to look towards interceptions, and I'm going to look at Joe, Joe Burrow's interceptions. And usually when you think about interceptions, you think, oh, let me look at the guy's interception rate. And, um, you know, you can go look, and Matthew Stafford's had a 2.8% interception rate this year and you say oh man and the guy's a wild gunslinger he's thrown four picks over the course of the season and you look at Joe Burrow and he hasn't been great but he's been slightly less than the Matthew Stafford I think 2.7% interception rate however what I've found is that interception rate isn't predictive so interception rate for a quarterback in the past isn't going to be a good predictor for what happens in the future and you can tell this by just looking at year-to-year quantities for a quarterback a couple of years ago, I did some work in the offseason and l- looked at how to better predict interceptions. And what I found was important was to look at not just picks, but all the times that a quarterback puts the ball in a bad situation, uh, a dangerous situation. So picks are obviously included in this, um, but you also have what's classified as passes defended. Mm-hmm. So anytime that a defender gets his hand on the ball, um, and that could be a defensive back, that could also be a defensive lineman that tips it at the line of scrimmage. And this also includes times in which uh, a defender jars the ball loose as it's coming in to a receiver. And it essentially captures um, what happens when, um, when a quarterback puts the ball in a dangerous situation. And so I went back into the NFL play-by-play and I looked at what I call bad balls, which are simply the sum of interceptions and passes defended. And when you look at bad ball rate, that's about as predictive as any quarterback stat gets. It's, it's about the same uh, correlation as when you look at completion percentage. So you can look at bad balls and that's what I'm using to project out uh, what's going to happen for Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow and um, Joe Burrow actually. Uh, so the NFL average of the last couple of years has been about 11% bad ball rate. Joe Burrow was close to 14% this year. Um, you can kind of tell that because his interception rate was a little bit higher. He had, uh, I think, the one game where he threw a bunch of picks. They looked particularly bad. Um, so, so what I did, I, I spent all that time, Rob, telling you about underlying distributions, and then now I'm just going to assume things are plus on. But <laughs> that's the way it goes. I think there's actually a good mathematical justification for it because interception rate is pretty small. Yeah, agreed. As as a rare events, um, but you can take Burrow's, you know, projected 36, 37 pass attempts um get a better interception rate and i'm actually projecting that it's about 60 percent that'll throw a pick so so right now you know all these pick props are uh at a half so you're essentially betting over under whether whether the quarterback's going to throw a pick yeah just a yes um, no. yeah so bet mgm had uh minus 130 to go over uh one half uh i really like that value um you know, if you just raw applied the model, the 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 fact that he threw a pick, uh, the the probability that he threw a pick would have been greater than sixty. But I think there's a little bit of noise just because he's a second year player. I think when we look three years from now, I don't think his bad ball rate is going to be as bad as what we've seen this season. 
as he progresses. I think there's some noise there. So um, also from Matthew Stafford, about 50-50 that he throws a pick when I did this analysis. Uh, his, his bad ball numbers are better than NFL average, which is certainly not what you would expect from the narrative. I didn't see a ton of value there, um, but I mean, there could be a good price out there. Uh, for him to go under a half interception. Um, there's a lot of juice on this one, so it's kind of tough. Yep. Uh, so just shop around, uh, but about 50% for Stafford. I like the Burrow one quite a bit. I think part of why you might see that, or this is just a hypothesis, but the quality of his offensive line being so poor this year as well, tend to have to force more more balls in a quicker amount of time. So that might lend itself to a higher bad ball rate. Uh, I will say for those listening out there, that ba- bad ball rate article was a, a life changer for me. You predicted awesome. that Carson Wentz, who was coming off a very elite year with the Eagles, would come down to earth because of that specific metric. Changed the game for me completely. You were totally right about it that year as well. And I've incorporated a lot of stuff from that article into my process in terms of handicapping the NFL. So I'd encourage anyone to check that out and check out the power rank as well. It's been a pleasure, Ed. Uh, good luck with the Burrow prop and good luck with your Super Bowl bets. Thanks, guys. Good luck to you as well. Appreciate that, Ed. And before you go, I just will give a quick recap. So uh, your pick officially is Joe Burrow to go over or sort to throw an interception. Best available price total market's actually available at Caesars US, minus 25, and as Ed mentioned, minus 30 at MGM. So you should be able to get a price around there. Controversially, if you want to go with the under on Matt Stafford, there is actually a couple places right now hanging. Best available on the regulated market would be at FanDuel where you can get Matt Stafford to not throw an interception at plus 128. So Mm -hmm. if Ed is saying it's roughly 50-50, then that would be an edge as well. But officially, we've got Ed Fang's pick in as Joey Burrow over one half interception. Thank you so much, Ed. We appreciate you stopping by and let's cash this one. Sounds good, Jake. The star-studded cast continues here on Circles Off this week with a very familiar face and voice for those who are listening. Drew Dinsick. The Whale Capper, you might know him from NBC Sports as a betting analyst, or you might know him as the co-host of the Deep Dive podcast as well, and he is on Super Bowl Media Row right now. Drew, what's going on? Nothing bad, man. This is uh, kind of, I, I won't say like bucket list type of deal, but getting to participate in the, an event of this like magnitude is very, very cool. And uh, to have a little skin in the game with the Rams on top of it is, is just absolute, uh, as, as much fun as I could be having at this point in life, I think. Now it's in your backyard, basically, right? How, how far are you from the, the event? 30 minute Uber. Um, and actually, I'm, I am. I got a place. I'm staying downtown so that it's uh, it's an easy walk uh, to and from the uh, the, um, the media, the co- concentration of all of the people who are in town. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's a weird. There's a million people in downtown LA. Obviously, there's a Laker game. So, crying out loud, there's going to be just a flood of human beings in downtown LA. But uh, it's still a super small world. Like all the people that I was hoping to kind of connect with, I've already had you know gotten to have drinks with and, and spend some time talking to. So. Uh, very cool how the NFL community kind of comes together like this for uh, the week leading up to the big event. He says one one second. He says it's an easy walk, but it's more so, so he can have those late night Negronis at the, at the bar and be able to get home really quickly. I know drew well enough that it's not, it's not the easy walk that's doing it for him. Uh, Well, for sure. I can, I can say, I can say for, yeah, we, we've, we've, we've been out together once as well. And uh, I think, you know, Definitely grabbed a bunch of drinks. Not, I don't know about Negronis, but I was uh, had a bunch as well. Oh, it was Negroni season that night. I remember very clearly. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, now that you've 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 inceptioned me, so I'm definitely going in Negroni tonight. After that, but uh, on top of that, uh, I will. I promise I will be in rare form tomorrow morning when we do the Matchbook Show. It's going to be. Uh, uh, it's it's because you know I, it, we're 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 going to Lakers Bucks tonight. Um, we'll probably get you know we'll probably do some fun stuff after. I'm, sh- I'm sure. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting. Uh, show tomorrow, Rob. So, quick, quick follow up <laughs> on the Lakers Bucks. Are you uh, are you planning to lose money on the Lakers, or are you going to bet on the Bucks? I bet on the Bucks, but I gotta t- I gotta warn you if you have any action on the Bucks, I have like the worst Lakers karma on earth. Um, <laughs> I almost feel like I guaranteed the Lakers are going to win by betting the Bucks. <laughs> okay, fair so, enough. Apologies in advance. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it then today. Right now, Drew, uh, we've got a bunch of guests on giving out Super Bowl picks. They're giving out their best prop bet for the Super Bowl. We know you do a lot of this stuff. Let's hear what's your best bet for the big game. Uh, it, it's, this is not even close in terms of what I see the highest EV in. And uh, curious if you guys have kind of aligned thought on this. But um, surely... It is the Bengals to make the longest field goal in the game. Um, you know, at one point, some of the offshores had this pop at like almost even odds, uh, which is absolutely insane to me. I think this should be Bengals to the tune of like minus 200 or so. Um, and the angle is not even really that complicated. Like gay is hurt. Uh, if you heard the very opening words from Al Michaels at the uh, divisional round, gay got hurt in the warmups, you know, pre pregame for the um, Rams Bucks game. Uh, they trotted him out anyway to attempt a 47-yarder to put that game on ice, and he w- came up woefully short. Um, and then, sure enough, uh, you know, McVay went for another 50-plus yarder in the NFC Championship game. And, like, w- the people that were, like, Rams fans around us in the stadium, there was, like, audible laughter about how, like, bad of an attempted field goal it was. Um, so the likelihood that, you know, Gay comes out and hits – 47 50 ish yard field goal i think is very very low i don't even know if mcveigh attempts one honestly considering how um bad the last handful have been um on top of that you know gase had some very questionable kickoffs he's had some uh you know close calls with the extra points um and evan mcpherson is an absolute you know dynamo the guy is absolutely he's, he's as automatic of a kicker in these type of moments as i can remember going back to uh, you know, the likes of Justin Tucker and Adam Vinatieri. Um, I know he's a rookie and, you know, maybe the moment's big for him in this game and he doesn't quite convert on some of the super long attempts that they're going to try. But um, I like uh, I like McPherson a ton uh, to be a factor in this game in terms of, um, you know, getting on the scoreboard. And then, uh, you know, the, the, the setup for how, you know, like we've seen the Bengals move the ball so effectively 20 to 20 yard line and then, you know, Zach Taylor gets conservative, runs on first and second down in the red zone. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow takes a huge sack on third down. And then I think that sets up for, uh, you know, some some opportunity for McPherson to be utilized. So um, I'm at like minus 200 on that prop. And uh, I think I bet it everywhere from about plus 100 to about minus 125. Okay, so we'll take a we'll take a peek around after, and we'll add in a price here in the best available line for you guys. But you hear it from Whale; he's willing to bet this. You know, so so you said you you've got it at minus two hundred. What's the max price you would take on this right now? Uh, probably minus one thirty five is where I'd stop. Um, okay, fair. Enough. I have enough exposure that I, I stopped betting it at minus one twenty five at one place that I could get a decent liquidity down on it. 
Um, but, uh, you know, I, like I said, I think realistically, like the likelihood that the Bengals convert the longest field goal in this game, I think is in the minus 200 range. Fair enough. I mean, I can't argue with any of the rationale there. The only thing I guess I, that could be a counterpoint is that Gay has the, the two weeks to heal up and rest up. But outside of that, you know, he during the season hasn't he's, he's not really a, a big leg kind of guy who is going to attempt 56, 57 yarders. Um, I think the over-under for the longest field goal in the game is around 46.5, 47.5 anyways. Um, and that partially is because Matt Gay is injured and probably wouldn't be attempting many 51, 52-yarders. So I think you're spot on there. I definitely like McPherson to get the longest field goal in the game. I guess the only thing that stops it is if the Rams are that damn good and McPherson doesn't even get a chance to attempt because they're down so much and he's got to, and he's got to throw Joey B's got to throw. So Rob, what do you think? I I like it too. Um, I think just to add on top of that with the conditions being really good in in terms of playing indoors on, on turf, I think you're much more likely to see the Bengals attempt a long field goal with McPherson because they have so much trust in the guy. I mean, he's just like, he's guaranteeing they're going to win games before he even goes on and kicks the field goal to win the game, right? Um, so I, I, I can't argue against that. I, I think, I mean, I didn't even know that this was in this price range because I'm, I'm not personally a huge props guy myself, but I'm almost certainly going to bet this immediately after we, we let you go, Drew. <laughs> All right. Well, we have McPherson guys. Let's go. We appreciate that pick. I think, uh, I mean, I I'm ready to grade that one as a winner right now. Let's go. Let's just, let's just I mean, churn, churn off ruined our, uh, we, we basically have like, this is perfect props right now. As far as I'm concerned, we have so many winners so far we've had on, I mean, at least a dozen people, but churn off comes on and gives us cam Akers MVP 25 to one. Oh no. Ruins the what? winning streak from everyone. What is this? Was is this a contrarian thing? Because running backs haven't won it since like Terrell. Terrell was it Terrell Davis last year? Terrell Davis. Yeah. He, I, listen, he he actually made a very compelling case to the point where I I convinced myself it was actually a good bet. I actually do believe. Oh, it. okay. Well, relative okay. relative to the prices of some other guys, like you're talking about defensive players who are being priced as more likely to win the MVP than a starting running back for one of the teams. That's a really good point. And uh, as far as I can tell you, of the people who I know who, who manage risk in these markets, they are taking lots and lots and lots of money on Aaron Donald, and they are not worried one iota about the price on that. Yeah. So I think that's almost sure. certainly a minus EV play. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the, the, the path to another Ram besides Stafford is probably one of the more compelling. This is one of the more compelling MVP markets in our lifetime because Stafford has every realistic hope of winning this game, but having enough turnovers that the voters are just like, no. Right. Right. Like, like, so it's kind of the perfect storm. And you know, that, that, you know, if that opens up the door for acres, so be it. It opens up the door for cup. You know, in my opinion, and cup is probably, you know, cause you, especially cause the voters have like already been thinking about, should I vote for cup MVP of the league or offensive play of the year? Like they're already kind of attuned to, we want to, you know, give this guy an award. Um, so, you know, I think realistically, most of the, um, you know, most of the daylight there for, uh, a ram, a, a non-Stafford Ram is, is with Cup, but, uh, uh, obviously there's correlation problems. So, you know, yeah. Acres isn't crazy. I'm with, I'm with Drew here. I like Cup more than Acres for sure. Uh, just cause like it's so tough for a running back to win, but it's all about the price. Like, you know what I mean? If you, it's all about the price, it's probability. 
you know, 25, 35 to one for acres, you really, you really only need like one and that to happen, uh, kind of like one in 50 around there. Right. So it's a, it happens. Definitely happens. Yep. All right, Drew, we're going to let you get back to media row. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Hopefully, you know, you're in, you're in a state to <laughs> be able to do the show. Hopefully you'll see me tomorrow morning. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. I mean, if not, the show goes on, I guess with me and Suma, but, uh, all the best man. Enjoy the time. So, at the so for those listening on audio only, if you actually see a little bit, hear a little bit of background noise, sorry, Drew is literally oh, quite, yeah. quite literally at media row. There's cameras right in the back. There's a bunch of lights and stuff like that. And he's, he's in the weeds right now. So check it out on the YouTube if you want, but Drew, we'll let you get back to it. Thank you so much. Best of luck with the Super Bowl this year. Hey, enjoy it, guys. Keep up the great work. Very much looking forward to our next guest's opinion on some of these props. You know him on Twitter, at Spreadopedia. He's a professional sports better and an analyst for VSIN. Jason Weingarten, welcome to Circles Off. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. No problem. I, before we get into your props, which we will get into, and I mentioned props because we talked a little bit off air beforehand, and I, I want to do multiple props with you because I love some of these that you're going to throw out there. But I just want to go through your process in betting props because a lot of people go to this, you know, they're betting Super Bowl props. They're overwhelmed by the amount of uh, different props that are available to them. I know you specifically go through tons of different markets and you always find some uh, off the radar type stuff at individual sports books. So what is your specific process? Do you go sports book by sports book? Do you attack certain markets first? How do you go about betting the Super Bowl? Typically I go sports book by sports book and just go, go through the lists and click through everything and, and, you know, make note of what I like. And if I see a number that stands out, I'll cross-reference it with the numbers that pop up at the next book. Uh, but, but I, I usually start, I start with MVP just, just kind of to see what the, the market looks like. Uh, I, I like the MVP the most. Um, but then I go book by book just to, to see where everyone's sort of at. Okay. Love to hear it. I think a lot of, a lot of other uh, professionals and people who are doing this seriously do the same thing. You really got to scrub through a, a bunch of different lines and, uh, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun, obviously. So we'll get into it, Jason. We want, I guess, I know you're, I know you got a bunch of stuff and I'm sure you've got a prop card, uh, you know, massive Excel sheet that goes down the list. But what we want is right now your official pick for the show, your best prop bet that you've got. Um, and we want some rationale as to why. So the floor is yours. So the best number I got so far was uh, one I just bet today. Uh, sometimes value is really early, and sometimes you just uh, you look at one book, you see a better price than than the other book, and you say, "All right, well that's double the price. I'm going to bet it." Uh, any player plus four hundred passing yards, plus eight fifty at DraftKings. I looked at Circa. Circa has it plus four twenty five. So getting double the uh, the sharp bookmakers priced circa I'm thinking a 400 passing yard game from Stafford or Burrow uh, the way they've been calling penalties in these playoff games this is this is clearly going to be a heavy throwing uh, offense by both teams I don't think we're going to see uh, crazy crazy rushing uh, excuse me by by either team so uh, eight eight fifty when circa's at 425 I'm I'm happy to take a stab at that that was one of my favorite bets I found so far. Okay, yeah, definitely like that one. Um, definitely within the range of outcome for both of these guys to get 400-yard games. They've done it in the past, and it'll, it'll happen again. But I also love just the, the line shopping component, right? Like, it's not rocket science for anyone who's exactly. listening. Exactly, it's not rocket science. You're just basically comparing a sharp sports book to what it's what's available in the market. You can pick off some good numbers. That one's a pretty substantial edge. Obviously, if you have a, a sharper book in the 4-to-1 range and you're getting 
you know, nine, 18 to two, whatever, 17 to two plus eight fifty. So, uh, I like that. And, uh, and it's honestly like if you're a casual better and you're rooting for points and yards in the Super Bowl, it's probably going to contribute to making it a more fun Super Bowl than having to sweat out a bunch of unders as well. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll leave that in as your official pick um, for the Circles Off podcast and for this preview show. We also wanted to, I guess, you know, rapid fire. If you've got anything else that you like or anything else that's uh, caught your eye that you've played or is still available, let us know. Yeah, I love uh, there's a couple couple bets I love. The, the first one is uh, total players with a pass attempt over two and a half plus 160 at Westgate. I think uh, the Rams have shown they have a wide receiver option pass installed in their playbook. I've seen it twice once it got called back for a touchdown cooper cup threw a touchdown in the packers game Uh, i could see that i could see a trick play that leads into my next bet johnny hecker to attempt to pass six to one at westgate that's just to attempt to pass i don't think that's that's too crazy and then uh, eric weddle mvp 300 to one uh this wasn't initially on my card but i went back and looked he was on the field for 100 percent of the defensive snaps in the nfc championship game i love to bet on uh, defensive players to win the mvp if you're gonna win as a defensive player it helps if you're gonna be on the field every single play uh eric weddle you know he's still got a little little something in him uh if if you want to bet him to intercept a pass that's 10 to 1 at circa and then uh, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, anytime touchdown, 40 to one, his MVP price. I've seen 15 to one. I've seen 14 to one. I've seen 16 to one. I think those are really bad prices for a defensive player to win MVP. But if he is going to win MVP, he's going to have to do something spectacular, right. like score a touchdown. Right. And if, if he does score a touchdown, the Rams are likely going to win the Super Bowl. It's going to be the cherry on top, you know, so give me 40 to one on Donald to score a touchdown. I think that's a better price than taken 15 on the MVP so those are those are my favorite Super Bowl bets uh, I have a couple other long shots but those are uh, those are the best ones I think fair enough okay so we'll, we'll go we'll try to break those down uh, play by play Donald anytime touchdown so I love your comparison there the MVP market couldn't agree more uh, almost pretty much uh, you know it's a significantly better bet and long shot, a more long shot odd. So I'm with you there. If you did want something on Donald, I think anytime touchdown score like, like is how ma- better. How many scenarios can Aaron Donald actually win MVP without, without scoring, scoring a, touchdown. a touchdown? I mean, he'd have to have like a five sack game. Yeah, exactly. It'd have to be some sort of outlandish performance like that, where it's a ton of three it, sacks, two picks, something like that. Three sacks and a pick. pick. Yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a fine bet. So Weddle, we want to we want to discuss here because we've had a lot of people give out bets on MVP. We've discussed it here and. Uh, realistically, you know, Rob and I are more of the mindset. We do not like to bet the defensive players for MVP, but we did approach it in a sense of the defensive players that are more at the top of the list, the Aaron Donalds, the Vaughn Millers of the game. You're giving someone who is on the field 100% of the time, as you mentioned, is 300 to one in Eric Weddle. What's the appeal? What's the path to Eric Weddle winning the MVP as a safety? Interception, touchdown, you know, nine, 10 tackles. He had nine tackles in the, uh, the uh, NFC championship game. And for me, I've, I've been betting safeties and defensive backs to win since Cam Chancellor, uh, 200 to one when he didn't win, he should have won, but I truly believe that the, you know, defense wins championships and sooner or later, somebody's going to have to get recognized as an MVP. And it's not always the best player on the field. It should be, you know, Aaron Donald in most cases, but in this case, that's why I bet the touchdown prop. I just think 300 to one when you when you have a guy who's on the field the entire time, it's it's just a you know, he he has the most opportunities when you're on the field every play you have 
an opportunity every play. Same thing I feel about the other defensive backs. People focus on Jalen Ramsey, but you want the guys who are going to get targeted the most because they're going to have the most opportunities to have multiple interceptions, score a touchdown. You know, that that's your path. So you have to think outside the box for, for defensive MVP and not necessarily say, oh, well, you know, Aaron Donald's the best player. I'm going to take him at a low number. You, you think outside the box. And for me, it was just Eric Weddle, 100%. You know, he's he's a leader on defense, too. He's he's there to win, so Fair you know, enough. why not him, 300 to 1? Listen, 300 to 1, is is that just has to happen once every 301 three, times. 301 years. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Basically, you can play that for the rest of your life, and then even after you pass away, you're going to say it was still a good bet, <laughs> and I have another 100 and something years to win that. So I can't fault the logic there. Spot on. We'll touch on the Hecker pass real quick as well. So what's the rationale behind that? I assume just, you know, only a, on a fake punt. Is that your only, uh, is that your only out there? It's a Super Bowl. It's a trick play. He's also the holder on field goals. So you have, you have a trick play opportunity on field goals, uh, theoretically on extra points. They could do a trick extra point. I don't know why they would. Uh, <laughs> and then the punt. And it's, it's just an, uh, it's an opportunity. In fact, I would actually bet Hecker to win MVP if I could find like a 500 to one on it. He could have won MVP at the, the last Super Bowl. I was there. He was his punts were so good, you know, you, you don't expect to attend a Super Bowl and years later tell people the most memorable thing you, you remember from that Super Bowl is the punts from the both punters. Um, but but special teams is an important component of winning. You know, I, I, I like to bet on crazy things. I, I think Hecker, you know, they've, they've had weeks to install trick plays here. So you just never know what what the wizard uh, what the wizard's going to throw out and in his home stadium in the Super Bowl. Fair enough. And uh, as as you mentioned, that is Johnny Hecker to actually attempt a pass, not complete a pass. So even an unsuccessful fake punt or fake field goal would still cash that bet. Um, just to, to note there as well. And then the last one you gave out was the total players to ha- attempt to pass over two and a half. So obviously, you know, two is pretty much a given. You win that with either a quarterback injury off the bat and a backup having to come in yep. is, is one out or two outs if you want to consider that. And then you also have players who have attempted to pass on the Rams is, uh, I think there's a long list this year. Most notably, you had Odell and Cooper Cup recently. So uh, I guess your, your, um, your projection is Johnny Hecker can get it. What do you think about the wide receivers having a chance to attempt to pass here? Is it going to be Cup? Is it going to be Odell? Who else has got a shot? I think with Cooper Cup having the season he's had and this being the Super Bowl, that McVay will make sure that Cup is the focal point of this offense and that there's several different plays to get the ball into his hands in different ways other than, you know, screens and, and passes and, you know, whether it be jet sweeps or a, a wide receiver option pass, I think Cooper Cup will, you know, have the ball in his hands more than any player in this game for the Rams other than Stafford. Uh, and it's just, yes, I think, I think it's very likely that, he can throw a pass and if not him i think there's you know odell beckham or somebody else who can run a uh an option pass i just think it's 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 time to break out all your trick plays it's the super bowl and we didn't even talk about the Bengals, but (laughs) fair enough and a couple guys in the Bengals. and and importantly it's a pass attempt too so even if the defense picks up on it and the, the the receiver throws it away it's a pass attempt as well so that's yeah. something to keep an eye on because I know a lot of people that I talk to are always like, oh, I'm not going to bet this because now it's the Super Bowl. The defense is going to be aware that there's trick plays coming. Well, even if they are and the pass gets attempted and it's thrown away, it's a pass attempt. It counts towards, I mean, it counts towards that category. So uh, 
I mean, that's one that I, I typically like to bet. So last well. one for you, Jason, real quick here. Uh, you said you like to bet on crazy things to happen. What price would you need to bet on a Matt Stafford receiving touchdown? Ooh, a Matt Stafford receiving touchdown. Your Philly Philly special. I don't know, probably like 35, 40 to one. That's it. Be, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's short. That, that's short. That's I, short, I you think? That, Maybe. I think it's short. Um, but I mean, I'm going to be, so I, I'll give out my pick later and, uh, I, I won't spoil it, but it, that's going to be incorporated into it. So you think that's the trick play the Rams are going to run? I think a, there's a, a shot. I think there's a shot that Matt Stafford here. Now, again, I, I don't think it's 35 to one. I think it's probably closer to like 60 to one or something like that is what I would need to bet that. But, uh, I do think there is a shot with McVay. He does. He's going to run something. It's you don't know what I, it is, I agree but he's with you that, that they 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 got to run something. You don't get the Super Bowl in your home stadium and not run your best plays. It's you know, and and I think you also have to look out. The officiating is is going to have their hands behind their backs, letting them play. Hopefully, we can't have flags in the Super Bowl. You know, it should be a a great game. That's why I like the plus the four hundred plus yards passing. I think it could just be you know a slug a slug fast. A, you know. Okay. Well, we appreciate that. I, I agree with a lot of these props here. Um, a lot of good value, a lot of long shots, which people love. So we got you down as your official play, either quarterback to pass for 400 yards or more. So I guess statistically that'd be over 399.5 passing yards. That's plus 800 right now at DraftKings, the best spot to bet it in the market. Obviously make sure you line shop if you've got some other outs and check it out. Jason, thank you much. Thank you very much for stopping by. Appreciate the picks. Good luck. We'll hope, hopefully, hopefully you get that at least one of the Johnny Hecker pass attempt or the Aaron Donald. Let, 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 why don't we just get the first play of the game as an Eric Weddle pick six? How about that? That would, you know, <laughs> that would be, uh, that'd be something. <laughs> just to sweat it out. Thanks for stopping Thanks, by. I really Jason. appreciate it. Best of luck with the Super Bowl bets. Thanks. Good luck, guys. Thanks for having me. No See ya. We welcome in another former guest of Circles Off, episode number 22, Fabian Sommer. Based in Germany, for those who are watching on YouTube, looks like he's based in uh, California or Florida or something today. I don't know what's going on with the background, but you can follow him on Twitter at Suma, S-U-U-M-A, 810-810. You can also follow him on Betstamp, where he transparently tracks all of his football plays, which is something we need more of. Suma, how's it going? Rob, Johnny, thanks for having me. Yeah, I have just pulled the uh, Drew Linsick background <laughs> behind me. So um, uh, what I look kind of cool uh, instead of uh, rainy and uh, good Germany. Well, I mean, it looks good. We had Drew on earlier. He's on uh, Super Bowl Media Row right now. He was big timing us with all, you know, he's got all these guests around him. He says he's having a good time or whatever. So, uh, you know, appreciate the quietness of the of the you know, the calm background, the sereneness <laughs> right now. So Suma, thank you very much for joining. Uh, first question we have to ask you off the bat. You're obviously in Germany. What's the Super Bowl like in Germany? We talked about the time difference last time. So what, what time are you going to be watching this game? It's going to be half past midnight. So, um, oh, 30, my time. Mm, okay. So now, 1230 AM. Is it, are there, so I've watched a Super Bowl in Europe. I watched a uh, Super Bowl in London before. Uh, I can't remember which I was staying in Leicester Square, I believe, and there was a couple people throwing a football around. Some of the pubs had the game on that ones that were still open late at night. Uh, someone had a, a TV in the square that was playing it. It was like maybe I'd say like twenty five percent of the people that were there 
actually cared or acknowledged that this game was happening. <laughs> what is it like in Germany? Like, are you throwing a Super Bowl party or do people get together? Or is it just like, uh, you know, we have to work tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to sleep. I'll check the score in the morning for most people. <laughs> so uh, I think that um, in the big cities like uh, Dusseldorf or Berlin or Munich or Hamburg, I think that there are a lot of Super Bowl parties, actually, like in um, in those bigger pubs. Um, then there's also a lot of like small friends and family gatherings. Um, that's something that, that I will do this, uh, this year for the Super Bowl. Um, in general, I think that football is very increasing in terms of popularity in Germany. So there are like hundreds of thousands of people actually watching the game in the night. Um, and yeah, so I would say it's basically a mix of um, like some, some, some in-person parties at pubs, uh, lots of people sitting in front of their televisions and um, also a lot of um, yeah, private Super Bowl parties. Is Fair there, enough. Is there a specific reason you think that the NFL is growing in Germany? Is it like, do the games in London have any impact on Germany at all? Not at all. Um, I don't think so. I think that for Germans, it's it's pretty cool to have football in London and next year in Germany as well. Uh, mm. Big news coming up tomorrow. I think Munich will be the first place, actually. Wow. Um, but um, I think in Germany, um, we have like, we had ESPN America was the channel called until like 2012, 2013. And since 2014, we actually have a... A free TV channel that is um, broadcasting two football games every Sunday. And I think that really um, gave a spark in the popularity of football, like um, growing every year, um, lots more Germans watching it actually on Sunday to at like human times, like um, 7 p.m. in the evening. Social media is growing. Um, now uh, this week, like every grocery store has like that Super Bowl week where they sell all that narratively uh, typical american food i mean there are like 52 states in the in the united states with tons of different cultures and tons of great food in every city but we germans believe like um americans only eat hot dogs chicken wings and burgers so like every grocery store has that uh, super bowl um, uh, food sale where they sell burgers and chicken wings and some um, NFL merchandise like cups and footballs and jerseys and caps. So even if you don't know what football is, you will realize at some point this week that there must be some big sporting event coming on. Last for last sure. question about Germany, just really quickly. Do you drink American beers for the Super Bowl? Like, are you breaking out Miller High Life or MGD or, or are you sticking to German beer? Uh, straight German beer, uh, no shot at, <laughs> sorry, sorry to all Americans. Um, I know that there are actually like so many um, great small um, breweries uh, with tons of great um, different styles of beers, but over here in Germany, we only get like Coors Light, um, Miller Genian Draft and stuff like that. And I just cannot drink that. No, fair <laughs> enough. Chance. I mean, if, if you're just going off what you see in the TV commercials, especially on the Super Bowl, I'm sure that uh, you're just going straight Pepsi and Lay's. The two brands <laughs> just going hard for Super Bowl. <laughs> You're drinking Pepsi and you're just considering everyone's just doing that in, in uh, America, which you know, they, they might be. How do we know? We don't we're know. from Canada. We're from Canada. We don't so, know. So, Suma, thank you very much for joining. Obviously, Fabian Sommer, you're one of the best football handicappers out there for NFL. Uh, and we know typically you do the straight full games and totals. But today what we're going to ask is we want your best prop bet on the Super Bowl and some rationale as to why. Let's hear it. 
Yeah, um, I'm taking T. Higgins over 68 and a half receiving yards at Caesars. I think minus 110. Um, and the rationale, let's start with the li- most likely game script and offensive approach for the Bengals. So either they come up with the same approach as they did last week at, against Kansas City, which was awful um, with all these um, two-yard runs on first downs, which puts, which would put Joe Burrow in a terrible position against, or, or let's say behind the one of the biggest Super Bowl mismatches in terms of um, offensive line against defensive line. Um, I mean, that Bengals um, offensive line with Jonah Williams, Quinton Spain, Trey Hopkins, Hakeem Edenji, and Isaiah Prince against Aaron Donald and Von Miller. It's like one of the biggest mismatches I, I could, um, or I can remember um, in, the, in, in the Super Bowl. And um, I think the only path for success for the Bengals offense is put the ball in Joe Burrow's hands, let him get the ball out quick, and let him hit um, a lot of underneath routes because I think Jen Ramsey is going to be or it's likely going to be on Jama Chase. I mean, he covered Mike Evans, he covered Devo Samuel a lot last week. So I think Jalen Ramsey takes this game personal and gets put a lot of, um, or gets a lot of snaps directly against Jama Chase. And I think then over the middle of the field, the Rams are like the, I think they are the third worst defense in terms of EPA per pass um, against passes over the middle of the field. So I think the best way for the Bengals is get the ball out quick, hit some underneath routes to Tyler Boyd, to T. Higgins, to C.J. Uzoma. I think C.J. Uzoma will not be 100% or will not see all the snaps. So I'm really looking um, for T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd um, getting some uh, routes over the middle of the field. T. Higgins did it a lot against the Titans where Joe Bull was under constant duress and um, in the second half of the game, they... They um, tried to hit Higgins over the middle on all those in-breaking routes. And I can really see that happening against the Rams as well because the Rams are not really great at defending the middle of the field with their safeties and their linebackers. And when you have like um, Jamar Chase on the outside, I think there's re- there will be some opportunities for T. Higgins to uh, catch a lot of these in-breaking routes over the middle of the field. And um, this season, when the Bengals faced a team or a defense that is not good or below average at defending the middle of the field. Um, Teagans had 15 targets against Baltimore, 13 targets against Baltimore, 14 targets against the Chargers, Mm -hmm. six against the Jets, six against the Lions. So I think we likely have a game script where the Bengals either come out putting the ball in Joe Burrow's hands or at some point they are behind and they have to play catch up. And I think we will see enough or enough passes thrown from Joe Burrow and then with Jamar Chase likely facing Jalen Ramsey, I think there will be more opportunities uh, than usual for T. Higgins and guys like Tyler Boyd. And um, yeah, that's why we like T. Higgins in this matchup. Uh, 68.5 yards. I mean, one big play on the outside, some in-breaking runs over the middle that can all already get you home. I like it. I mean, uh, the wide receiver too here, so you're you're basically banking on Chase being covered, and then obviously Burrow, ha- or or also Burrow having a you know throw for a number of yards here. Higgins at sixty eight and a half. I notice obviously you pick the best number in the market there, so this one is one where you really want to shop because some places right now have seventy three and a half. So you know it's it's one thing to bet and over uh, it's uh, sixty eight and a half. It's one thing to bet seventy three and a half. I think Sum obviously picking this at Caesars is um, is a fine bet there where you'll be able to you know even potentially find a middle opportunity on this prop. So. 
Good analysis, good bet. Rob, anything to add here before we close off? No, I like it as well. Uh, I think part of the reason why is game script as well, which Suma alluded to off the beginning. Um, I think the Rams are going to be leading for the majority of this game. I think that's the most likely scenario. Obviously, the point spread tells us that, but I just think that um, we've seen this a lot with the Bengals as well, where they're trailing late in games. The Rams have built up a lot of leads over the course of the season and kind of sat on them. So, Uh, I think they're forced into a game state at some point where they have to spread the field and pass the ball their way down the field. I think, like Suma said, Chase has a tougher matchup whenever he's up against Ramsey. So uh, I agree with it. That's the second T. Higgins prop on the show. Colin Davey came on earlier, and he likes T. Higgins over Odell Beckham in terms of receiving yards. Um, So we're rooting for T. Higgins to get some yards. All right, Suma, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, you can find him once again at Suma810 on Twitter. Uh, and you could also follow him, follow him on Betstamp at Fabian Somer, where you can uh, subscribe to his picks and get instant notifications every time this guy places a bet. And trust me, when he places a bet, the market moves. So it's uh, information that you do want to want, that you, do, or that you are going to want to get for next season. Uh, so keep in mind there. Anyways, thank you very much, Suma. We'll uh, we'll close off here and best of luck with the Super Bowl and your bets. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Our next guest comes to us as a last-minute replacement. We were scheduled to have Preston, who's been on our Circles Off podcast before, at Sports Cheetah. But he big-timed us because he's got some sort of call with Adidas right now, and he says he's too scared to leave. Might affect his business relationship or something. I, I don't know. I just... Anyways, he's a good guy, Preston. He's but, a good you know, dude. He got, he got too big, and it is what it is. We we got to just respect that. He's going to send... I mean, the guy's buying, like, English soccer teams now. He's going to send us a prop anyways, and we're going to deliver it on air afterwards. But we bring in the one, the only... You can follow him on Betstamp, at Pikachu Bets. Does track all his picks. 1.2% closing line value over a very large sample. Impressive. ROI of 0.6%, but we know that'll catch up to the CLV overtime. Pikachu bets. Welcome to Circles Off. What's up, y'all? Happy to be here. For those of you wondering, this is not a prop. I'm actually inside of here. Well, this is not CGI. He's just inside of a Pikachu, legit Pikachu costume. Uh, and you could obviously see out the mouth, and it appears he's also wearing a Pikachu mask inside a Pikachu bodysuit. So this guy's going all out. Um, you, you know him as Pikachu bets or at Pika bets on Twitter. Uh, Pika, we're going to ask you off the top. Um, why the f*** are you in that Pikachu costume? <laughs> Look, Rob said he wanted to make the show good, right? I did a, you want, y'all want theater, right? This is all fun. <laughs> I actually got the idea from, who's, who's that other pro better? The one who looked like a fucking, he looked, he came up looking like a bank robber. So I thought, Cheds. you know, big oh, Cheds. Cheds, Cheds, Cheds is our boy. Cheds, yeah. Whatever the last episode was, I didn't watch it, but <laughs> I saw the clip and it was literally him with like this, you know, bank robber bandana and shades on. Um, I was just going to wear the mask, right? Like I was just going to show up like, like this. Um, but you know, I have this blow up suit, right? How is, <laughs> how is my supposed to get laid when I'm too busy with my fish jar? So you know, you, you keep the blow-up suit for the desperate circumstances. So I thought I would whip it out here. All right. Okay. Outside we, we, of that stuff. Oh, you, you want to keep going on this? Go, I have to ask a up. legitimate, listen, this is appealing to probably 0.5% of our audience, if that. But I grew up on Pokemon. 
It was a big thing when I was growing up. As an adult, I still occasionally play. I hook up my, you know, like Game Boy emulator to my big screen downstairs. It's very important to me. We got the Super Bowl, which is the Rams and the Bengals. If the Rams were a Pokemon, who would they be? And if the Bengals were a Pokemon, who would they be? So I'll start with the Bengals here because, you know, in terms of narratives, they're the underdog, the new kid on the block, the rising stars, you know, young core team probably has a lot of good times ahead of them, assuming they can keep it together. I think the Bengals with Joe Burrow at the helm, at the helm is more of a, of an, of an electabuzz. And we can put a graphic up later, Johnny, if. Yeah, we'll, we'll less, do, we'll do that. We'll, we'll put it. I know, I know. The lesser, yeah. For the plebeians who don't know their Pokemon by heart, electabuzz is. You know, it looks very fierce on the outside, but it's kind of kind of useless in the anime. Or if you read or if you watch the show as a kid, I don't really think Electabuzz was given his fair share of limelight, right? I feel like in the games, he could be very power- powerful, um, but in the anime, you just didn't get to see, like, that great side of things. And I feel like this Bengals team is very similar, right? They had to run pretty hot. They had to... Everything had to go right for them in the playoffs. And so, you know, you got goods. You have to show it off now in the Super Bowl. So I feel like it's one of those underrated, has potential, but pretty much ignored because they're not the sexy thing to talk about until we have a second-year quarterback playing, uh, starting the Super Bowl. I, so that's my pick for the Rams. I think it's a uh, – for the Bengals. I think that's a great comparison. I I'm also I also appreciate how much you actually thought about this. Because that's like a deep dive. It's not a Pokemon that would come to mind right away. So, um, okay, I'm very interested in the Rams now. So the Rams, this one, uh, you know, I was pretty conflicted. But, again, this only applies to people, right? I mean, half a percent of viewers know the Pokemon. Less than half a percent of people actually remember the stories. But, Rob, you should remember this. I think the Rams in this scenario with Matthew Stafford is really like a Charizard in the later seasons of Pokemon. And this is why, right? Charizard was always, you know, very disrespectful of Ash. Didn't want to follow directions. Thought he was, you know, just too good for the game. And, you know, had a couple of disappointing defeats throughout Ash's career, uh, mostly because he was a lazy POS. And when it counted, though, when the team really needed him, when Ash really needed to, you know, make his way to the Elite Four or whatnot in the, in the OG series, Charizard was still his very reliable lieutenant and took care of business against some Pokemon that he had an intrinsic weakness again. That's a Matthew Stafford here, right? Decade plus in Detroit, first overall pick, got so much flack for not living up to potential, took so much injury, um, and just got a lot of disrespect for being with the Lions. And, you know, it's one year. But I think the jury's kind of still out on his overall potential and what his legacy will be. But it's safe to say that the Matthew Stafford at, for the Lions wasn't really the wasn't really his max potential, right? So again, in the Super Bowl, um, yeah, it's it's his first there. There he made it. Um, this is the time for him to be Charizard to redeem himself and see if he can make it count. And I don't even think it needs to be a win, right? Um, for all of, for all the people who thought Stafford was a bust or he was really good, he got a huge contract, he had one of the biggest contracts first, um, that he wasn't able to get anything going in the postseason, it's not you know, it's not Stafford. 
probably something with dysfunctional alliance. So that's my pick for um, this one for the Rams. If Stafford can actually pull it off, it actually wouldn't. It really cements his le legacy as if Charizard. Disappointing for a long time, but then when it, when it counted, brought the bacon home. Fair enough. Those are, those are great comparisons. I'm not I mean, a big Pokemon guy, but uh, yeah, like Rob said, respect the effort. And this the show is all about process. The show is all about process. You're not a Pokemon guy. Oh yeah. You know, half these kids on Twitter, they've never sat there and had to catch like 20 Rattlers to be able to move on in the game. And I'm telling you, it shows. <laughs> if the Rams are, these days don't understand. If the Rams are leading at the half, then they are a Kakuna in the second half using a lot of Harden, lots of defense. That's all I'll say. That's the only comparison I will draw. That was on the spot too. Didn't think of it beforehand, but that's the type of defense they'll play in the second half, the very Sean McVay hardened style. But um, yeah, this is going to, this is going to, I'm going to play Pokemon this week now. Okay. All right, buddy. Okay. Pikachu. So we want to, uh, we want to get also your pick for the game. Uh, we've been asking everybody for one pick. We want to prop bet on the Super Bowl, something that, you feel is good value that's still available right now. And, uh, you know, the floor is yours. We, anything's on the table. Let's hear it. Yeah. So the prop that I have can be found at Canby Books. For those who aren't as familiar with the back end, that is Sugar House, Bed Rivers, Barstool. Um, and I was very surprised that Canby actually dealt a two-way market on this. Um, reason being, this seems like one of those clear scams where you would deal only the yes side, you know, and have it be very juiced and then not have the no side um, to be able to just rip customers off, basically, you know, fan, fan duel, patty power, notorious for doing this. But I like, can't, uh, it's a prop that can be, it's about penalties. Neither team to have a roughing the passer penalty. The no is currently juiced to minus 167, which comes out to about 61% and 62% chance and implied probability, and just based on season averages and how this game might turn out, I think that is a couple percentage points low. Uh, I would make it more like a one minus 180, minus 185, so that's a decent amount of play. And very impressed at uh, Sugar House, too, for taking a few hits on maximum at the kiosk and now moving the number. So either they're really confident in this or they've had a bunch of degenerate parlay on yeses mm -hmm. um you know i'm not a huge nfl guy i'll be the first one to admit that i listen to rob's podcast and whale um for a lot of insight to sort of learn how to handicap the league a little better but matt stafford has one of the is in the what top 20th percentile for sack rate something like right around five percent he doesn't get sacked very much and i think that's a testament to the ol that he has protection. Joe Burrow, on the other hand, is a great scram scrambler. Rob has talked a lot about how great he performs under pressure when he gets blitzed. Um, he has one of the highest sack rates, um, around 8.8, .8, which is really, which is pretty bad, um, especially for a Super Bowl content contender. Um, but if you average those two things out and you look at the officiating crew and what they've called its Ron Torbers crew yep. for this, you know, everything sits right around the average. You know, there's no real outliers here. There's nothing like um, this ref, these refs really like calling, roughing the passer, or they don't. And there's nothing too special about either Stafford or Joe Burrow or the opposing defenses that they're playing to really justify, to really make me think that something drastic is going to deviate from the season averages. 
if you look at the season averages, it's only been an average of around three to four. Wait, what, what I'm trying to say. Sorry. Um, there's only been there's only been like teams, only twelve to thirteen ish roughing the passer calls mm-hmm. have been called the entire season for all uh for all the games, for all thirty-two teams. So to say that, you know, sixty percent ish that there's that there's now gonna be a penalty here, I think is a little low. Um, yeah, this isn't a huge edge. I wouldn't say there's much quantitative work that went into this at all, so don't go crazy. But I personally like rooting for things not to happen. And when it comes to props, Super Bowl especially, you know, we all know that overs get a lot of steam from squares. And I think yeses also get a lot of blind steam yep. from squares. And that's the reason why FanDuel, they like dealing the one-way markets on yeses, right? People like rooting for things to happen. I just don't see that much evidence here that there's going to be anything drastic. So. Um, you know, the, the season average is around 65 to 66% of it not happening. We're getting a 61. That's a solid edge for, for a prop. They're taking hits. I mean, try, go to Beverly's, go to Sugar Sugar House. Um, if you go to the kiosks, you know, I got three dimes down on this and they didn't move the number. Well, you must be profiled as pretty square then. <laughs> That's how it goes, baby. When you start walking <laughs> like this, I'm just kidding. Don't move the number on you. Yes, if you show up to a kiosk <laughs> like this. <laughs> Y'all can keep complaining about getting numbers moved, but man, if you show up in a full Pikachu suit, who's that moving number on you? Yeah, nobody. I don't think so. No, so uh, uh, that's how you do it, guys. On that's the bet, how you do it. I agree. On the bet, real quick here, I think uh, you know sound rationale for that. Obviously, shop around, and you, you mentioned it's available at the Canby Book. So you know, like as he mentioned, Sugar House and Bet Rivers, which are you know uh, the same sports book and same brand. Depending on which state you're on, you're going to have either Sugar House or Rivers, and then Barstool, which is you know available uh, in many places across the United States. So take a look for that. Line shopping is super important, so we're glad, uh, Pikachu, that you were able to kind of give the best price in the market for this. And then in terms of the roughing the passer stuff, I would say the only thing I'd watch out for on this, which is this is not any reason not to bet, but QBs typically do scramble a little more in the Super Bowl given that uh, they've had the extra week and it's the last week of the season, so they're willing to beat up the body a little bit more and actually go and potentially not slide as much, maybe take a hit to get that extra yard. And it does open up contact for a defensive now, player to maybe hit to the head. I'm curious, so is, is that scored as a, it's so, a unnecessary again, yeah. roughness, right? So, if it's past the line of scrimmage? I don't know how this works. So you, you're actually probably right. That would be considered unnecessary roughness. So yeah. roughing, roughing the passer is literally just a straight drop back hit. Uh, Unleashes the, the ball, throw. gets hit in the head or low or Either whatever. To the head, low, or yeah. after the throw. Yeah. So fair. Yep. So the actual rule is uh, defender gets defender gets one step after the ball has been passed out. Mm-hmm. Anything, any contact after two steps is considered roughing the passer. And the way the props agreed it, by the way, just so everybody is clear, the penalty has to the penalty obviously has to happen. It has to be called and it has to be accepted. Most of these books, if you look at their prop rules, if the penalty is declined for whatever reason or if there's an offsetting one, they typically don't count. So all three of those things have to happen. It has to be an acceptable penalty of roughing the passer for either team to happen. Okay, so it looks even, looks even better now then. So if for whatever reason there is offsetting penalties and it's Correct. a nullified play, or if for whatever reason it's actually not in the best interest of the team to accept the penalty, which is very rare for roughing the passer but still could be in play, whether it be at the end of the game or something like that, then you would still win this bet. So all in, 
Good bet. We've got Pikachu bets locked in for his official circles off play is no team. Neither team has a roughing the passer penalty accepted. And this is found right now at Barstool and Bet Rivers and Play Sugar House at minus 167. Pikachu, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate the insights. And uh, best of luck cashing all your Super Bowl bets, especially this one. See you on the other side. <laughs> we'll see you, man. All right, we're now joined by Lay It with Luke. Yes, sir. In studio. Now, before we get to you, Luke, which we will, because you're entitled to give out a prop bet as well. We're going to see if you learned anything from the last episode. I doubt it, but we'll get there in a second. Definitely didn't. We got big time, like I said, by Preston. Preston Johnson, Sports Cheetah. But he at least sent us a pick. That we're going to give out on his behalf. So this is the Preston Johnson NFT big timer special right here. That's what we're going to call it. He actually referred to this as a lock, by the way. So if you do bet it and lose is Preston's fault because he is guaranteed. When you call something a lock, it's a guaranteed winner. Jamar Chase under 80 and a half receiving yards minus 115 at points bet or DraftKings is the Preston Johnson NFT big timer lock special. All right. So thanks Preston for uh, submitting that. Uh, via text message through Rob. We appreciate that. We know you're a busy guy. And, um, you know, and hope, hopefully the Adidas thing went well for him. Hopefully you lock down that soccer team and get that deal closed pretty soon. And then I assume Adidas is for the uh, the sponsor of the kits. So we'll move, <laughs> we'll move on here. And uh, we have obviously lay it with Luke in studio, you know, the star of our last episode here. And um, we figured... Let's test out. You know, we taught Luke some stuff last time, and we've been uh, we've been preaching some stuff in the office. And Luke, now is your chance to shine, show off all the new stuff you learned. We want your absolute big bomb banger pick of the Super Bowl prop bet special late with Luke. What do you got? Yeah, for sure. So big things going on right now for starters. Oh, what is this? I have my rainbow Crocs, so you know <laughs> it's going to be a lock. The rainbow Croc lock. <laughs> Um, but you know what? I did learn a thing or two. So, you know, before I was looking, I'm looking at all the Super Bowl stuff, right? I'm like, okay, who cares about injuries? Everybody knows about injuries. So right. I tried a different approach, probably going to get bashed for it still, no matter what. Well, listen, we, we, we're not going to bash you just to bash you. Let me make that explicitly clear. It's an educational process. If we are going to negatively say something, it's like, it's for content. We want to see you improve. I'm serious. It's like we want continuous improvement. So I won't ba- I probably will bash you for the pick. But it won't be just to bash you. If the, okay, it's coming out of love is what we're getting. All right, let's hear it. So what so you switch up your process a little? Yeah. So first thing I wanted to look at Super Bowl, right? Well, it's Cincinnati versus Rams, they probably haven't played each other a lot. So I went and took a look. They have the last game they played was in 2019, okay? In the last few contests that they played, they're actually even. They're, uh, they've traded three wins and three losses each. You got to be joking with this. Dead serious. So these teams, you know, they're, they're about even. This is a flip of a coin game. And are you, the, are you doing this to upset us? Are you doing this to upset us intentionally? Who is the quarterback on the Rams <laughs> and the Bengals at that time? Oh, 2019. Who was it? Jared Goff. Dalton yeah. versus Goff. Dalton. Yeah. yeah. Those guys, yeah, they're probably about even. The Ginger Ninja. Yeah. Like. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Yeah. So I took that approach. 
And then I threw that out the window. Okay. okay. Good. Thank you. Appreciate where that went, though. So I, I, I thought you were serious. I thought you were serious. So I referred to a couple game tapes, okay? Mid-season, Matthew Stafford was not looking good. He was looking like the Butterfingers chocolate bar, except less tasty, okay? That double chin does not look good on him, by the way. Anyways, so you know who doesn't have a double chin, by the way? Joe Burrow, but besides the point. So I'm thinking of this, right? Matthew Stafford does not show up in big games. It's just a fact throughout his career. So what does that mean? Well, Butterfingers is probably going to make an appearance again. And who is one of the most underrated safeties in the NFL? Jesse Bates. So I would agree with that. The underrated part. Continue. We're rocking Jesse Bates. Anytime interception plus 550 at bet 365. Okay. Is that the best number in the market? That is the best market number I could find. So okay. you searched we the sports books that, that are available to you. Plus 550 is the best. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. So already there. Step one is complete. In my opinion, you made a good bet. It's already it's already improved. Now, Rob, critique this bet. I think, honestly, I don't know too much about defensive players. We had Ed Fang on earlier, and he um, showed an edge on uh, Matt Stafford to get under uh, zero and a half interception, so 0.5 interception, so no picks. Uh, but that obviously was at around plus 130 in terms of where it's at. So Stafford in this game, don't get me wrong, is favored across the board market numbers to throw an interception. Who's it going to be to is the question. Is it going to be Jesse Bates? And is Luke going to cash his plus 550? I mean, listen, like honestly, the likelihood of him cashing this is low. Plus 550 is a 15% probability. So you're going to cash this bet three out of 20 times on average. Now, probably a little bit more if you think that there's an edge there. I will come back at you okay. in terms of Matt Stafford not being a big game player. Okay. Did he not win three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl this year? including a road victory at Tampa against Tom Brady. I would say that there was way more pieces involved in those victories than Matthew Stafford. I don't think Matthew Stafford's that guy. He's not that guy, pal. <laughs> and he also almost choked in that game. Yeah. Well, not really. The Rams almost choked. Yeah, but it was because he, he didn't throw it in the second half. Well, they, exactly. They ran the ball over and over and over. They were basically trying to run out the clock. Anyways, I can see it. It's been the thing of his career for a while. Do I like the bet? Honestly, no. I don't like the bet. It's, but it's fine. Like you go through the process. If your whole thing is you're hot, you're low on Stafford. That's fair. I think it, like, I think it's a fair opinion to have. You're picking a guy on the other team. That's going to record an interception. You're finding the best price. Who am I to knock it? Do I think Jesse Bates is going to get an interception 15% of the time and make that a plus EV bet? I don't, but to each their own. That's Nothing just my wrong personal with this opinion. Bet, in my opinion. Agreed. And I, will, I do got to give Luke credit here, and we, we didn't talk about it on the pod. We, it needs to be brought up. Last week, Luke was going to make his D-Gen fun bet, and uh, he was trying to look for odds on Trayvon Diggs to get an anytime touchdown in the Pro Bowl. Now, he's obviously a defensive player in the Pro Bowl. No one had odds posted for it, so no. it was tough. It was tough. I to even messaged odds. an offshore uh, odds maker who basically got back to me, and he's like, listen, like, no one's going to bet this. Even if we post it, I don't think I can get someone to post this. Yeah. We even tried to get a market posted for it. And sure enough, lay it with Luke almost had the call of the century. As we saw Trayvon Diggs. First off, we ridiculed him being like, oh, there's not many, there's not many pick sixes in the pro bowl. First play, first, first play. touchdown, Darius Leonard pick six. I believe it was the first play. I actually think Kyler Murray dropped back to pass on the first play. Maybe I'm wrong. 
I mean, well, maybe I'm confused. Touchdown it was Trayvon. definitely the first touchdown. And then later in the game, we did see. So obviously, we had Trayvon Diggs with a chance of a pick six, but we did see in the red zone Trayvon Diggs line up at offense for the NFC against his big bro, Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills, who was covering him on defense. And Kirk Cousins, he did not throw them the ball, he threw it the other way. However, I will say it was one play, and I can't fault Kirk Cousins here because Stefan Diggs was draping his brother. There was no way he was getting this catch. I have a feeling he would have probably ripped his helmet off and and took a flag before letting him get a touchdown over him. But great call on that. It was. So I'm going to tell him on Jesse Bates. Plus go, 550. Go for it. It's, it's an easy... It's I mean, it's part run. of the show. It's counting towards the record. So I hope Jesse Bates gets an interception now at some point. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, like the, the, the process is sound. That's what it's all about. That's okay. what it's all about. Process is sound. I'm about to hurt you right here because oh, I've no. got one more thing to add. All right. What's one thing in the playoffs nobody has talked about? I, I don't know. Quarter, Enlight- enlighten me. Quarterbacks with annoying family members <laughs> have, are, have all been eliminated. <laughs> this is true. I don't know. I don't know the predictiveness of this. But who, okay, where so are we who, going? Who's got the annoying family member on the Rams? Matthew Stafford's wife. Oh, uh, his wife? I don't know. What I don't about, know if so who else his wife was it? Well, well Mahomes, Mahomes is... Mahomie, uh, yeah. Mahomie. Yeah, no, that one's again, but anyone else? Or is it just those? It's just, just the one. Well, one. I mean, like, Brady kisses his son on the lips. Yeah. So, like, you could also <laughs> include that, like... So, let's let's even say people whose wife is a public figure, whose, whose wife are a public figure, either missed the playoffs, Russ Wilson, mm-hmm. or are eliminated currently. Yeah, and like as my, you know, whose wife is not a public figure, Joe Burrow. Listen, is Joe Burrow married? No, as my as my girlfriend likes to point out, he's very single. (laughs) He's very okay. With Luke, we appreciate the analysis. Jesse Bates is going to be logged as your official circles off Super Bowl prop lock of the century. Uh, Can we talk about one more thing with Luke? Yeah, before and then I'm going to give my pick. Luke loves Joe Burrow. Loves him. Loves Joe Burrow. Thinks Joe Burrow. He actually at the office this week, went on the record saying Joe Burrow is going to end his career with more Super Bowls than Tom Brady. This is how much this guy loves Joe Burrow. He was joking on that one. He was. He was trying to get me fired up. It worked. But if you're setting a line for Joe Burrow career Super Bowls right now, it's got to be like one and a half juiced under. It's got to be one and a half juiced way under, minus 200. Under. Even though he's in the Super Bowl right now. He's in yeah. the Super Bowl as an underdog, underdog now. right now. And on top of that, the AFC is going to have Mahomes, Herbert, Josh Allen for years. They're not clutch. Tannehill, Carr. Yeah. Tannehill. Tannehill is Okay. Maybe so Rodgers. Maybe the Rogers. only thing that The only good thing is Fournette did leave the AFC. Uh, and he's now in the NFC. Yes. So that is just big. That's big. big. Okay. So I'm going to give out my pick. We'll go Rob. And then we got one more person, which is uh, Betstamp co-founder Julian uh, Packer is going to come on and give his last pick as well. So right now I'm going to give my pick for, uh, for the listeners here. And um, we, everyone here has been giving out a variety of picks. You know, we've, we've got stuff on player prop over unders. We've got stuff on touchdown scorers. We have different game props, sack props, field goal props, stuff like that. The one I'm going to give is more of a long shot. So this is something that you don't expect to win, um, but you are profitable if it wins, um, you know, close to one in every 10 times, depending on the number you get. So the prop I'm going to give out here, and I'll explain the rationale as to why, is I am going with Matthew Stafford. Anytime touchdown, 
plus 1,000 at BetMGM. That's Matt what? Stafford, plus, plus 1,000, anytime touchdown at BetMGM. So the rationale behind this pick, very clear as day. Matt Stafford is not a rushing quarterback. He does not rush the ball. He does not rush for touchdowns. In fact, for about five seasons, he did not rush for a touchdown when he was on the Lions. Earlier in his career, he did. The reason I like this bet is twofold. Number one is the Rams have suddenly turned to the QB sneak four times over the past six games, two of which were two of the playoff games in which Matt Stafford scored a one-yard touchdown. Now, why is this significant? Okay, it's a very, very detailed analysis here. Why is this significant? The QB sneak works. It's very underutilized. Mm -hmm. The QB sneak works. If McVay just used it right now and went two for two, uh, I do think there's a solid chance he will use it again in this game. If they get down to the one-yard line, I can see Stafford sneaking in a touchdown. That should be very easy for him to convert given the mismatch on the line. Second, here's the another, another big one. This current officiating crew is going to call on average, more holding penalties and more specific penalties than other refer uh, officiating crews in the league. So that's how it's been this year. Now, I, don't, I didn't dig into the exact numbers, but I know we're expecting penalties above average in this game. Mm -hmm. Therefore, when you expect more penalties, higher likelihood of something that occurs in and around the end zone, giving the Rams a shot from the one-yard line. Three, we have the running back on the Rams. Cam Akers is a good player. He is definitely someone who, you know, we gave out, uh, a lot of people here gave out his yardage totals. Now, I may not be in 100% agreement with Akers' yardage totals. I think he has a very wide range of outcomes in this game. One thing I do not like is Cam Akers scoring a touchdown. Reality is he has not been utilized around the goal line. There's obviously a chance he gets a receiving touchdown or scores something from the 10 uh, from the nine, from the six, if they're giving him the ball. He has not gotten much usage at the one-yard line. So we look, and in the past, we've seen even this season, Daryl Henderson getting usage. They don't even want to run Michelle at the one-yard line. Right. Akers has not been able to hold onto the ball as well. I'm not sure exactly what it is. He's been in the in the league now. This is his second season. He's only played a handful of games this year, given he's coming off that that injury. Um, but even last year, you know, being a starter for the majority of the year, this guy has two career rushing touchdowns. And of those, he's got one rush from the one yard line that he's converted, and a bunch that he has not. So I do think, given that in these past two of the last three games, so you look at the first two playoff games, you have Arizona, you have the Tampa Bay game. When the Rams did get close to the red zone, they did not rush Akers. They had Michelle on the field, and then Stafford got two QB sneaks in there. So I think, ultimately, if that's the scenario again, the likelihood is Cam Akers will be there, for sure. He's definitely a favorite to punch that in. But Stafford has a really good shot at getting a QB sneak there. Secondly, this is now the Super Bowl, where Stafford's rushing yardage total is only about four and a half. You know, he's not expected to run a ton. However... When it comes to the Super Bowl and the quarterback has that adrenaline and doesn't have to worry about getting injured, you know, if it's the fourth quarter, you look at kind of that John Elway moment, like Stafford's going to go and try to win a Super Bowl. Rob mentioned this is his Hall of Fame game. If he wins this game, he's likely going to make the Hall of Fame. If he doesn't, he's probably not going to make the Hall of Fame. So he's going to put his body on the line. He, I, I could also see a scenario in which Stafford pulls it, pulls the, pulls the ball down on a third and six from the six yard line or from the seven yard line, runs and dives for the pylon or sacrifices his body to get into the end zone. So there are a few scenarios in which I think Stafford can score that rushing touchdown. The QB sneak obviously being the most likely. I definitely think this happens more, uh, you know, than 10 to one. If I were to just compare ultimately 
Where would I play this to? Like, you can find anything right now in the range of like plus 700, plus 800. I always shop for the best number. So what I'm going to give you is plus 1,000 at BetMGM. I will not play it less than plus 1,000 until BetMGM moves that number. And now there's a new best number available. So I'm not even going to give you a max or a min price. You've got to play the best number available if you're going to hit this. On top of this, I want to add two more things. Number one, BetMGM is also, in my opinion, mispricing Matt Stafford to get two touchdowns in this game. So this is over one and a half touchdowns. Again, you see all my rationale for the first. This has got to be over 100 likely. to one. So they, they've got it right now at 150 to Oof. one. So this has got to happen, obviously, every 151 games in order to break even on this, on this prop. Um, it's not very likely, you know, he's never done this before in his career, but I do think there's a, there's a chance that this happens in this game, given the fact that the running back is who he is, the officiating crew is who it is, and it's the Super Bowl. And one more thing I will add, and this is going to sound crazy, but I'll look like a genius if it happens. McVay's going to run something. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's the Super Bowl. He will run at least one trick play. Now, could be a fake punt, could be a fake field goal. He's got Johnny Hecker, who's an unbelievable thrower for a punter. However, what does he also have is a, um, an array of receivers who can throw the ball. So hear me out here. Sounds crazy. This is probably not going to happen, but it may. All right. End around. Matt Stafford flips to Odell Beckham. Philly, Philly special. Whoop. In the end zone, Matt Stafford receiving touchdown. That would count towards this prop. So when you have Matt Stafford to score an anytime touchdown, that's rushing, receiving, utility touchdown, block punt, whatever it is. And he's definitely not going to get any of those, but the rushing and receiving are on the table. So I'm locking in my official pick on circles off for this show is going to be a plus a thousand, which is crazy. And it's likely going to lose, but I see a lot of value here. Matt Stafford over 0.5 touchdowns in the game anytime touchdown at plus a thousand currently found at mgm and as a bonus i am also sprinkling on the 150 to one marker that they've got on matt stafford over one and a half touchdowns i like it it's correlated with the one that i'm going to give for my best bet go ahead so i like that as well my laptop's dead i'm going to say it right out there in front of everyone so for me to do line shopping right now i can help you out you're going to help me out sure DJ Pauly D is going to search it up for you right now. <laughs> Can I just ask, though, real quick, based on what you said, when the hell did Matthew Stafford become Taysom Hill? He's not. And that's why he's not going to get a 100-yard rushing game. Agreed. But this is what I'm saying is, like, the touchdown doesn't need to be on a 40-yard run. And it's not going to be on a 40-yard run, except if you're, man, how many times I bet Mac Jones anytime Sam touchdown Darnold. this year. Remember that one a couple years ago? Yeah. No, I get it. It's not going to be on a big run like that. The the edge here is going to be on the QB sneak. And that's where I think uh, is a, an underutilized overall play in the NFL. Now I've seen McVay use it twice when they were at the one yard line with success. I think if they get down to the one yard line, uh, maybe it doesn't happen right away. But if they get down there, um, first handoff goes to somebody and gets stuffed. I think they try a sneak uh, on second down or maybe even a first down. FYI, um, if you're betting a quarterback for first touchdown, I wouldn't bet Matt Stafford for first touchdown. It's very unlikely. Or sorry, I wouldn't bet him for last touchdown is what I was going to say. It's very unlikely. It's more likely to be first touchdown. But QBs like this where it's a sneak um, is typically in the middle of the game. Just historically, that's where it's been. Agreed. It's not a first touchdown. It's not a last touchdown. So I'm st- steering away from those markets in terms of first and last. But I do like the anytime and I do like the over one and a half touchdowns, which again, are insane long shots. Uh, but 
possess some value. If you are shopping on another site, by the way, and you see Matt Stafford to get uh, over one and a half touchdowns, but you're only getting like, uh, you know what I mean? Like 80 to one or 70 to one. Like do not bet it. Right. Do not bet it. I'm not, I'm not giving this out as an edge. I'm giving this out as an edge at 150 to one, right? The true price on this is not 70 to one. I'm not going to have a significant edge on that. So make sure you guys are line shopping because I'm not going to be, you know, on the hook for giving out a pick at, at, at plus 7,000. It's got to be a plus 15,000, sorry, plus 150,000. That's it. My correlated play, shortest right. touchdown of the game, is less than one and a half yards. All right, that's going to be a tough one to line shop because it's going to be in different spots on every site. I'll have to pull it up after. Correct. But so I will give me say the odds on that. I will say it was widely available before we started recording today at minus one twenty five. Okay, I think there's a lot of room on this, so I would play all the way up to minus one fifty on this prop. Now, part of the you know this means that a, there needs to be a touchdown scored from the one yard line in the game. Just to make it explicitly clear, if there's not, you're going to lose the bet. The likelihood of this happening is much higher than the implied probability. That's obviously the reasoning for any single bet. What people forget about, and a lot of people will say, oh, what's the likelihood that they even have a play from the one-yard line? When you have two well above average receiving cores, your probability of getting a pass interference in the end zone is exponentially higher. This has been proven over time. Whenever you're lining up three wide with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, or... Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson. It's very difficult for defenders to defend this. They hold a lot more, commit defensive pass interference a lot more, get a lot of one-on-one situations where both these quarterbacks will trust their receivers as well. We've seen Matt Stafford do it a lot in the playoffs, especially to Odell Beckham, um, running some fade routes, Jamar Chase all the time in the end zone for Joe Burrow. The likelihood of pass interference happening in in the end zone in this particular game is much higher than that of a regular game. I agree. And because of that, I think the likelihood we see plays from the one-yard line are very high. And from there, obviously, the likelihood of scoring a touchdown from the one on any given play is above 50%. Hopefully, it's on a Matt Stafford quarterback sneak. But I think there's some significant value. This is priced, in my opinion, like it's a regular game between teams that are you know, just average teams. But when you throw out the throw these types of receiving cores into play, it's just so much more likely that you're going to get a holding penalty because these guys are able to separate and they're much more physical at the line of scrimmage as well. So yeah. T Higgins is a master of that as well. Like the, that guy just creates separation. And listen, I like T Higgins a lot as a player for sure. He's gotten his fair share of uh, PIs called against him. I think there's a good shot of that. And then obviously Chase will probably be guarded by Ramsey which is, um, you know, if you can burn him, you know, there's, there's plenty of room for penalties in this game. I couldn't agree more. In the end zone, like, also, another thing we got to factor in, when you're betting yeses on touchdown scores, like, again, it's typically best to bet early, we mentioned. So if you're betting something like an under zero and a half, that is more of a yes. You know, you're, you're rooting for something that's a yes. So that's something you typically want to bet earlier in the week. We will make sure when we release this show, we've shopped around that price for you. The reason why Rob doesn't have that obviously done right now is because, you know, we've been, been recording for, for about, so long. We've been recording here for about five or six hours all, all in between all of the guests here. And we're just finishing it up. And these lines do significantly change. So we want to make sure that obviously we're given accurate prices and we will do so in the uh, in the next um, in the next in the, in the video. So with that being said, if I were to recap quick, 
We got a bunch of different picks. Jesse Bates plus five fifty. Bet three six five. Bet three six five. Bet three six five. Jesse Bates to record an interception plus five fifty. We got Johnny with a Matt Stafford anytime touchdown at ten to one, and a little small sprinkle at a mispriced number for two plus touchdowns, hundred and fifty to one at BetMGM. And I'm going with shortest TD of the game under one and a half yards at minus 125. I just think the likelihood that we have plays from the one yard line is way too high in this game between these two teams. Okay, our final segment here, we're joined by Julian, co-founder of BetStamp. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get your best prop bet for the Super Bowl. Then we're going to do a quick recap of everyone else's best bets that they've given on the show. And we'll just do a quick rapid fire style of whether or not we agree or impartial, disagree, whatever. Basically, would you play? We'll do a would you play this bet. Now, if you wouldn't play this bet, doesn't mean you think it's a bad bet. Just Correct. maybe means that you think it's neutral, not worth uh, not worth the time. But before we before we get into that, Julian is the props originator. Julian is the man. We are going to get Julian's best prop pick. Now, I will tell you straight up, whatever prop pick he gives out, is worth more than all of the rest of these prop picks, with the exception, potentially, of Preston's big-time NFT lock of the week, which is pretty much cash at this point. So, Julian, let's hear it. What do you got? All right, well, thanks for that intro. That's uh, <laughs> so I much mean, pressure that's a lot to live up to, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, I took a look at what I want to play right now. Uh, I mean, you guys mentioned play the unders later. I, I think that doesn't need to be said. So an over I want to play right now is Cooper Cup over half a, a rush yard for plus 250 at Caesars. So he's got four rushes in his last seven games. But uh, in the Super Bowls, when you bring out kind of your fancy plays, basically everything you got, I expect him to be, you know, uh, not quite 50%, maybe around um, 40% chance that he gets a rush. And mm-hmm. if he does, it's most likely going to be uh, over half a yard. And then the, uh, he could also get two rushes. So it's not like that's out right. of the question. And you're getting plus 250 on it. For me, that seems like that should be around plus 200. And I think that's a pretty solid bet to lock in now. And it's only up at Caesars. So that tells me, I mean, you're only seeing it at one place. They probably made that number themselves. They probably don't know what they do to make that number. And I mean, I'd play it now. So I think that's a good one. We've talked about this a lot today, but having like a, because it's the the Super Bowl, you tend to have more trick plays, more of the secondary players involved in uh, elements of the game that they typically wouldn't be. So wide receivers throwing passes, wide receivers getting rushes. Um, I can definitely see that. I like that. I think it's a great price. I think it's a great price and a great play as well. And uh, we had a few guests actually talk about the pass attempts. Uh, we never really had anyone touch on touch on different rush attempts. So Cooper Cub has had some rushes. We see, we've seen Odell. We've seen Van Jefferson. And who knows what we'll be able to see. Obviously, Jamar Chase on the Bengals side has had a couple as well. Uh, anything else that might be more of a lean uh, that, you, that you prepped? Or are you just giving with the one big bomb banger? <laughs> big bomb bangers. Well, I mean, on that note of Cooper Cup, like, they're going to want to get him the ball. It's not going to be insane if he has kind of like a quiet first half and they force feed him one in the second just to, you know, get the ball in his hands and see what he could do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's my main one. A couple bonus ones I wanted to mention now, CJ Ozuma, mm-hmm. anytime touchdown, plus 430 at FanDuel. He's not a guarantee to play, yep. but if he plays, that number is good. And if he doesn't play, uh, it voids. So I would lock that in now because if he gets announced in, that's going to go 
uh, probably around plus 300 you could find. So I think that's a good bet now. And then, you know, one more, I was just looking around. If you're going to be betting heads or tails, if you absolutely have to bet heads or tails, Caesar Sportsbook has plus 100 on either side. Um, so not plus EV, but it's neutrally it's EV. Listen, if you're betting anything other than plus e, plus 100 on that, you're for sure losing money. It could not be more clear than that. So um, if you're going to do it, at least shop around and get the best price. So I'm, what's your pick, heads or tails? Yeah, we need to know what the side is. I mean, tails never fails. Tails never fails. Of course. Tails never fails. I'm embarrassed to tell you how much money I've bet on the coin toss in my lifetime at minus 110. Or even minus one hundred one. That's ridiculous. You no. find like minus one hundred one. Also, yes, but a bunch of places. back in the day, you guys would know this. But like the, the Super Bowl parties that were held in the area, like the banquet hall parties, where there's thousands of people and they yeah, were taking yeah. bets on site, you really didn't have the option. Like I was, I was young. I was. It, it was basically if they well, made it well, minus. If they made it minus 120, I was going to bet the coin toss. Yeah. Like it, and, and, they could have made it any number. And all the table, like our entire table of 10 people, we'd be all, all in the same thing. My, my best man at my wedding, Steve, we would always give him the pick because we were like, we went like six and one over the course of seven years. So we thought that like, it's really dumb, right? Like, yeah. obviously I realize how dumb this sounds, but the, the rush of just everybody, like hundreds of people in one room, watching a massive projection screen with like the audio full blast cheering for different sides of the coin toss is amazing. You Fair just, enough. you cannot beat it. I would take obviously them. all betting on the site and not with each other. Correct. At zero, zero Vic. That was, <laughs> that was what I was about to say. Could have like, easily done. Couldn't that. you have found somebody that's willing to take your other side and do it at, at, at that point in my life, I was losing so much money betting that it obviously never crossed my mind it didn't and never would have crossed my mind. All right, so Julian's giving out a couple bonus picks. So his official circles off pick is going to be Cooper Cup over a half rushing yard at plus 250, found right now at Caesars. Uh, and then he's giving out a couple of bonus ones. CJ Uzoma, that would be Bengals tight end. Uh, he's saying if he plays, obviously, you know, if he is marked inactive, that's going to void. If you don't have a lot of money um, in sportsbook accounts, and I wouldn't advise playing that now because there are there is a chance that he might play it'll void it but it won't give you the money back till after the game so that's something that might tie up credit and you won't be able to actually have fun with that money at the super bowl however if credit is not an issue which you know affects a lot of people or if you don't want to bet that much money in the super bowl that is a good bet to place now if he does get announced in uh that number should drop so there you go basically julian saying it's kind of risk-free if he plays you're going to get a better number that is plus ev and if he doesn't play then uh, obviously you're going to get your money back there. And then last, he's taking tails for the coin toss, plus 100 at Caesars. This one's got an EV of exactly zero. However, however, tails, if you've played Madden, you know tails definitely comes up more than heads. So there you go. What we'll do now before we close off this episode is uh, a little exercise we just talked about. We've got, we've got myself, we've got Julian, we've got Rob here. We're going to do more of a little like player pass, player pass type thing. We'll go through everyone's picks. We obviously have talked to them about it and broken them down, but we're going to go real quick here. Would you play it or would you lay it off? And basically laying it off doesn't necessarily mean that you don't think that it's a good bet. It could just be something that you're not super confident in. You know, I have right now a threshold of which I, I would need to play something in my portfolio. It's a certain percentage edge. So if I think something is neutral expected value or might have a 0.3% uh, you know, edge, I'm probably not going to play that and can better use it. So I'm, I may 
with some of these picks say, I'm not going to play that doesn't mean it's a bad bet. Just means I wouldn't play it at this price. We'll probably need a better number. I would argue that pretty much every bet we have on here, just by virtue of the fact that it's the best number in market is a good bet regardless. And I think you're, I think you're, uh, so it's just a matter of, of whether or not like, yeah, I mean, so we'll go from the top. You're saying good bet as in you wouldn't book it. Correct. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody either play it or, or you would just kind of pass. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. off the top, we had Nick Costos camp coming in. He gave us his top bet was total field goals in the game over three and a half. He referenced plus 132 at Bet Rivers, which is a sponsor of You Better You Bet. I believe you can find that better in the market right now. So I uh, would advise you guys, if you do want to do this, if you've got only Bet Rivers, that's the number if you want to shop around. For me, I think personally, this would be something that I think would be very close to neutral EV, and I'd likely pass on this bet um, and not play it. But I, I, I do think it's a playable bet for those who are interested in it. I pass. And part of the reason why is just I don't like uncertainty in general and the situation with with gay and possibly being injured i think just throws like a wrench into overs on field total field goal attempts in the game yeah i mean you want to lean unders on basically all the bets in the super bowl you referenced he didn't shop around so if you can get a better price than that as well like i'm probably passing there too all right rufus top pick joe mixon under 26 and a half receiving yards minus 110 this is something that i've played and will continue to play um at this price so that would be a play for me. I would play that as well. I will play Mixon under. I'll probably wait to play Mixon under. Yep, more of the same for me. I'm playing all Mixon unders, most likely. Rush yards and and receiving yards, and also probably some rush plus receiving yards that you're going to see at a bunch of places. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm going to actually make Mixon a certified big bomb banger. Big bomb bangers. All right. So up next, we had Jeff Feinberg, who gave out the longest touchdown in the game under 42 and a half yards. This is something I've got to look into a little bit more. Uh, I think this would actually be a play for me at the best available number. I think play for me as well. Uh, I mean, I haven't looked into it at all. 42 and a half seems like it, it seems a little high. Um, I mean, I, I guess you're saying who, who's this getting is, a long touchdown there is like maybe a Van Jefferson long bomb. I, I think it's irrelevant who's going to get it. I think this is just generally a prop where everyone's going to bet the over. Yeah, but but, but why am I playing 42 right now? Like, it, no, no, I agree, I agree. Like, I, I it just uh, let, let's let's taking a step back unders. I think we can all agree that we would wait till later. They're referencing number in market now, yeah, of course. But I, I would, I would, pr- if this was the number on Sunday, I'd play the under. Fair enough. Okay, so we got our guy Hitman giving out his prop, which was Cam Akers over on rushing yards. Now, at the price that the Hitman got this prop at, I would play the over. So he referenced getting this at around 57.5, 58.5. This has now since been moved up to 63.5. At the current price, I would definitely pass on this bet. I would actually look to see this raise. You've seen some better prices in market now come closer to 70.5. This is something probably, you know, we'd look to play the under. Cam Akers under rushing yards if that number was getting inflated pregame. Uh, definitely something I would not play right now. However, I will be clear. I would play the over at the number that the hitman got. I I think the, the opportunity for Akers to have a big game is very high. I don't like the idea of betting a price that's moved five yards to the over. Personally, that's just not the way that I bet. Don't want it. I'm not really interested in the unders that are going to appear late in week. So this is a very long winded way of me saying that lean over, but no, I'm not, I wouldn't bet it myself. Did, uh, did the hitman say you'd still play it at the current number? Yes. Correct. 
Okay. I mean, that was good to know because Johnny basically free rolled his answer and said, I'd play it at some number that doesn't exist, right. but I won't play it now. It's like, uh, it's <laughs> no, a free so, way so, to say. It, no, so, and, and, and I get what you're saying, but All it's of a free the picks way. we're giving out are going to be at current numbers as the time of recording. So the play for the show is Cam Akers over 62. I think it's either 62 and a half or 63 and a half. We'll have it referenced in the show notes. But uh, what I'm saying is I would pass at that current number. However, obviously you give me something that's uh, five or six yards lower and that's something I'm going to play. So fair enough. Um, yeah, I at mean, the play he gave out, it would be a pass for me. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a pass for me too. I likely see this going up to around 70. You'll I probably agree. find 70 at some books, and uh, I'm going to be playing the under there. So would I play the under at 62.5 on game day? Probably as well, but I just don't think I'm going to need to. So I'm going to just wait until and, and play right. a higher number. So we had um, we had Joey Kanish up next, the, uh, the self-proclaimed push-up king. He gave out the Rams minus 145, most first downs. Uh, so Rams versus Bengals, most first downs. For this, for me, uh, this would be a big bomb banger. Again, big just referencing the market numbers is an off-market price. I think the Rams just have a better shot to win this game as a favorite. Minus 145 is a little short here based on rest of the market. So I'm playing this no questions asked at this price. Um, as you know, just the true price on this should be somewhere in the range of minus 170 uh, given the rest of the market. Play for me. I mean, is this normally priced exactly like the game and it's not priced like the game for this one or am I missing something? I don't know because I typically don't see these markets in a regular week, but I think this is way low. Like yeah, I mean, subjectively, it's com- yeah. It's coming as a surprise. This is like how the first half market is tied to the full game market. Like, I mean, the team with the most first downs is likely the team that wins. Um, there's some scenarios where that's not going to happen, obviously, but I feel like at minus 45, you have so much leeway there. Agreed. Yeah, Julian's coming in cold, by the way, for all these picks. Yeah, it's not <laughs> very impressive. any of these, so very he's, he's coming right off the top, not referencing any numbers or anything like this. We had Ariel Epstein up next, and uh, she gave out Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals at minus 145. So off the bat, I will say she did reference BetMGM, and that is because MGM is the main sponsor of her show. So we, uh, you know, shout out MGM. They're a great sports book. It's where I locked in my play. Uh, but what we will say is if you do shop around, this bet can be found at a much shorter price. So you may even be able to find minus 125 for Evan McPherson over one and a half total field goals. I would say all in at the number that she posted would definitely be a pass for me. If I can get the minus 25, it's probably still a pass, but it's something that's very close to a play. Marginal for me, probably a play at the best market number. I am inclined to believe that Cincinnati is more likely to kick field goals than score touchdowns in this game, personal opinion. So I'd say small play. Uh, It's a pass for me. I'm the opposite of Rob there. I think they're more likely to go for touchdowns and go for fourth downs than than field goals. You've seen them do it against the Chiefs. I think they're going to have the same approach here. Okay, up next we had Dinky. So Dinky, uh, his play was the team to get the most third down conversions. So very similar to Joey Kinish there. He had the team to get the most third down conversions, and he is taking the Rams at minus 120 at uh, William Hill, Las Vegas, where he lives. So uh, for me, once again, this would actually be a play similar. Again, just referencing market numbers. It's a price that you typically would not find and should be priced about 20 to 30 cents higher. So uh, props to Dinky. I think he's got, he's got a good one here. I hope he was able to get a bunch of money down on this. Easy play for me. Easy. Yeah, I mean, the only reason you wouldn't play that, the only reason why that's different is if, like, any team is, um, you know, not, they're super good at getting it on second down, for example. So a team that consistently gets themselves second in shorts and then runs it, for example, so they get it on second down. 
Otherwise, I mean, this should be priced very similar to market as well. Um, that would be the only thing. I haven't looked into that. So, but Rams run a lot on second down. So do the Bengals. They're both very... Uh, well, his rationale behind it was Joe Burrow getting sacked out of range. Correct. Third, which, which, which he's definitely a lot more likely to get sacked correct. than Matt Stafford in this game. So I think that uh, plays in. It's a now, smart logic. It's it's the Bengals are more likely to face longer third downs than the Rams are. And I totally agree with that. Fair enough. Okay, yep. so next up we had Adam Chernoff. His pick was Cam Akers to win the MVP at plus 2,500. Um, so for me, at this current market price of 2,500 would be a pass. Uh, typically, I do not bet on the running backs to win the MVP. However, I will say you can find this. Like Adam mentioned, he bet this earlier in the week at plus 33 to 1. That's a more manageable price. I'm a pass on all running backs and defensive players to win the MVP. It's just a personal preference of mine. I don't think the, the, that the current market allows for that um, in too high of a capacity. With that being said, this is one year where if the Rams win the Super Bowl and Matt Stafford puts up one or two turnovers, I can see somebody else winning the MVP on the Rams. I definitely think it's a possibility, much more likelihood uh, of somebody on the Rams that's not a quarterback winning the MVP than somebody on the Bengals. However, for me, Cam Akers is just not that guy in terms of winning the MVP. I will say... I probably would need something just because, like you know, at any, I'm going to bet anything at a specific price for Cam Akers specifically. I probably need something in the range of 40 or 45 to one before I consider that a bet. I'd much rather place a bet on Stafford or Cooper Cup for uh, MVP if I were to go on the Rams. Just my opinion. I know Rob differs here. I do think if you're going to bet Cam Akers and you shop around for the best numbers, it's in the realm of possibility for him to win. So I would, you know, if my friend came to me and said, "Hey, I still want to bet this." I would advise that they can bet that and it's a chance of winning. Uh, whereas if they had come to me and said, I want to bet Aaron Donald at 16 to one, I would tell them, get out of here. Do not bet that. Yeah, I hear you. Um, this is kind of like a FOMO. Yes. For me, if I'm being completely honest, typically you don't see the starting running back of the favorite in this price range, just looking at past year's prices. So that's one of the reasons. The second is just that, you know, I, I came into the day thinking Stafford, MVP was a, a very good bet based off where he was priced, looked into game logs for the Rams of every single game this year. And then remembering back to the game, what I have voted Stafford as an MVP in this particular spot, I got away from that and ended up being the running back in a lot of situations for the Rams. So I think it's more likely, obviously no running backs won the MVP since 1998. That's a long time. I think that's going to play a factor into why it's priced this way. But this particular game, I think he's, more than one in 26 to win. Hey, 1998 is not even 25 years away. So this, this is the year. The this 25th. would be the year. You know uh, what? Our 24th. Small, but, small, small FOMO. Yes. I, I, I do think it, there is some intrinsic value there. Yeah. I mean, I'm passing as well, but, I, but again, like there is a price you would play this at. Um, I, when I think about the MVP market, I'm thinking it's basically QB or bust most years. Yeah. Now this year you're throwing in Cooper cup only cause you look at what he's done and the season he's had. And, you know, uh, like he he's actually got a legitimate chance because if you're a media member, you might bet or you, you might pick Cooper Cup. Um, but I, I mean, I'm looking to pick up something on QBs. I'll probably end up betting both QBs, uh, potentially one of those ones where they have QB or field. Yeah. But usually you could just get better just by betting both QBs. We won't spend too much more time on this, but I just want to throw out there that this is a very narrative award as well. You have 20% fan vote. 80% is media members. Cam Akers the likelihood of him scoring two touchdowns and we talk like anytime touchdown score market, he's plus plus one twenty. 
if a guy who's coming back from the same season off a torn Achilles scores two touchdowns in a game, it's very difficult to ignore that as a media member voting on it. Listen, I don't know if it helps them because I I feel like although the award is for one game, you consider the whole season, which is why True. I feel like Cooper, so Cooper Cup has Cup, a better yeah. chance because yeah, yeah. Okay. it makes logical sense too. Like yeah. like if Stafford throws three touchdowns and two go to Cooper Cup, I'm much more inclined to believe Cooper Cup wins the MVP than Stafford. So I, I think Cooper Cup's got a shot to win this award without a spectacular game. That's how this is the one thing that's if if. I would be loading up right now on Burrow and Stafford MVP if not for Cooper Cup. Yeah. I would be absolutely firing all yeah. cylinders. Right. That's how I kind of came into today. Yeah. On those two quarterbacks, or obviously, as Julian mentioned, a field versus quarterback or what position wins MVP QB. I'd be loading up on those if not for Cooper Cup. And the rationale behind it is he's had such a good season yeah. that coming in, such a notable name as well this year. Agreed. He's got a shot to win it if he's like at... Even 100 in a touchdown, even 100 in a touchdown gives him a shot to win this award. Whereas if Cam Akers puts up 100, like Cam Akers has to almost double Cooper Cup's performance, in my in my opinion, to take this down. So I'm not high on Akers. I think it's more than that. If Matt Stafford throws two passing touchdowns to Cam Akers, who then also gets 100 yards, I say Matt Stafford wins the MVP for two passing touchdowns and like 270 yards. The game which, which matters like, a lot. There's so much, Which of means course. Akers needs kind of rush TDs and yep. he needs Stafford to throw a ba- uh, like have a bad game, probably a Listen, couple picks. He needs a turnover, yeah. He's the starting running back. And the D- he's the starting the running back on the favorite. He's the starting running back And on he's the very favorite. likely to get high usage as well. Absolutely. Be, that, so... At that price, listen. We're, he's, not, it, he's not an unquestioned starter. Yes, he's the starter, but they roll in the backup. True. Sony Michelle like plays Derek, third down. It's not like a Derek Henry where no, okay, he, like, he's but, not like a Derek but in terms of the, the usage, like player usage, he's going to get the usage at running back. Okay. On yep. top of that, I know he hasn't played that many games this season, but Cam Akers has two career rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So again, it's like yeah, he'd have to people, match his career performance. People in one go game. yes, that's what I'm saying. People go nuts on really just like. Yeah, he played a good game last game, but like he didn't even play a good game. No, he played. Oh, he's actually oh, been he's, awful in the playoffs. He actually statistically has, has he had, been awful. He also had two fumbles in, yeah. in a game. Two but games actually away. awful. Like extrapolate his success rate over the course of the season from the playoffs, and he would be the worst running back in the NFL. That's the facts. I'm not. I'm not like. I but he's the starting running back on a team that's probably leading a lot of the game. I. I and a team that's very conservative when they have the lead. I, I think, listen, listen, it's in the range of possibilities for him to win. I'm not betting on it at 25 to 1. Uh, like I mentioned, I'd probably need 40 or 45 to Fair 1 uh, to actually play that and consider it a plus EV bet. Up next, we had Alex Moretto from The Score. He gave out uh, his play at Barstool Sports, which is owned by Penn Gaming, same company that owns The Score. Uh, I think this one is Cam Akers' most rushing yards in the game at plus 125. I did take a look around. If you shop on this one, you will be able to find up to plus 135. So like it even more. This one is one that I actually do like. Despite the fact that it is tied to a single player like Akers, who I'm not super high on, I think Akers' range of outcomes in this game is quite high. And essentially what you get down to when you're looking at the usage in these two teams is Akers versus Mixon. Obviously an injury stunts this, but if you did want to bet Akers over or Akers versus Mixon, I think you really got a good shot to bet Akers most rushing yards in the game at plus 135. And the chance that Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup or one of the backup running backs beats Akers is far outweighed by the difference in percentage between a minus 115 or minus 120 all the way up to a plus 135. So that is something that, uh, despite the fact that I am not high on Cam, Cam Akers, I would actually play that at plus 35. Easy play. Easy play for me. 
Okay. I mean, I'm different here. I think I'd pass on that one. I would definitely go for someone with a little bit more variance if I'm playing this market at all. I didn't take a look, so I don't actually have the odds up. But for example, if I could get Sony Michelle at like plus 800 or so, which I feel like would be in the realm of possibility, I could probably find him at plus 1,000. I'd rather take that. Again, they're the team that's going to be winning. All it takes is either one Cam Akers fumble or maybe like a missed botch snap or an injury. Um, I mean, it doesn't take much for him to be in the doghouse. And then Sony Michelle's the guy. And if they run that ball and like, I think Mixon's not going to have the best game either. So it's possible. And and then, I mean, like you're betting this market anyways. Um, There is a chance, for example, that Cooper Cup goes for a 75 yard touchdown. That's that's something Jamar Chase goes for a 75 yard touchdown. I don't want to bet a guy plus 135 when I have all of those tiny, tiny edges, like, compounding. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I think the, the chances that the, those ones come into play are low, but it, 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 matters. Low, it matters. but non-zero. I mean, it's... Because it's, even, even if Jamar 35. Chase breaks off a 75-yard run, like, Cam Akers' total is just, just under that. So there's a shot that he, he still passes it. I mean, let me say it like this. Like if it was plus game. 35 versus Mixon, and that's the market, I think I'm playing that. But well, for when sure. you say I'm plus 35 against, against, against everyone, although you think it's just Mixon, there's a lot more at play there. Yeah, for sure. The other thing I will note about Cam Akers, this has gone under the radar, and I, I don't know if I brought it up. I brought it up definitely in between uh, guests. Is like, Cam Akers super brittle. Let's be realistic here. Like, this guy has left one in every four games he has played with an injury, and sometimes he's returned to the game, sometimes he has not. So let's just be realistic here. He is coming off a major injury. I think he's recovered from that. He's suffered a shoulder injury in last game. Like, there's no guarantee that this guy is going to carry the workload the whole game. There's a sh- like Sony Michelle, uh, you just just quick shop around. You know, the best price you can get on him will be like plus six hundred for that market. So I don't think that's worth a play by any means, unless you can get that up. But um, Keep, keep that in mind. Like Cam Akers is not the most uh, durable running back and they have been giving him a lot of usage. And if they continue to do that, there is a chance he misses time. And even just going to the sideline for a couple series could cost him seven, eight carries. And uh, that's the difference between those 30 or 40 yards that you might have. So a uh, good thing to keep in mind would be that. So I think that would be a, a play for me at 35, a pass, a play for Rob and a pass for Julian up next. We had T. Higgins versus Odell Beckham. Most receiving yards uh, in a matchup play. Colin Davey gave this one out, and he gave out T. Higgins. Minus 125 on DraftKings. That is the best price in the market. That is a, it's not necessarily an off-market number, but is comparable to an off-market number. Uh, historically, I have been low on Odell Beckham. Um, I'm not the highest on T. Higgins either, but I think uh, at that price, it would be it would be a, either a, a small play for me, like a borderline play, uh, or a pass with some sort of positive expected value. But I, I do think that's a playable bet. I agree. Not something I'd go nuts with. This is one of my favorite explanations from anyone. Had to do with correlation. Um, the Rams are favored. Obviously, if Odell Beckham does put up yardage, the likelihood that T. Higgins does put up yardage is is correlated to that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, listen instinctively i like it like the explanation i'd be fine with a small play on that you're stretching the narrative a little bit there to say if odell gets yards t higgins gets yards well, it's, like, it's why not, doesn't it it's work not in one reverse, to one though. there's a it, it does but the reality the the reverse is less likely to happen okay uh fair enough i mean i think odell is going to be much more likely to get 100 yards than t higgins uh, and on that note, much more likely to have a bad game. So I think T. Higgins is going to be around the average a lot more. Yep. Uh, 
which, you know, just for that reason, I think I would play this number. Yep. Um, it's, it's a slight favorite, basically saying T. Higgins, you know, 55% chance or 56% chance you'd play that. So I think that's fair enough. Yep. Okay. Up next, we had uh, we had Bet Like Harut. His pick was Aaron Donald under four and a half tackles plus assists at plus 100. This is one that I definitely play. I'd actually consider this one to be a certified big, big bomb, bomb bang. Bangers. And uh, this one is something that I like a lot. I, th- I feel like, you know, a lot of times you don't necessarily get these props offered for every game, which is the tackles plus assists. They typically will pick and choose one to three players to offer this prop for only on the primetime games at, at certain sports books. And um, with this one, I may even wait because this number may climb up longer. Or, yep, but, but Aaron Donald is someone who is an amazing player. But he is not by any by any means a, a stat patter or uh, a box score filler. He's got to get five tackles plus assists on this day. Uh, it's very tough for him unless he's facing a team that's going to run the ball a lot. He could obviously come up with a five a five sack game. He's that caliber of player. And he's that good. Um, but I think this one's a, a nut under here at plus a hundred. I would consider that a big bomb banger. There's going to be intrinsic value in in betting any Aaron Donald under. Like, the narrative of this super... is not a narrative. It's actually a fact. The Rams' D-line can dominate the Bengals' O-line. Like, that's obviously already priced into a lot of this stuff. And anyone who goes to bet, like, anything Aaron Donald-related is going to be betting over. So, I say this is a absolute play. Yeah, I mean, I've seen his his tackles and assist numbers, like, in other games, and they're usually around three and a half. Uh, I mean, plus money under at three and a half, but... One tackle and assist for a guy like Aaron Donald is quite a lot to overcome. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a no-brainer underplay here. Um, I, I probably plus 100 is a good enough number that you can play this now. Uh, I don't think it's going to get that much better than that, but uh, I'm happy playing that now. All right. We had Ed Fang um, from the Power Rank stop by. His pick was had to do with a lot of the interception data he worked on mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. He's got Joe Burrow. Over a half interception. So Joe Burrow to throw an interception at minus 125, best available price. He also said he would have had an edge on Matt Stafford under on interceptions based on Stafford's bad ball rate uh, being well, I guess, below or closer more, to league average. Better than, better than league average, yep. despite the fact that he has a lot of interceptions on the year. So for me... Uh, I would be more inclined to play the Matt Stafford under at the plus 135 number. That would be a bet, a bigger bet for me than Joe Burrow over. Um, but I do think uh, Ed Fang's got a lot of great data on these. And uh, I do expect that uh, these prices will both move in the direction that he mentioned, given the, like, if you can pop a best available on either of those, I'd probably play those both right now. Lean Stafford. So if I had to pick one, I'd play the Stafford under. Totally agree. If I had to pick one, I'm playing Stafford under, but I like both. I think it both are a play. Just to confirm, that's the opposite of what Luke said, right? Because uh, then, because then it's a big bomb bang. Well, listen. <laughs> it is, first of all, would Luke ever bet Joe Burrow to throw an interception in a game? Answers absolutely no. And will a game ever go by where he doesn't like Stafford to throw an interception? The answer is no. So yes, it's the complete opposite of what Luke would do. Big bomb bang. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say one thing. Like this isn't a typical. Uh, uh, over under market so right i don't think like, like your qb to throw an interception is not the thing that gets bet so i don't think that this one actually moves so i'm fine playing that under on matt stafford right now if that's a side you like okay up next we had the whale capper drew dinsick his uh his 
prop was uh, a pretty juicy one. Um, we didn't get a chance to shop the best number for this one, but he likes the longest field goal in the game is kicked by the Cincinnati Bengals and Evan McPherson uh, instead of Matt Gay. So, you know, just seems like way too obvious of a bet. Like Matt Gay is not going to kick long field goals because he's injured and he just What's was short. It's uh, minus, it minus 125. One, minus one tw- he bet at minus 125. It's currently now up to minus 45. Okay. So we that this was the number Drew gave. Obviously, we got to line shop this and make sure. It's not an easy one to just search for in, in quick time. Right. So uh, we'll have to add this in the show notes after. But uh, what I'll say there is there's not like it's one single game. So there's not a ton of field goals projected to be kicked. Obviously, the under three and a half is a favorite. Yep. So what, what that means, the most likely outcome is three field goals, two by one team and one by the other team. There's no guarantee that McPherson lines up and kicks a 56-yarder. Now... Off the rip, I'd say just it is an obvious good bet because McPherson has a boot and he can make field goals. He's a better kicker. Definitely a better kicker. He's probably more trusted by his coach. Definitely more trusted. And also he is on the team that is a little... I mean, they're both conservative at this point, but he is on a team that has been historically, at least this year, more conservative in terms of not going for it around midfield and trusting their kicker. So I think that would be a play for me if I'm looking at that, but I really do need to dig more into the numbers available there and actually see what price I can get relative to market. I will say off the rip, like Matt Gay coming up short on that 47-yarder is very telling in terms of how injured he was in the pregame. And the fact that he did miss it and then missed another one, um, it, it just weekend. it just seems like he's he's hurt. Now, he's had two weeks off. He can come back. But how likely is McVay to attempt a 50-plus yarder with a kicker who is hurt? Probably not likely. And he knows what his guy's going to do. So we got to see it. The total length of the longest field goal in the game right now, the number for that is around 46 to 47 and a half. So... It's not like it's projected that a field goal is going to get hit there. I think that number has dropped because Matt Gay is likely not going to attempt many field goals around the 50-yard or 50, 52, 53, 55-yard mark that he might be early in the season. Thoughts? Um, I like it, but I have already said that I would like McPherson over one and a half field goals. I wouldn't want to bet both of these and then need them to be attempting a lot. Basically, I'm tying two outcomes together. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they're both priced the exact same. I kind of like both. I just, I think you do one or the other. That's so, so that my thing is, yes, makes a lot of sense. Honestly, don't know about the Matt Gay injury stuff. The guy's had two weeks off now. Maybe it's, maybe it's just a bunch of fluff at this point. Really? Like it could be. Yeah. In but, general though, McPherson has the bigger boot. Make and no McPherson mistake. is a great kicker, like to the point where like, I think he's definitely earned the, the confidence of his coach. Um, so I uh, that that's narrative-y. But yeah, for me, it's one or the other. And I'm fine with this bet. I mean, it's it's one game. They're kicking one and a half field goals each. Yeah. So I don't really want to take a huge favorite on either True. side, no matter how big Matt Gay's injury is, because McPherson could also kick one field goal. It's a 27-yarder, and it really didn't matter how hurt Matt Gay is. He kicks a 33-yarder, and, and that's that. So, I mean, that being said, I, I would prefer his side over if it was plus 100. So, I mean, do I like it at minus 145? Hard to say. I think I would just have to shop around and see what number I can get there and um, dig a little bit more into this before I actually give out a pick. Cool. Fair enough. Okay, so then we had uh, Jason on Spreadopedia. He gave out a few picks. So his official play was any quarterback to get 400 yards or more in the game plus 800 at DraftKings. Uh, I think based on the price for, for me, this one would be a certified 
Big bomb banger. Big bomb banger. Uh, he so well, well let's let's that that, that, that to me is quick. a great price. Like it's it's badly mispriced, and with the quality of the two quarterbacks in this game, I I'm, I'm totally fine taking a punt on eight to one for one of them to have four hundred yards. Yeah, and I mean, is there anything more fun to root for? Yeah, exactly. Than that? Like exactly. If one of these QBs this is, is getting. This is actually yards. one of the best props, like that you can actually. And, it's a and long it's shot eight to one. It's like you've seen yeah. four hundred yards so many times. You probably yeah. think it's a lot more common than it is. Like it's a, not. It's very hard to get four hundred yards. Um, but what I will say is that the eight to one there is a little bit mispriced. And I think you, you can fire on that definitely. Uh, he also gave out a few bonus plays, so we'll just go through those real quick. Total players with a pass attempt. He's going. Over two and a half. So he's got the two quarterbacks and one additional player. And that's at plus 160. I think there's a good shot that that hits. I would play that. He mentioned and referenced it would be Johnny Hecker that's throwing <laughs> that ball. And that's his bet to get it. I think it's much more likely to be Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, or Van Jefferson for the Rams. We haven't even spoken about Cincinnati. But uh, that is there at plus 160. I guess I'll roll through these because he gave so much more. Unless anyone disagrees real quick. I, I, I had That might have been my best bet had he not said it. Really? I was debating between that and the... And the under, fair we'll enough. He's got. I bet that in the last couple of Super Bowls, I feel like it's a fun one to root for. Pe- let alone pe- people look at this like, is when you do this is when you do the crazy exactly. stuff, right? So you know this is when you do the fake punt with Johnny Hecker, the the long the long touchdown. I think attempt. people reverse like what's the way I'm looking for this here? They they kind of like talk themselves into the no or like the under on this prop being the smart bet because it, it seems like common think. That there's going to be a yeah. third pat. In, but, ge- in general, this would be a one you would bet the under on if it was a regular game. The thing is, it's the Super Bowl. Correct. You have exactly. two weeks to plan for a team, and and you know, winning the whole league depends on it. Yes. Like, don't you think they're going to try something? If they were going to try something, they had something all season that they're holding out for. Some Cooper Cup to Odell magic. Like, yep. Don't you think it's this game? Yeah, Agreed. Yeah, and I mean, I've given my prediction of what it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be the old Odell end around Philly, Philly special. Matt Stafford's going to catch it. It will just suck if it's a flea flicker. That's the play because then the quarterback gets it back and you don't get the. Because I could see but that. There's going to be more than. These one teams will run a lot, or at least, well, at least based off their tendencies in the regular season. We'll so see. I, I can see that. But. So correlated with that, he's also given out Johnny Hecker to throw uh, to have a pass attempt. So it could be an incomplete pass as well. This is this was uh, given out at six to one. I don't uh, like that price personally. So, yeah, I, I think so. Initially, it seemed short, you know, okay, only six to one for that. But the reality is, like, is he going to throw that? Like, how, how many games is he throwing? Like, look at even hi- historically, let alone that it's the Super Bowl. I think he did twice in one game, if I recall correctly. Like, I'm pretty sure Johnny Hecker's thrown two passes in one game. It's well, been there was, done. There was and he's one also game. the holder. Yeah, as I know. Mentioned. So he could be a Listen, I understand the opportunity. I, I, I don't like the price. I don't. I, I, I can see it. I can, Fair enough. But Fair enough. I, don't, I don't like just getting six there, to one on the punter. There's one game, that, you know, the punt team's out there, and then he lines up under center. Yeah. Like, he he was fully throwing that pass, right? So, I, I mean, I can see it. It's been done before. Um, Sean McVay is not one to, to shy away from it. I, I mean, I, I could see it. Yeah, I know okay. it's plus 600, but but I could see it. So then we got Eric Weddle, MVP at 300 to 1. So here's one where, like, I typically wouldn't be betting these. Um, I don't bet defensive players. Definitely wouldn't be betting a safety. However, 300 to 1. We got to just factor in how much of a long shot this is. and And as... Jason mentioned, like, he gets 100% of the snaps. He's on the field for every He's play. on the field, and he's 300 to 1. He's got a shot. He's, yeah. he's got a shot. I, I, don't, I don't mind that. How, how I don't many mind players that. are you not betting at 300 to 1? Agreed. That's, what I'm, that's right. the point I was going to make. That like, starts. if you know someone is going to play 100% of the snaps, barring injury, 
you almost bet that no, regardless. I, I, you know what? You guys may have sold me on this right now, but <laughs> I, I like I wasn't gonna I was gonna say a pass. I know the I, guy I just came it, off the street, a, but I think it's a. Play. I don't know. I wouldn't feel comfortable if Johnny wanted to bet with me three hundred to one. Like I'm not taking. No, I don't want I'm that. I'm not bet. taking. The I don't, don't want to give anyone th- any player three hundred to one. You know one. what? You might be right. Okay, and his next his next price at Circus Sports, Aaron Donald anytime touchdowns. Aaron Donald <laughs> AD to get an anytime touchdown plus four thousand. So that's something that. I think like he's gotten a good price, but I'd probably pass on that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that he's going to get a touchdown, forty to one in the Super Bowl. But that being said, if you came to me and wanted to bet that, like, am I am I accepting I mean, that? Probably any, not. Any like, chance he lines up on offense? No, no chance. Any chance? You know, uh, th- there Didn't is they a do chance. It? They did. JJ there Watt. is a chance. No way. The, they JJ do Watt the most getting touchdowns. I agree. For a year. J- and JJ Watt was like an athletic player that can catch passes, but. Who knows? Uh, did, they did. Uh, was it BJ Raji or not? Uh, there was somebody. It was like a nose tackle. They lined up and he just ran the ball. I swear it's on the same team as Houston. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I, I don't remember. My memory's it horrible. JJ Watt and they they lined those two guys up and they just went for a rush. It got stuffed. You know it was a horrible play. But I, but I mean, he was on the field at the one yard line. I don't. I don't remember exactly. But, but now I'm talking to myself is, into all these edge cases as well. Like the probability of them doing that. Okay, Forty to one though. So does he get a? a How, does 40? he have a touchdown this year? Yeah. It, yeah, he does. And they've played sixteen games this year. Forty to one's not bad. It's now a, that really, being said, it's a, great it's a good bet. This is a yeah. great bet. Yeah. You have to bet that. <laughs> No, that being said, we could probably see what Circa's at right now. They're, they, at, they're at 40 to 1. Oh, I mean, like, they're probably taking a decent-sized bet on this. They're we'll, probably we'll, taking at least a dime. We'll check it out. That's pretty jokes. Uh, but I think, listen, my favorite, all, all of these picks are, are pretty by, fun to watch. He gave a lot of long to... shots. Let's give, him, let's give him credit. Those were some good ones. Okay, we had a few more come in. Okay, so we had Fabian Somer. He gave out T. Higgins over 68.5 receiving yards found at Caesars. That's one that I would actually pass and look for this number to climb up before playing the under. So um, nothing against uh, Suma here, one of the smartest handicappers. And Higgins could have a big game. He's definitely in that range of outcomes to get his over here. Um, but I'm more of a I'm more of an under guy, closer to game time versus hitting a receiver over, especially um, like a, a wide receiver too who will be in that. You know, you, you, you kind of no man's land. Like he could be taken out of the game completely. I agree with you. I I couldn't bet the over um, at this number. Like Suma's thing is Suma's very great at identifying like mismatches, matchup advantages. It's you kind may of, have one here. Since, since since I've been doing the Matchbook podcast with him, that's always been his bread and butter, especially on the player props that he throws out. So uh, I definitely like I would never op- oppose him on this type of stuff, but intuitively, I just don't I don't like the over at this number. Yeah, I mean, I'm only betting an over right now if it's like a third or fourth wide receiver type guy and I, I kind of know something about it, like he's going to get a little more usage or something right. like that and you're getting like 17 and a half or something. Yep. But uh, yeah, I'm passing on that as well. All right, up next, we had our phone-in pick or sent via text. This was by Preston Johnson, the sports cheetah. Uh, he gave us, I don't know what Rob called, but I think this was his NFT big timer special lock of the week Super Bowl banger. He's given out. He said this one can't lose, uh, and he was willing to stake a, a lot on this. And Preston, um, he, he's he's a good better. So he's given out Jamar Chase under 83.5 receiving yards. And this is actually not a joke. I agree with this one a lot. So I'm going to lock that in as a certified. Yep. Circles off. Big bomb banger. Yeah, I know. Big bomb bang. I know Ramsey typically doesn't follow receivers over the all over the field, but he's going to see a lot of Chase regardless. Um, toughest matchup in football. 
I, I, that's a big number. With that being said, I will wait. Obviously, wait, as we mentioned last minute. times, wait to last minute. But I think at 83 and a half, it still will close yep. lower than that because it'll get hit back down. Um, and Jamar Chase, he's a good player, but he has been shut down and he has a very, very wide range of outcomes. We've seen oh. him get 200 yard games. We've seen him get shut down completely. Uh, so I think, you know, when you have a number like this, he could go over it. No, no questions asked. Uh, but in all likelihood, it, there's a solid edge on the under here. I mean, they have two viable receivers in Boyd and Higgins. So if you take away Chase, I, I don't think they force it to him either. So they're, right. they're completely fine, you know, giving it to Boyd and Higgins. Yep. Again, I'm playing this later. You're probably getting around 85, 86, maybe even up to 90. So yep. there, there's no rush here, but but I agree there. Okay, we had Pikachu bets. He came in hot in that Pikachu costume. He gave out something that I think has I a lot of value. I got to watch the YouTube just for that. If, yes. if he came on, if he came on camera with a Pikachu costume, he did. He did. So something that I think has actually a lot of value. He found at uh, Bet Rivers and Barstool, no team. So sorry, neither team has a roughing the passer penalty accepted at minus one sixty-seven. So uh, again. This is something right now I'm willing to lock in as it circles off. Big bomb banger. And Big bomb bangers. The rationale behind this one is very, very appealing. Uh, there is not as many roughing the passer penalties as you see. This is a prop that is never going to be offered during the regular season. It's offered in the Super Bowl because they want to get it on there. Um, the wording, the grading of the penalty got me um, over the edge with this one. So if there is a uh, roughing the passer penalty but it also happened to be on an offensive holding or something like that where something else came through then and the penalty's offset, this bet doesn't lose. You, it has to be an accepted roughing the passer penalty. And as I mentioned in, in error before, like if you are running out of the pocket and scrambling, get hit to the head, that's going to be an unnecessary roughness. So roughing the passer really just has to be something in the pocket where they get a, a hands to the face there or uh, hit them late. And um, roughing the punter, again, not going to count for this. So realistically, I don't think um, I don't think this is priced nearly high enough. I would definitely play this at minus sixty-seven, and you probably have room to go on this one as well. First instinct is that this is a massive edge. Like I'm trying to think about the number of roughing the passer penalties that I would watch on a Sunday NFL red zone over the course of a day, where there's like fourteen or fifteen games, and there's probably like a couple off the top of my head. There's more early season too. Like this is definitely something that some years they decide, hey, we're going to call this uh, a little more strict, and then they make it like they make it known at the start of the year, and then come playoff time, you don't see it called as much. Like how how many have been called in the other games in the playoffs? And, and I don't even know. I, if I don't know the answer. I don't even know if Cincinnati's going to get a single hit on Stafford. That's they, another. Thing. They probably will, but like regardless, like I I, I don't know this. I would have to do more work into this because obviously we're reacting to people who are coming on in real time, giving us their prop. Yeah, that's what this is for. We want to be reacting to this in but, real time, but, like but not this, have this, chance. It, it the, seems grossly mispriced. It fits the mold. It, it's like this This prop is only ever offered on the Super Bowl. Yes. They're never offering this. And if you're a recreational better, what are you going to bet? You're not going to bet there's not going to be yeah, roughing you, the you passer. You think there's been so many of them because you remember them because they always swing the game so drastically, so they stick in your memory. Exactly. Like, I mean, it seems like it makes sense. It's probably great. Uh, I don't know if you shopped around or if this exists. No, he did. He, 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 despite the fact he was dressed like a Pokemon, he was he put the work in. Oh no, he, he, it's if definitely. It's, it's. I think it's a good. If bet. If it's here. only on Camby, it's even more so that it's probably a good bet. Like yes. they made this line good themselves. Point. They didn't copy anyone. Exactly. They, they took a stab at this. And good like, point. All right. So uh, then we had lay it with Luke come in and uh, his. 
claim to fame is obviously that he can tackle Derrick Henry. But what he thinks is going to happen in this game is actually Jesse Bates to get an anytime interception at plus 550. Now, I will say, are you going to make money betting that a million times, a thousand times, a hundred thousand times? Probably not. However, it's in the range of outcomes. He shopped around for the best price, and he's given out a pick that I think has a shot of winning. It's, it's negative EV, slightly, but I personally will tail that for some sweat with him. I think he's due for something. We got to be honest, like he's due. And, I, he, and he got that Trayvon, he, he gave Trayvon Diggs to us. He lined up on offense just for that call alone. I'm willing to ride with this guy. Am I going to put a lot of money on this? No. Am I going to actually bet this out as a real play? No, I think you will lose money in this long term. But that being said, he shopped around for the best price. and He's got rationale behind it. So power to the kid. Good work. Did he do the right things to come up with the bet? Yes. Am I tailing this? No chance. <laughs> Plus 550 on a Jesse Bates interception. First of all, like his original premise is that Stafford is guaranteed to throw an yeah, interception. He's like minus 150. And I, I think the opposite. I think Stafford is the, the no on Stafford interception is probably worthwhile. So like this is priced according to that being a correct line, which I don't agree with. Like yeah, there's no yeah. way I'm tailing this. Yeah. I mean, I will say, like, and I agree with Johnny that this is a lot better than some of the other stuff you hear around the office where, where Luke comes in and is like, oh, I got a big bomb banger, guys. This is, like, such a great play. You're like, ah, Luke, like, look around. Like, I'm sure it's not a great play. Like, you know, come on. Well, when we immediately find five sports books with a better price. Yeah. Like, that's – so. Yeah. All right, so then after that, we had our three picks here. Um, so Julian gave the uh, Cooper Cup over half rushing yard, plus 250. I like that one. CJ Uzoma, as I mentioned, I would not play it right now just because I, I wouldn't tie up credit. However, I do think uh, that... I that, think that's that, a good play. That's value if yep. he plays. Um, he, he does have a bunch of touchdowns on the year. Plus 430 is short, and he, he will move if he's in. And then uh, tails for the coin toss. Now, again, that's more of a I'm not. Ta- I'm not tailing at plus 100. You give plus me plus 100.5, plus 100.5, I'm in. Listen, my point was, <laughs> if you're betting it, somebody no, is I, offering I, plus 100. If it's not your buddies, like, bet it at a sports book that offers you plus I 100. agree. I know exactly what you're saying. I echo everything that you said. That's 100% right. Yes. Okay, Rob's play was um, longest, so, sorry, shortest touchdown in the game, under 1.5 yards. This is something that's going to be tied, and he's given this out uh, within the range of minus 125. This is something that is definitely going to be tied towards the penalties, and that's the edge that Rob seems to have here. Uh, I do like this play. Typically, the under hits more than people think in this situation. Um, But again, shop around. We'd have to really line shop. This is not one that's easy to line shop real quick. you really got to go dig in and find this prop on each different site. So I'd I'd find the best number, and then this would be a play for me. I do think um, it hasn't yet moved as much as it will based on the fact that these officials are uh, definitely well above league average in terms of penalties called, and definitely based on the fact that Rob mentioned, like these are throw-first teams that have really good receivers, and uh, there's a very high chance of a penalty in the end zone here. Yeah, I echo everything that's been said there. I think every site will offer this bet, though. So yes. take Absolutely. a look around. 100%. It might be hard to find. But Can't shop it when the this. laptop battery is dead. It's very <laughs> difficult to shop it at that time. But yes. All right. And then last but not least, I did give out my picks. Uh, my, my, my big bomb banger was Matt Stafford plus 100 anytime touchdown. This is going plus to be 1, a cute, plus 1,000. Sorry. Listen, I'm, I'm booking touchdown. it at plus, plus 100. 100. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> plus 1,000 anytime touchdown. This is going to be a big bomb banger for me. Big and the reality bang. is here, I love this price and i love this prop because he's done it in two of the last three games and 
McVeigh knows that the QB sneak is in his arsenal now and can work. Rob mentioned, you know, he thinks his ball's going to be placed on the one-yard line and a score is going to happen. We're going to cash our bet on the same play, man. It's within the realm of possibilities that Matt Stafford sneaks in a quarterback, a QB sneak in this game from the one-yard line. On top of that, you have the built-in edge. This is the last game of the season. He's going to be playing hard on the sleeve and can run one in, sacrifice his body, dive in over the top or hit the edge and hit the corner yep. uh, from the four or the five-yard line, which he hasn't done in the season. And he definitely didn't do when he was on Detroit and when his team was... Uh, you know, three and seven yep. mid-season. So that built in. And then as I did mention again, this is crazy and it's not going to hit, but I think there is a chance of a Matt Stafford receiving touchdown in this game. Something will I don't happen. think you're crazy, man. I think that there's... It's, I mean, it, it's not zero. It's, it's not zero. It's well within the realm of plays you would see in a Super Bowl where the where there's like an end around or like a reverse and the, the quarterback sneaks out to the other side of the field. Like, I mean, to Johnny's point though, one of the things for like, you know, you want to bet Brady anytime touchdown... Well, if his team goes up 21 nothing, like uh, he's not going to get one. I think if the Rams go up 35 nothing, they could he still, still might get one because you know like this is the last game of the season. Like he's going to go and get it if that's the best play. So that yeah, that's what I'm looking at and then I gave out a bonus one just uh, you know, same deal, bet MGM. You've got plus or call it 150 to 1 for simplicity's sake on Matt Stafford to get two touchdowns. Now again, very unlikely He's actually never done it in his career, but I would argue that this game is the most likely of his entire career to do it. I think so too. And uh, we talked about my me being a little low on Cam Akers. I'm also low on Cam Akers to score a touchdown. Now, granted, it's plus 100 either way. You yeah. can shop around and get within 10 or 20 cents of that. So it's like a 50-50 chance. I'd say it's closer to around a 40% chance. Cam Akers, full career. Two rushing touchdowns. They don't utilize them at the one-yard line. They put Sony Michelle in. They gave Stafford two QB snacks. QB sneak, sorry. I don't know if it's that they don't trust him or if it's that he's had the fumbling issues or just he can't get in from the one-yard line. Now, granted, 50-50, odds say he's 50-50 likely to score. I put it more to 40% chance of scoring. So realistically, yes, he can still score. Don't come at me now and be like, ah, oh, he scored. He said he wasn't going to score. High chance he scores still, um, but I definitely think Matt Stafford will take that spot from the one-yard line. If Akers falters or if he gets the first carry and gets stuffed, then they maybe go QB sneak, second carry, line it in, or Stafford pulls one of those over-the-top balls. So let's see it happen. I think uh, Rob and I can cash on the same bet. It's going to happen, and we're going to will it into existence. Listen, I've made a lot worse bets at 150-1 to than Matt Stafford 2 I'm betting Eric Weddle 300-1. to Might as well throw 150-1 to into the pile. Now, right. now, you get 150 of these stabs in the game, and if you just get one of them, then you break even. Like, that's it. That, that's know. a good way to look at it, though. You know, 150 of is Of course, lot. we know that it's very likely not to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is if, it, if it's 1% to happen, then you think 151's it. It's a great bet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, there we go. This has been an amazing episode. Episode been- number 43. So episode 43, this has been an unbelievable episode. Thank you for everyone who stuck around to the end. Um, Apolo- we, apologies to our producer, Zach. Apologies who's going to have to cut Zach. this one up. His wrist is sore also <laughs> from just hitting that big bomb banger drop. Big and bomb. <laughs> he just he's right on cue every time we say it. But we appreciate everyone for uh, tuning into this episode. If you liked it, please share it right now. We're going to put this episode out. And it should be out within the next day or so. Uh, so that'll give you four or five days before the Super Bowl to get your bets in. Please share it with your friends if you like it. Um, you know, don't, don't just share the picks. The picks are only valuable right now. 
the rationale behind the picks is valuable in every Super Bowl and is valuable in every NFL game throughout the rest of the season. So please share the entire episode. Let's get it in, whether it's going to be just audio. Let's get the downloads. Let's get the listens in. Just audio. We got the video now. If you just watch on audio or just listen on audio, sorry, you got to at least go see the Pikachu one. This guy was in a full Pikachu suit. With I, a Pikachu I, I got to catch that one. I got to catch that one. And like, I don't normally watch the YouTube only because I'm more of a Spotify listen guy. Yeah. But I mean, just to see what it just to see what he wore there. You have to. But yes, we appreciate everyone for stopping by. Um, and let's cash some bets. Uh, I guess you want to maybe I could use Nick Costos to sign off because he was on. Do it. Do it. He honor Nick Costos with his to honor. Son. Nick Costos. We're going to close off right now. The Super Bowl is this Sunday and I'm going to wish you minimal sweats, winning bets and the absolute very best of luck.